Wonder and vision. Aren't we a fine pair? This is our home now. I want us to fit in. Oh, this is gonna be a gas! Where did you two move from? How long have you been married? And why don't you have children yet? Our story. I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from... Moved from where? Married when? Damn it, why? Oh, Arthur, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. WandaVision is the 24th installment into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I can't believe I'm, I'm even saying that right now. Wow. And we have not had any new movies or TV shows or anything from Marvel Studios in 18 months. The last thing that we got mm. was Spider-Man Far From Home in July of 2019. Obviously, the global pandemic changed a lot in our world. We were supposed to get a couple of movies last year and even the debut of some new TV series. However, that did not happen. So here we are, January 2021, WandaVision has finally premiered. It's launching phase four. Uh, so it's definitely highly anticipated across the board. The series was created by Jack Schaefer, and all episodes will be directed by Max Shackman. Um, of course, the series is starring Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Tiana Paris, Katherine Hahn, Randall Park, and Kat Dennings. Um, again, that show premiered this past week, January 15th on Disney+. Plus, and as I already mentioned, it is the launch of Phase 4. So we got our first two episodes to drop on Disney Plus this past week, um, which was a little bit of a surprise. We knew that it was going to be a week-to-week show. Um, however, we found out just a few days before that we would be getting the first two episodes, which I, I do think was a good decision. Um, but as we talk about all that, we set the stage for WandaVision, the first MCU title in Phase 4. I'm going to kick it over to you, man. Tell me what you thought about WandaVision. And before I do so, we'll mention yeah. that we will be spoiling things in these first two episodes. Although... It's not really that much to spoil. Like it's kind of one of those shows that you can't really spoil just yet because mm -hmm. it's just mm -hmm. getting started. But, you know, there will be specific details about each episode. So just want to warn you all, if you haven't seen WandaVision yet, um, go watch it and come back and listen to this. But again, I'm going to kick it over to you, man. Let me know what you thought about WandaVision. Oh, man. So far, it's easy to say. I love it. Um, you know, growing up uh my mom you know always had tv land on the tv so we were constantly watching uh, a lot of the the tv shows um that you know was that uh wandavision you know takes from a lot of those uh 50s and 60s black and white sitcoms um that you know we'll, we'll go into later but um because of that reason i found myself uh loving uh the integrity and the the, the thought process of the show man um just to put it simple as that until we go any further what did you think about it 
Yeah, man. High level thoughts. I will say that I, I, I liked it. Um, I think that the the faithfulness again to um, the golden age of television when it was, you know, sort of the sitcom era, um, yeah. faithfully carried out even more so than I thought that they would. I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they had fucking commercials in this, which was crazy to see. So they mm-hmm. they really took it there, like they were going to be faithful and sticking to the sitcom format. Um, but as you mentioned, all of those technical pieces of it, um, the, the the look of the show, the feel of the show, the mm-hmm. intros, the dialogue, the script, all of that stuff was was extremely faithful to that that sitcom era of television that, you know, I, I, I too grew up watching a lot on TV land and Nick at night. Um, so mm-hmm. it felt very reminiscent of that, though, those early young, you know, sort of childhood days that I had watching watching those shows growing up, whether it be like the Andy Griffith show or Bewitched right. or the Brady Bunch mm-hmm. or, you know, other, even, you know, the famous black sitcoms, Good Time, Jefferson, Sanford and Son, all those, all those great, great pieces of uh, television that we received. So right. overall, I liked it. Um, you know, a few nitpicks here and there of some things that I didn't particularly like or think that could be mm-hmm. improved on or just like mm-hmm. the, the pacing of it at, at this point, but we'll get into that more. Um, as you mentioned. So let, let's start with episode one. So um, episode one, obviously, again, these, the, the series is paying, paying homage, paying homage, I should say, to uh, um, old sitcom era television shows. Um, apparently that's for a very specific reason. We don't particularly know why yet. Obviously the show has to continue to unfold. However, that's a big premise of the show that this is every episode. It's taking place in a different decade and a different era of sitcom television. So episode one, started off really with the 50s where sitcoms um, started to explode in popularity. This episode was very reminiscent of the Dick Van Dyke show or even I Love Lucy. Again, black and white was, um, you know, incorporated all throughout the episode. Uh, even the aspect ratio was was different. It was a 4-3 aspect mm-hmm. ratio, which, you know, mm-hmm. sort of puts the frame in a box. Um, and there was also, you know, we found out that there was a live, a real live studio audience in attendance um, to, to actually create that laugh track that you often hear in old sitcoms. Um, so there were a lot of, again, faithful representations of what that era of sitcom television looks like and how it felt. And so this episode really just like thrust us into this world. There's really no backstory. There's no there's no explanation as to where like Wanda has been. You know, we're, we're still wondering like how Vision is back. They just they just take us and put us into this world and we meet them. They're living happily in a suburban neighborhood called Westview. Um, you know, and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're claiming to be married, although they don't really, they don't really know their history and their backstory all that much when people ask them those questions, which is right. funny because when you watch like old sitcoms, you don't really know the, the backstories of the characters. You just end up in a situation. Like every episode exactly. is just like a new situation, but you don't really ever learn like, where did like Ricky Ricardo come from? Really? Where did Lucille <laughs> Ball come from? They're just there. Right, right. So um, that was interesting to see. We see that Vision has a job. He doesn't really know what the job is. He's doing mm-hmm. some sort of like computational forms, but he can't even put together in his head, like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, what are these forms for? What are we computing? Um, right. So that's interesting. Wanda's sort of a stay-at-home wife, um, you know, who sort of take care, takes care of the home responsibilities. And then we meet, you know, the nosy neighbor, which was a, you know, a famous trope in old sitcoms, who's played by Katherine Hahn. Um, her character's name is Agnes. Um, so there's a lot to, to sort of start to like piece together there in terms of like what this world looks like. Um, but there were also some things that, you know, we saw that were a little a little uh, suspect, to say the least. Um, essentially, by the end of the episode, the final act of the episode, uh, Vision's boss comes over for, for dinner with his wife, um, really is an opportunity to help boost his profile at his job. 
uh, potentially receive a promotion. And mm-hmm. Wanda in all of her hijinks who, you know, she doesn't really know how to cook because she's never had to cook for vision all that much. Cause he can't eat food. She's trying to figure out a way to like make this, you know, full five course meal. Um, Catherine Hines character, Agnes is trying to help her out all the hijinks that you would expect with a sitcom play out. Eventually they do eat. And then some strange stuff starts happening. Um, visions boss starts choking on a piece of food. And that's when stuff gets really weird because the camera changes. We're really focusing on Wanda's reaction. We're focusing on Vision's reaction. And we're just seeing how things play out. And it's just like, it's just weird. It just feels weird. Yeah. It feels like it's breaking out of that sitcom format. And you're actually within the moment in and of itself because they place, they place the camera like right on the table. So you're looking mm-hmm. at everybody's reaction. So things got weird. And then by the end of it, it's like all back to normal again. Right. So um, yeah. All that said, those are some of the specifics. But w- what did you think about specifically how things played out in episode one? Um, again, I enjoyed episode one. You know, it was a it was really a pilot. Um, you talked about how it was a good idea, you know, to have two episodes. Um, and, you know, I feel like we just couldn't have this moment in that first episode without a second one. I don't know if that makes sense, but just it just all came together. But um, well, <laughs> together. Right. Um, but, you know, really, I think. um it was a weird moment, dude, to be honest. Uh, it was, there were so many small little Easter eggs um, kind of throughout the episode um, that I felt like in some ways led up to this, you know, this this weird point. But was really interesting about it in uh, the episodes, what, maybe like 24 minutes with like an extra five minutes of credits or something. It's crazy that this was only like literally 60 seconds of the episode, um, which is really interesting. Um, but I think, I think overall, um, again, I think it's a good pilot. I think it was, um, you know, we were, we were, we were made to not only um, feel like we were in the past, but to wonder what was going to happen, of course, in the future. Um, and um, again, you also mentioned uh, that aspect of how, you know, the shows, you don't know where they came from, uh, you know, as characters, you don't really know their backstories, but it's, it's really interesting that at the same time, this, uh, this series has to be story driven, right? And so I think, um, I think the way they started it again, I think it was good. I think it created enough mystery um, for us to wonder what's really going on here, or for us to start to to theorize what's going to happen next. So yeah, I, again, I enjoyed the episode. Uh, again, like you said, I don't think it was super perfect, but I do, I did really did like it a lot, and it brought a lot of nostalgia <laughs> to my uh, to my to my to my young self watching TV Land with my mom. Certainly. Um, this is definitely going to be a slow burn type of television show. We've we started to hear some of like the rumors in terms of how it's structured. There will be nine episodes of WandaVision. Um, and apparently the first six are really the ones that focus on sort of the sitcom aesthetic. There's going to mm-hmm. be a different decade represented in each of them. And then apparently the last three are going to be the big the big spectacle that you expect from Marvel. Right. Like the big yeah. action sequences, big battles, tons of CGI that's going to come eventually for those people who are waiting and and wanting that. And we have to remember, this is, this is a TV series. This is also, this is the first time we've gotten a Marvel studios property in this format. So it's, it's a bit jarring when you see that Marvel studios logo open up at the beginning of the series. And then you're only really with these characters for 22, 23 minutes per se, Mm -hmm. you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, and I will say that Marvel studios logo at the beginning one, it was just great to hear that again and see that again because we yeah. hadn't like really seen it in so long. And two, also nice to see that they incorporated like 
the in-game footage in that logo as well. That was really cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, I think this episode it was a, it was a good way to kick off things and obviously again set the stage for what was happening. I, I will say, man, for for there's there's there, there's probably a, a wide diverse audience watching the show. Of course, Marvel is super popular. Of course, I, I I wonder how much this will resonate with the younger generation who perhaps did not watch those shows growing up. You know, mm, who really have no connection, right? Like what. What are their thoughts on it? I'd be interested to know that. Like, what do people who really didn't grow up watching 50s mm-hmm. sitcoms? Because that, that's a long time. I mean, we're talking like 70 yeah. years ago at this point mm-hmm. almost for some of these shows. So there, yeah. there there, has to be a segment of the audience that, that really wasn't in tune with that growing up. So I wonder what they thought yeah. of it, you know, and and how they might have reacted to just that whole style. Because I do think that, again, like for, for us who can, who can appreciate it, you get it. You understand, like, OK, I see mm-hmm. what they're going for. And I know that this is like a temporary thing that's setting the stage for what's to come. But there might be also those people out there and I can't fault them for this. You know, there might just be those people out there who are like, oh, yeah, that was cute. But I don't want to watch like six episodes or seven episodes of this because mm-hmm. I even wonder for myself, like if this was not a Marvel show, would I even be watching this? And I probably probably not like I probably watched the first episode and be like, oh, that was that was nice. But I'm not going to watch like. Mm-hmm. I'm not going back to watch sitcoms now, you know, personally. So I, I don't know if I would sit through a new show that would do this tactic, but it is Marvel. So it's like, of course we're going to watch. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that, I'd be interested uh, to know that. I think that sort like you said, I think that source material is important. Um, specifically, uh, you know, as I'm watching the whole time, I'm like, this is really bewitched. <laughs> like the whole time I'm like, there's a lot of, even, even though we talk about different Dyke show, something like green acres and stuff like that in my mind, I'm like, there's a lot of bewitched in here. Right. Where um, even the sequence we get when Wanda's making food in the kitchen, um, that is straight out of Bewitched, bro. Like something, you know, you, everybody knows the nose twinkle, right? If you've seen Bewitched, like, you know, the nose twinkle and some magic, um, you know, is happening behind behind the door that she can't, you know, show anybody. So I think, uh, you know, it's interesting to not know, you know, maybe where that, where that place comes from. Um, so, I, again, I w- I'd also be interested to know how they feel about it. Absolutely. And then by the end of the episode, um, you mentioned sort of the end credits. They were like five minutes long, maybe even longer mm-hmm. than that. It was interesting. Um, yeah. We see that somebody is watching this show, right? Yeah. Like we see that there is somebody who's a part of the organization we know as S.W.O.R.D., which is a, you know, a fictional organization within the comics. Um, in the MCU, they're known as the Sentient Weapon Observation and Response Division. The only difference is in the comics that weapon is actually switched to world. So it's sentient world observation and response division, but here it's Mm -hmm. weapon. So interesting switch there, which probably tips the hat to, you know, what their purpose is. But we see somebody from that organization is watching this show because there's like a remote and they, they zoom out from the TV screen. So um, clearly there, there are larger forces at play, but you mentioned bewitch. Let's get into episode two, because you couldn't question it that episode two was absolutely bewitched because at the yeah. very beginning of the episode, the opening completely resembled the, mm-hmm. the opening to bewitched, the animated opening that they had. Wanda's like flying across on a broom, all of this, you know, really cool stuff. I really liked that. I thought that that was like a great, great touch. And yeah. again, they're, they're super faithful to what they're doing. And I'm like, they really went, they created intros and outros and commercials. Like they had that, Stark toaster commercial in episode one and they had a you know a commercial for a watch here um a mm-hmm. hydra watch called you know von strucker or something like that it was it was really yep. interesting mm-hmm. but um yeah again this episode really uh you know referenced bewitched in, in, in many different ways sort of the main um premise of this episode is that wanda and vision are going to participate in a talent show this talent show for for this community in westview is to you know sort of raise money for um i think it's local 
schools for children, like local preschools, mm-hmm. kindergarten, stuff like that for children, just to like raise money for them. Uh, Cause they keep saying like for the children, but we also get introduced to a new character, um, Geraldine played by mm-hmm. Tiana Paris. Her name is Geraldine. This, this is how she introduces herself. We know that she's actually Monica Rambeau, um, right. who we were first introduced in um, Captain Marvel. She was a young, young little girl, but here we are, you know, you fast forward to the present. She's a grown woman. Um, but again, she introduces her name as Geraldine. So something's weird there. There's many moments throughout this episode where it transitions from black and white to, to color, you know, um, really instantly more, more so than it should, but it's obviously trying to, trying to tip their hands to something again, being weird here. There's that moment where Wanda, you know, she goes out to her yard, she sees the helicopter, which is in color. It's a red and yellow helicopter again with the sword logo on the helicopter that calls back to the beginning of the episode where, Wanda and Vision, they heard bumping on their window, you know, and they didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Apparently it was probably this helicopter. And then another, you know, portion of the, um, of the episode, um, there's another character introduced called Dottie. Um, she accidentally cuts her hand mm-hmm. on a piece of glass and the blood is actually red. Everything else is black and white. And even in that moment, you hear a radio, you know, the frequency changes and the radio starting to speak to Wanda. Yeah. Um, but the song is like from the Beach Boys, I think, called Help Me Rhonda. But, you know, it's Rhonda sounds like Wanda. So it's like, who's doing this to you, Wanda? So like the radio is speaking to her. Mm -hmm. Um, So, again, a lot of strange stuff happening. Eventually they get to the talent show. Vision is just like ridiculously like off his ass at this point. He like ate a piece of gum again. We we know he doesn't eat food, but he ate a piece of gum, messes up his insides. And he basically like gets drunk. It looks like like he's drunk the whole episode. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they do the talent show and they pull it together without like giving away their powers and stuff like that. And, and it all, and all worked, it all worked out. But then by the end of the episode, um, before I pass it over to you, by the end of the episode, we see the full transition to color happens. Yeah. And then we also see that Wanda ends up pregnant out of nowhere. She just, she just has the bump out mm-hmm. of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which I mean, at the top of the episode, they did insinuate that her and vision slept. Together. They did. They, they did sleep together. However they got, they, that works. They, they got it going. Yeah, however that works. I mean, there was not a nine-month, <laughs> you know, time jump, but it just happened. She's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a transition to full color, which, you know, I, I would suspect by the next episode, we're going to be full Brady Bunch by that point. Yep. Whole family, 70s Absolutely. aesthetic, all of that good stuff. But uh, yeah, man, a lot to, I think a lot more to unpack in episode two than episode yeah. one. Again, the clues continue to evolve here. What were your thoughts on episode two? Man, I think it's uh, also important to, uh, I guess, unpack that 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 choke scene again in episode one, going into episode two, right, um, where the wife of Vision's bosses, <laughs> Vision's boss, uh, looks at Wanda and says, "Wanda, stop!" Or she's just saying, "Stop it!" Because initially, again, while the husband is choking, she is saying, "Stop it!" as if he's playing, right? Like he's not really supposed yeah. to be choking, as if he's like kind of joking. Um, and he, this goes on for a long time. And so I think it's important to notice um, the ways in which, again, she kind of towards the end of his his, his choking, um, the, the wife looks at Wanda and, and just keeps saying, stop it in like this weird kind of creepy way. Um, and uh, Wanda eventually tells Vision to, to say Vision, save him or whatever Vision takes, um, whatever he was eating out of his out of his body. And he stops choking. So just kind of like, you know, those weird reality things, um, you know. And so like uh, like you say, here we are in episode two. And um, things are still weird. Uh, one thing that's kind of cool, uh, we talked about Vision and Wanda doing the uh, the, the magic show. 
um as what is it illusion and what was what, what was uh her name oh man i can't remember illusion and, I, and something i forget i forget what her I name was her stage but name I, yeah but they're like um though the character the name characters they use were like actual magicians in the comics which is really mm-hmm. cool um as a testament to that um and like you you also brought this up um all of the 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 residents of this area are always saying for the children almost in like a this weird culty you know sort of <laughs> sort of way they're like for the children for the children and yeah like, what is going it's on it's really dark and weird it is dark but then it's like at the end of the episode she's pregnant you know it's like what is a you know what exactly is the connection there you know, again in my in my mind you know knowing uh the what house of M is about I've deciphered house like I I'm a house of M guy. I like know I kind of I kind of know what's happening and kind of don't know because you know Marvel always pulls some source material, but they add their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. And so part of me like kind of knows what's happening, but I know I don't have the whole picture. Right. Um, and so in that way, I like it. You know, I was enjoying myself. I think um I think the episode was funny. Uh Vision being drunk was not off of gum <laughs> was like something <laughs> I, I didn't expect to see in the episode um i think i actually think performances went up the episode too i think people got into the characters more you know i don't know hopefully they did film this in order you know what i mean like episode one happened episode two happened i think i've seen that through um their acting like maybe episode one even they just had just got on set <laughs> it was the first episode episode two i was like oh yeah y'all in your bag now um it could have been intentional too you know it could have been an actual um thing they're doing but i just felt like uh, there was more happening. There was more places, right? There was more plot and scene um, in episode two, and I enjoyed it, man. What'd you think? Yeah, there were uh, some interesting things here you already touched on. Uh, yeah, that for the children, definitely some some subconscious things happening that are, you know, eventually unfolding in, in, in sort of reality, quote unquote, here uh, for Wanda. Like, it was a subconscious thing. Um, even Agnes, her character, she continues to, like, press upon this idea of children, right? Like for Wanda, like when she officially, when she first had the conversation with her outside of her house, you know, she mentioned, um, you know, being able to have enough funds for, you know, sort of daycare for children, like mm-hmm. just sort of, you know, it was almost like inception, you know, planning that idea in the head and then all of a sudden it happens, right? Um, but yeah, you talked about a lot of the, you know, the things that may be going on, but we also don't also, you know, really know what's going on. And I think mm-hmm. there's so many theories out there about what this really is um, that yeah. I, I sort of want to briefly get into. Like, we got to talk about this character, Agnes, right? Like Catherine mm-hmm. Hine. The, the, big, the big rumor is that she's playing really like who she really is, is Agatha Harkness, um, mm-hmm. who is a, you know, sort of big character in the comics. She is, she's also a witch, um, but she's a, I mean, she's truly a witch because she was around, for the Salem witch trials. And she eventually like plays, you know, sort of a mentor role to Wanda. Right. However, she also manipulates Wanda and eventually aligns herself with Mephisto. And in, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the Marvel universe, Mephisto mm-hmm. is the devil. <laughs> so um, we're talking some really spooky stuff here. And there, there were some references to the devil in this episode, you know, um, yeah. I think Dottie's character at one point where they were having that little, that, that woman's meeting, you know, um, out in the park, she said the devil's in the details. And then Agnes was like, well, that's not the only place the devil is like real, just out of nowhere. Like, why would you say yeah. that? You know? Like, so huh? Yeah. Like, huh? Like, why would you say it? And Wanda just like brushed it off, but it's like, that yeah. has to be something. And again, we know yeah. Agatha Harkness and Mephisto, they were, 
They were conspirators. They worked together. So maybe that's something you mentioned House of M, obviously that apparently there's an Easter egg for that. And in, in, in episode one, there's that, that bottle of wine, which has like a French name, but it translates to like house of M. And um, there's so much stuff here. House yeah. of misery. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's so much stuff here, man. That's really the Easter eggs are a lot to dive into more than we can really do so now. But I would encourage you, like, if you're really interested in seeing all of this stuff, like just go on YouTube and just like search right. like WandaVision Easter eggs. And there's tons of videos that break, all of them down. There's, there's so many, but um, it's really obviously leading up to something um, more than what we're seeing here. And the one other thing that I do want to touch on that sort of ended off the episode before we found out that Wanda, you know, was pregnant was that yep. beekeeper, that damn yep. beekeeper, which was yep. just bizarre. Um, you know, we see the appearance of a beekeeper. He comes out of the sewer of the street that, you know, Wanda envisions houses on. He comes out of the sewer his beekeeper, his beekeeper outfit has a sword logo on the back and bees are, you know, surrounding him. And then he just looks over into the direction of Wanda and Vision. And then out of nowhere, she just says no. And then all of a sudden the episode rewinds completely before that moment when her and Vision were inside the house. And then that's when we get the, the unveiling that she's pregnant. So she just like completely erases and negates that moment from happening, which was again, just strange. So it makes me wonder, like, who who's in control here? Because you have her in that moment. She's able to control what's actually happening with the flow of time. It happened in mm-hmm. episode one where she told Vision to help his boss to, 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 to stop him from choking. Here she says no, you know, to prevent that moment with the beekeeper from happening. But then yeah. also earlier in the episode, we're hearing somebody through the radio frequency trying to speak to her. Like, who's doing this to you, Wanda? Like, mm-hmm. who's doing this to you? So mm-hmm. we still don't really know yet if this is happening to her or if she's created this, I guess this alternate reality for herself, it could be a combination of both. This could be all a big misdirect on Marvel's part. We don't know, but there's Mm -hmm. obviously again, a lot, uh, there's just a lot of questions. We just don't really know. So we have to kind of wait and see week to week, Uh, but just strange stuff, man. A lot of Easter eggs. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Um, Again, even getting even deeper into the beekeeper thing, um, you know, beekeepers, what we know for comics and video games aren't good <laughs> uh, because um, they're part of the organization AIM, right? Um, they're not normal beekeepers for, you know, people who don't, who don't know. They're, just, they're not like out here literally getting honey <laughs> and stuff. Uh, they're like, uh, they're like, it's an organization called uh, Advanced Idea Mechanics, I think, uh, again, which, which uh, is the acronym AIM. Um, and so, again, usually um, it's like an organization of scientists that usually bad people end up manipulating right into into fighting big groups like the Avengers or something. Literally, if you play um, Marvel's Avengers, you know, the, the game that came out last year, you're fighting beekeepers the entire game. That is like literally the people you are fighting the whole game. And so, like you said, it, it almost doesn't match up in some ways where S.W.O.R.D. is not inherently a bad organization, right? It, they are right. supposed to go with shields, supposed to be sword and shield. But to see a beekeeper almost doesn't make any sense because, again, those are inherently like if you know source material are supposed to be bad. And so it's like you said, we we've we've seen Hydra stuff, but we've off we've also seen Tony Stark helicopters, toy helicopters. So it's exactly. like what's 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 good and what's not, and and I think that is you know that's the that's the question that's going to drive the show for a long time um you know even as we you know continue to dive dive even deeper so again man i'm i'm just ready to see more episodes it's taking too long i'm like uh can i just binge watch it <laughs> but uh i'm enjoying it though i'm enjoying it 
Yeah, you know, I, I, I typically I do I do like the week to week of it all, but this is this is one of those shows where it's like I, I wish I just had it all right now to mm-hmm. just like devour um, because that, yeah. that that is a part of it. Like, I, I you know I, I don't I don't want to you know sort of project too many feelings about how I feel about the show up until this point because there's still so much left to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I, I don't like to judge things before we see the beginning, middle, and end. Um, you know, so there's there's still clearly a lot left that that needs to be unpacked. And from what I'm hearing. Um, a lot of like press and media who were able to see the first three episodes. Apparently episode three is where we really start to like get more of like the, 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 the stuff that's going to like sort of unpack and unravel, like what the hell is going on. And so apparently yeah. um, that's really where it kicks off. So it makes me wonder, like, would it have been better for them to give us the first three episodes instead of mm. just two? Like maybe, mm. maybe the real hook, we, we won't know until we watch it. Right. But you know, maybe the real hook of it was at the end of episode three. So I'm wondering yeah. if that might've, if that might've alleviated some people's, um, sort of one inability to you know understand what's going on right mm-hmm. now just because mm-hmm. everything is just like up in the air and two just the again the the pacing and how we feel about where it's progressed like some stuff has sort of kind of happened but not 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 really anything has happened we're just like living right. in this world so mm-hmm. i wonder if that might have helped but we won't know until next week um but we'll see i mean we'll see again wandavision is out there um let us know what you think about the show again this is the first mcu property that we've seen in over 18 months so regardless of really what it is i'm still excited i'm excited of the prospects of where it can go so um hit us up and let us know what you think about wandavision if you've seen it what is that that symbol who are you Episode three. Yes, sir. Debuted on Disney Plus this past week. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. episode is entitled Now in Color. So we're going to go ahead and break down WandaVision. As usual, if you've not seen it, we will be spoiling this episode. We will be spoiling details that came out of WandaVision episode three. So if you've not seen it, go ahead and go watch it on Disney Plus right now. Come back, tune into the podcast to hear what we think about it. This is your official spoiler warning. Uh, you know, listen, bro, we're going to go over like more fine details, but let's just, I, I feel like let's just get to the end where the stuff really happened. Let's yeah. just get to the, let's, do let's it. just get to the, let's just get to the part that we obviously want to talk about. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the basic premise, Wanda's having, having a child. We, 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 we expected that, that she was going to be pregnant because she got pregnant at the end of episode two. So the whole, the whole premise of this episode is her dealing with pregnancy. She goes from, you know, four months to six months to basically her delivery day all within 24 hours. Crazy shit. <laughs> By the end of it, she has twins. She names them, you know, Tommy and Billy, her and Vision were going back and forth uh-huh. about the names. And we know that those names have significance. And... She has the twins with the help of Geraldine, her neighbor, uh, to deliver them successfully. And at the end of this episode, after the you know the twins are su- successfully delivered, you know she's she's singing to them. Yeah, Geraldine comes over. She's like, you know, twins. That's really amazing. And Wanda, she says, well, you know, I'm a twin. And she 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 remembers she remembers Pietro, her brother yep. that was killed in Avengers: Age of Ultron, and. 
as Wanda mentions that moment, you can start to see the wheels turning in Geraldine's head. She she just has this look on her face. Like she's starting to remember mm-hmm. and she's almost she's almost like remembering that she remembers this information and then all of a sudden she says, "He was killed by Ultron, wasn't he?" And at that point, that set Wanda off. We saw <laughs> we saw real darkness come out of Wanda. <laughs> Her Sokovian accent came back. Mm-hmm. That death stare came over her face. It got real scary. While this is happening, Vision is on the outside of, of his house, and he's talking to his neighbors, Agnes and Herb, and they're also being weird. Agnes and Herb are, like, whispering to each other, and they're talking about Geraldine. They're like, she doesn't even live here. She doesn't, she doesn't even have a home. Like, they're kind of gossiping about her. Yeah. And Vision approaches them, like, what's going on, guys? Like, what's up? And then Herb says something, you know, really weird. You know, he's talking about Geraldine and, and the, you know, they're, again, they're talking about how she's new to town and she mm-hmm. doesn't have any family. She doesn't have a home. And then Herb starts the sentence and he says, she came here because we're all. And then that was it. He didn't finish the sentence because Agnes would not let him finish. Yeah. She cut him off. And then all the while this is happening, Vision returns back in after this really weird interaction and Geraldine's gone. She's mm. nowhere to be found. He asks Wanda, you know, where where did she go? And Wanda says, oh, she had to rush home. She had something to do. The very next scene that we see, Geraldine is basically booted out of Westview, <laughs> sort of cast out of Westview. Mm-hmm. But she's not just thrown out of Westview. We see that Westview, from the looks of it, is a real town. There's a real sign that says Westview. And she gets booted out of this TV static barrier that yeah. separates what looks like the real world and this idealized sitcom world. And Geraldine ends up on the ground again, out of Westview and then the sword agents surround her and the episode ends. So there's a lot to unpack here. There's yeah. things from the, you know, earlier in the episode to unpack. So let's just, let's just go ahead and get into it, man. What, what did you make of this whole sequence? What, what is this leading to? Man, to be honest, a lot of it is still very cryptic, um, but there is kind of some things I guess we can kind of, uh, you know, nitpick at a little bit. Um, first um, and foremost, while we're, you know, um, kind of on the topic of Geraldine, right? You talked about those sword agents um, kind of outside. Uh, it's very, very, very important to um, to point out that this entire time Geraldine had on a necklace um, with the sword logo on it. Um you know, for us, it's like, OK, Geraldine, if you have a sword necklace, sword agents are outside after you get kicked out, came to your rescue instantly. It's like, have you been planted here on purpose? Do you know what's are you competent of what's happening both in the outside world and in this world? Or has sword planted you here against your will? And there and there is some memory things going on with you that you actually are starting to remember some weird stuff, you know? So it's like a we don't we don't know where she uh you know where where she lies, I think in that in that very specific um I guess train of thought. Mm-hmm. Uh because the way she brings up Pietro, it does feel like she was trying to get something out of Wanda. <laughs> in a in a way, right? Right. She's digging for information. Yeah, she, exactly. But it's like she went from zero to a hundred. <laughs> like that wasn't even like a a step to that really. She was like, "Oh, I'm a twin." Oh yeah, Pietro died. It's like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like to be to be honest, I was with Wanda there. I was like, "What you just say?" 
Yeah, it, it was not the most covert way of going about something. Like if <laughs> if she is digging for information, if she's if she's kind of a spy almost mm-hmm. for sword, let's say, um, for her to jump to that level yeah. is not a not the most co- covert way to go about it. Which which I mean, again, I think it begs the question: Was that her intention? Because even the look on her face, like mm-hmm. she's remembering that, like right. she knows this information. Uh-huh. However. Why is it that she has to remember to remember that she remembers that? Yeah. I probably use too many remembers there. <laughs> but again, like we're in this alternate, you know, reality it looks mm-hmm, like, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it, it speaks to the the behavior of everybody in this in this town. Is everybody in on this, right? Like mm-hmm. is everybody working for Sword? Yeah. However, even though that may be the case, because you're a part of this this town, this mm-hmm. alternate reality, mm-hmm. you sometimes forget things. You have a hard time remembering who you actually are and, yeah. and information that you actually have. Like, is that a thing? Or is it, you know, to what you alluded to earlier, is it Geraldine being placed here against her own will? She knew the information, but somehow she ended up in this place mm-hmm. unbeknownst to her, right? Yeah. So how did she end up in that position? It's it's really we don't know yet, but that's yeah. kind of that's kind of like the, I, the, 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 the the conflict between those two ideas. I think it is maybe a, a slight Geraldine versus everyone else right now, um, in this neighborhood. Just the way that Herb and Agnes were kind of talking about her, you know, it's like she's new to town. They 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 made her suspicious on purpose, um, for a reason. Which you know, which makes them again. If Sword in our minds and historically throughout Marvel is a good, you know, organization, it's like so. What is Urban Agnes' agenda over here, right? You know, we talked about um, specifically Agnes before, and you know all the things that she could be. But it's like you know, maybe getting deep down, uh, deeper down into that stuff. Even sure. right before that scene where we see Urban Agnes talking, he comes out with the doctor. Right, um, the doctor's trying to go on vacation, and he goes. Uh, I forgot exactly the words he said, but it was just like, I can't get out of town. It's really hard to get out. It's really hard to escape. To escape. And I was like, yeah. Hmm. Why would you say that? So again, like, are are you placed here against your own will? Because that would sort of signal that you probably are like, He's making a joke, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a really it's a really loaded joke. Like there's yeah. a lot behind that and it's mm-hmm. like, why would you say that, right? So right. Yeah, people people are acting weird because I, I think now this opens up just the idea of like, okay, we know we know that this town Westview it appears to be a real place. That's mm-hmm. what really stuck out to me when we saw Geraldine get booted out. Westview looks like a real place, and somehow it looks like that the sitcom reality has taken over the re- real reality of Westview yeah. of whatever this town is. Now mm-hmm. the question is, well, at least one of the questions is. Are these people actual residents of Westview? Did they mm-hmm. just so happen to be like innocent bystanders and Wanda mm-hmm. came through and just like created this reality and right. all of them were just victims of that? Mm-hmm. Are they plants from Sword? Like you mentioned, like is that is that a potential like multiple people are working for Sword and they all right. happen to just be planted in? Um, or I've heard this crazy theory. Uh-huh. Are they all dead? Is this a is this a sixth sense type of thing? Like everybody mm. here is actually dead and not mm. real, and like because again the the vision of it all is like how is he here? How yeah. is this person that we saw die in Infinity War? How is how did he come back? Yeah, are all of these people a part of this community actually alive, or are these 
are these people from Wanda's past that lived in Sokovia that died mm. from the events of Age of Ultron? Mm. And then somehow Geraldine knows that information because she's a part of Sword. That's a, you know, I don't know. We, we we don't know that stuff. I don't think that that's the case. That's really yeah. dark. I don't know yeah, if he's going to do like a six super dark. Thing. Yeah. That's super dark. But it, it's, it's a possibility, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and another thing that happened in the episode that happened before the, the birth of the twins, she was talking to Vision. You uh-huh. know, they were kind of just, you know, talking about all the strange things that had been happening. And Vision was starting to just sort of recount some of them in, a head, in, in his head. He was like, you know, that dinner, you know, that happened with, with my boss. Like, he was recounting that from episode one. Mm-hmm. He was talking about the strange behavior. Yeah. And then, I don't, bro, when I, had, when I saw this, I really thought my Wi-Fi messed up. Like, the, the moment in and of itself when he's explaining all this to Wanda, it just, like, it just rebooted and yeah. just went back. Uh-huh. Right. And yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn, my Wi-Fi must be messed up. Like, what's going on? <laughs> Only to realize that it was just a quick just un- like they unwrote that moment and went mm-hmm. back, you know, yeah. just a couple of seconds. And, he, mm-hmm. you know, he had a different perspective. Now, we saw that happen somewhat similarly in episode two when Wanda said no, when she to saw the, the beekeeper. beekeeper. Uh-huh. And then she rewound the moment. That very much alludes to the fact that she controlled what happened in that moment. Like, she did that. Uh But this time, I'm not so sure if she did that. I'm not Mm -hmm. so sure if she was the one to actually sort of reboot that moment in and and of itself because she didn't, like, she didn't say no. I mean, she she had a look on her face. She was worried. Yeah, yeah, Did she do it or did somebody else do it? Was somebody else actually saying, like, no, we don't want this to to play out. So we're going to just go ahead and rewind a couple of seconds Mm. and just, like, play out a different scenario here. It's so Mm. many men and so many questions. It's, It's just... It's all over the place, but yeah. you know, I, again, I like what are the what are the motivations of some characters? We don't know. Yeah, um, the Agnes of it all. We talked about that last week. Who is she really? Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that she was, you know, sort of with Herb gossiping about Geraldine. It, again, it makes you wonder. It, it, it made it sound like the Geraldine is an outsider, an intruder. Yeah, but again, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. maybe they might all be in on it, and then you know mm-hmm. we we know that the, the 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 concept of planting ideas has been a thing because they the, the whole the for the children thing that was for really subconscious way <laughs> that was a really subconscious <laughs> way of like giving Aunt Wanda the idea to become pregnant. Like yeah. we say that they're not doing this again right now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, speaking on that, some again, some stuff they are. Oh my God, Marvel's so good at both making things that are already canon, canon. And mixing in their own cannons. Because I've seen the twins coming a mile away. You know, that is literally the beginning of House of M. That is just how yep. it works. Wanda wanted twins. She had twins. <laughs> that right. is exactly what happened. Um, I think another uh, really interesting point of House of M um, here is that uh, Wanda didn't just create a reality based on herself, right? All the other characters that were involved in House of M um she took their innermost desires um that weren't surface level like maybe even things they didn't they never thought about that they really wanted deep down and made them come true in that alternate reality and so um you know what if some of those things start to come true for these characters what if that moment with vision was that just <laughs> it was like that's not really what you wanted this is what you want you know i don't know right like there's just right. there's just so much that they they can play with because of that source material that we have so um i think it's interesting man i think they're i, I enjoyed the episode 
um because i think it's getting a little crazier you know um i like how i, th- I think it's about to explode soon because we we've got a lot um uh, once once geraldine got kicked out that was like you know it was little until then as soon as that end of the right. episode happened it's like no nope, y'all gonna turn up now at least a little bit you know and so i'm i'm interested to see what's next yeah i think uh really looking forward to episode four they have somewhat pulled the curtain back right and and we're starting to really see what's going on here slowly but surely um i think by the next episode don't really know what's going to happen there's a lot of theories out there there i I heard about a theory that episode four might be it might consist of like a flashback because if you look at like some of the trailers you can see Mm -hmm. footage of like geraldine approaching the barrier the tv static barrier and she's like reaching her hand out Mm -hmm. um so there's like theories that maybe the next episode will show how sword found this you know alternate sitcom reality and how they created a perimeter around that like how they discovered it to begin Uh with Maybe or maybe not. That'll be a part of the show. But I, I, you know, I, I think that they're gonna definitely pull the curtain back. Obviously, more and more every week. Hopefully, next week we get a significant amount revealed mm-hmm. to us. Like, because I will say, as much as as much as it can be fun to unravel the mystery and to mm-hmm. really guess and and you know debate and come up with all the theories. At a certain point, I do want the show to sort of take ownership of what it is and tell me what it is. Mm-hmm. Like show me and tell me what it is and yeah. from what we've heard these first six episodes are going to follow that sim- sitcom format mm-hmm. probably to a lessening degree as we as we continue um and that's fine like i love the mm-hmm. the innovation there you know the di- the different approach there yeah however we 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 do want some answers right so mm-hmm. i think i think it's going to be really important next week to get something that at least points us in at least one direction and right. you know there's going to be more surprises, I'm sure, but I, I really hope that we get something substantial next week. Yeah. That's more than just like the final two minutes of the episode. Like mm-hmm. I kind of want it to be the undertext of of the entire episode, if it yeah. can be. Um, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, there will be a lot more to unpack. We're still, we still got what five more episodes of this show, yeah, so yeah. there's still plenty more that's going to happen. Not even halfway. Not even halfway. So WandaVision is definitely going to have our attention over the next few weeks. If you saw this latest episode, hit us up and let us know what you thought at Two Black Nerds. Let's go ahead and transition. Vision? Yes, my love. Is this really happening? I think a few unsavory characters settling in the neighborhood. Are you here to help us? <laughs> I think something's wrong here. There's no need to get dramatic. Did you really not see what I saw? I have everything under control. If you're not watching WandaVision, you're missing out. Marvel is finally back. WandaVision, original series now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. We got to talk about WandaVision, bro. Of course, as we do every week. We got to talk about WandaVision. Um, and most recently, episode four has premiered on Disney+. Plus. Episode four is entitled Re- We Interrupt This Program. And listen, we've been talking about it. We we mentioned it last week, um, sort of in, in preparation for this episode. It's it's time for stuff to get real to get real. It's time for stuff to be revealed. It's time to pull the curtain back. It's time to just really start to see 
what's happening and what the hell is going on in the show. And episode four delivered that in spades. There, there, there are, you know, there are still questions, of course. However, lots of questions have already been, been answered. So uh, we're going to go ahead and dive right into this. Um, this is your official spoiler warning. As we do every week with WandaVision, we will be spoiling this episode. So if you've not seen it, go watch it and come back and tune into us to hear our thoughts on WandaVision episode four. Um, I want to start off with the, the, the beginning of the episode, bro. We got to talk about that. So. Absolutely. The opening shot, we see Monica Rambeau rematerializing, right? And it's, you know, for me, it took a, it took a couple of seconds to realize what was happening because you're also hearing a voiceover. Um, you're hearing voiceovers um, from Captain Marvel, you know, the dialogue that her younger self had had with Carol Danvers in that movie. At the same time, we're seeing her sort of rematerialize. Her body is being put back together. And then eventually, all of a sudden, you see chaos and panic and she's running throughout a hospital and you realize holy shit like all of these people in this hospital are returning from the blip thanos the snap you know from from infinity war yeah. so this is taking place at the exact moment where in avengers endgame you know hulk snapped his fingers and brought everybody back that had that had vanished um and so we're just thrown into the middle of this moment again it's chaotic it's confusing it's crazy and really intense and this is a cold open there's no there's no lead-in there's no title card it just happens right and it's i mean it's probably one of the best cold opens that marvel has ever done because it just really puts you into that place automatically and when i thought about it like we hadn't really seen like we so we saw in far from home we saw people return from the blip um in that in that opening but that was played for laughs because like people within the high school, you know, who were part of like the marching band or the basketball team, they just like appeared right back on the court in the exact spot that they vanished and they like knocked over people. <laughs> so it was played for laughs, but this was certainly not like you saw, you saw sort of the chaos, you know, that, that would erupt in a, in a, in a situation like this. So, um, and then, you know, once Monica sort of gets her wits about her, she finds one of the, the nurses, I believe one of the doctors, she's looking for her mother um, because the last time that she was, on earth her mother was still alive which we know five years has passed and in that moment that's when she finds out that her mother um maria rambo actually passed away three years before monica returned so stick with me two years after the snap after everybody vanished but three years before everybody was brought back um she passed away due to cancer and that was the first time in that moment that monica found out that information because again when she left earth or when she you know she thought she went to sleep she was just gone and out for a second she thought that uh, her mother was still alive. So um, what did you think about this when you were watching just this opening scene? What did you think about that moment? Uh, like you said, man, it's it's crazy to see uh, the difference between, you know, far from home um, in this in this uh, this moment that we get at the beginning of WandaVision. Uh, specifically because well, one far from home was the first time that they start to use the phrase the blip right it's when we actually first time we get we get to see people start coming back what does that look like here is again instantaneous and in what it looks like in the madness in a hospital like that is you know can you imagine just imagine not being snapped away right you're you are the nurse or mm. the doctor and these people have been gone for an extended period of time. All of a sudden your hospital is full of people. Mm -hmm. Like, what does that even look like at all? And to see uh, that madness kind of come to fruition um, in this episode, again, like it, 
it was probably is one of the uh, best beginnings uh, to a film, like you said, that I think I've ever seen from Marvel. Um, it gets your attention, but it also contains um, enough previous information as fans to know to figure out what's happening uh, really fast. So it's it's like a mix between both fan service and madness, <laughs> you know. So uh, I re- I really did appreciate it. Certainly, it's uh, I think it signals to me that we will be we will be taking a look at the effects of that moment for future iterations and installments into the marvel cinematic universe as they should like that's a that's a catastrophic world Absolutely. universe you know event which is kind of scary considering the parallels that exist with our own real world right now like just considering how many people we've lost to this pandemic and just the chaos that ensued so it's, it was kind of it was kind of freaky and weird to see because when, when we first experienced the snap and infinity war back in almost three years ago life was great however here we are now you know in in dire straits with a global pandemic and so to see that moment was even kind of scarier so i agree man it was it was just pure madness but after that moment happened um monica we see that she returns to sword um again we've mentioned sword um and we learned that she's been a part of this organization pretty much her whole life because her mother maria founded sword so just cool to get that thrown in there um, you know, within within the show and she's meeting up with the, the current director um, to just, you know, sort of get back, get back in the groove of things and, and get back to action. Um, and so the director assigns her to a quote unquote missing persons case. Um, and so Monica goes to examine what's going on and it's, and it's taking place. Surprise, surprise, in the city of Westview, New Jersey. This is where this missing person case is. And in that moment, she goes and she meets Jimmy Woo, who's a part of the FBI. And we know Jimmy Woo um, first appeared in Ant-Man and the Wasp, and he's returning here. Um, So they were both deployed to this, this, this missing persons case in Westview. And so they're on the outside, the outskirts of the town. It's a very small town in New Jersey population not even four thousand people so they're just you know meeting up with the officers there and apparently the officers are like hey westview doesn't exist this place isn't real even though they're standing right in front of it they're standing literally right there uh and the officer's like well you know i'm from eastview and so that was kind of a funny moment but we also see you know shortly thereafter that Monica discovers that there's some sort of energy field that's surrounding Westview. And we saw this in this 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 promotional clip that was that was released today before. Um, she sends a a drone um, to go and examine the, the energy field. However, when it hits the energy field, it disappears, it vanishes. And so that's when Monica decides to go up and to start to use her hand to fill out the energy field and to see what it's about. Jimmy's warning her, like, be careful. Next thing you know. She's gone. She vanishes. She 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 gets sucked into the to the energy field. Um, so it's a really crazy moment. And then after that, shortly thereafter, um, that's when we see the return of Darcy, played by Cat Jennings from Thor and Thor: The Dark World. She returns um, in this show and she meets up with Sword. They bring her on because she's really you know smart with astrophysics, and now she's got her doctorate really cool to see her back into this and so she's working with jimmy woo to sort of figure out what's going on here and there's you know they're continuously sending in drones and all of them are vanishing and then all of a sudden you know darcy just using her intelligence she's like you know i need an old tv i need i need a retro old vintage tv and for some reason sword has hella old tvs just like at their disposal laying around i don't know how they how they got one so fast but they had it and we come to find out that darcy 
ultimately sees the sitcom that we've seen in the first three episodes. She's now in tune with the, the first episode that we saw take place in the 50s. And so she she's like, we're watching this now. Basically, you know, she informs everybody like this is happening. They're trying to figure out all the questions and what you know, what's going on. But, um, you know, as you started to see this unfold, you know, just this whole mystery between Monica getting sucked into the energy field and then also the moment of, you know, bringing back Darcy for her to work with Jimmy Woo and how they're sort of uncover, you know, uncovering the puzzle. Um, what were you starting to make of all of that stuff as it unfolded? Man, first of all, let, let's rewind a little bit. We got one, we got to talk about some Easter eggs. Two, man, 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 man. First of all, happy Black History Month because Monica Rambeau, y'all, Tiana Paris, at, on that when when she showed up to both uh, Sword and and the, uh, the 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 Westview site, she she came through looking how she was looking. Okay, first of all, let's just say that amazing. Um, listen, Tiana Paris, if you ever you okay, um, she had her, her <laughs> hair was the, yeah. Uh-huh. Valentine's uh, Day is around the corner. <laughs> around the corner, um, but uh, she it, there's just so much to unpack here for me, bro. One. Okay, tell me if I'm reaching. I'm probably reaching so hard. All right, let, let me hear it. The colors of sword are blue, black, and white, I think. Okay. I think that's the colors of sword. Yeah, that, that would track. That would make sense. Okay. Monica and this new guy, I think they just made this dude up. I don't think he was ever in the MCU. The new guy from sword that she has to yeah. introduce herself to, they talk about in the astronaut program, very briefly. Given those colors and the astronaut program, mm-hmm. there's a group of people who happens to be four of them <laughs> that can I'm dead. I'm <laughs> dead. Uh oh. <laughs> and there happens to be four of them. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, I'm just saying, it's not a terrible idea to introduce the Fantastic Four through Sword. That's not crazy. That's not that's not that much of a reach. It's not a terrible idea. I don't think it is. Um, you know, just, I just have to throw that in there just so people start thinking because we know what's coming. Yeah, but we that's also true. know there might be a tie-in somewhere. So you know, mm-hmm. just, just putting that out in the atmosphere. I didn't even notice that, so I'm actually glad that you that you brought that up because that that hey hey it could it could be a thing, could be a thing. Who knows? Um, another really interesting Easter egg I noticed was, um, of course, the color of the helicopter uh, was the color of Captain Marvel. I mean, mm-hmm. Monica, we literally watched her when she was younger help make you know the final colors of uh, Captain Marvel suit. So I just thought that was cool. I don't think it meant anything crazy, um, but you know it was interesting. I guess an interesting thought to where if the helicopter would it went in with Captain Marvel colors and once it's in there, it turns to, you know, what we seen to be Tony Stark colors. Like if that meant anything again, just really small uh, nitpick here. But other than that, I have to say, man, I've loved these characters of, of, of Jimmy and Marcy, bro. Um, I always have. Uh, they were of course, great comedic relief. And it's great to see that these characters are back. Uh, I hope we continue to see them. I would be mad if they didn't continue to use them. I think we will continue uh, to see them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I, I need Jimmy to be in, uh, what is it, the, the the Quantum, what's the name of the, the new the Ant-Man movie coming up? Oh, uh, Quantumania. 
Quantumania. I need Jimmy to be in that movie for sure. Like, I don't know where Darcy's gonna show up, but she probably gonna be in it too. Like, she needs to be there too. They need to become some comedic cop and scientist duo. I don't know what's gonna happen, but uh, I just need to continue to have more of them. Like, you, I don't know where TV came from so fast. She said, I need TV. It was like five minutes and they got her a TV, but no coffee, whatever that's about. Um, right. <laughs> she had been asking for that coffee and never got it. Never got it. Um, but uh, just stuff has been, you know, up to this point, like I said, just keeps being revealed. Um, and, you know, it's some stuff we thought was it and other things, you know, we just, we're just learning. It was an episode of learning. Um, and I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and in this moment, um, specifically when Darcy links up with sword and they start to, unco- they start to uncover what's going on. Um, you know, I just thought it was so funny that, you know, Jimmy on the chalkboard, he's writing down all the questions we've been asking for these past three weeks. All the right questions. Is vision alive? Is Westview a real place? Are these people real? Is this is this right. time travel? Is this an alternate reality? Basically, the stuff we've been theorizing and asking, he was writing that stuff down. So I just thought that that was funny. And it just, you know, yeah. I think, again, it speaks to that uh, that idea of patience with the week to week watch. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, they're start to they're starting to figure things out and starting to see what what's going on. Eventually, they're able to ID almost every person that's within the sitcom world that lives in Westview. So they, they ID the, the, the initial couple from episode one visions, boss and his wife, they ID Herb um, and several other people, but they did not ID Agnes or Dottie. They didn't have IDs for either, either Agnes or Dottie. And we've obviously talked about Agnes possibly being Agatha Harkness. We've talked about Dottie and her strange role, and we don't really know what's going on with her either. So very interesting that they did not have identification for either one of them. Um, But then we see that um, Jimmy, Jimmy Woo, he attempts to connect to Wanda through a radio frequency, you know, her, him and Darcy have an idea that maybe they can, they can tap into the feed of a radio frequency and, you know, you know, figure out how to connect with Wanda that way. And they're successful, but Wanda, you know, on the other side of it, she's not really having it. And that's kind of, that's the brilliance of this episode is that we're seeing, we're seeing everything play out from episodes one through three, just from a different perspective. Right. So, it's just looking at everything we've already seen, those those building block beginning episodes. And now here we are. It's the second act. So we're going to take it on the other side of how everything is, you know, sort of transpired. So all the questions, you know, in terms of the radio frequency, that was Jimmy Woo or the beekeeper from episode two. We saw that they placed the beekeeper down into the sewer system because they thought maybe the maybe the energy field did not go you know, beneath the sewer system. However, it did. And we saw that once the beekeeper made it through everything on him turned retro and that's another weird thing like everything that enters this energy field it becomes retro at retro you mentioned the you know the 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 drone with the captain marvel colors it reverted to tony stark colors you know in an older you know you know model helicopter um the beekeeper his outfit started off as just like a like a regular sort of uh like suit, just like hazmat. a protective, yeah, hazmat protective suit, and then it turns into a beekeeper suit, and then also his uh, the wire that was connected to him turned into a, a jump rope, like a, a double dutch rope. Uh, so the oldest jump rope. Yeah, so there's there's some sort of enchantment, witchy shit going on here that that transforms everything, um, and so we we get all of that to unfold, and then finally the episodes catch up, and we get to episode three, you know, of the sitcom which we saw last week the moment where Wanda births her twins and she's having that moment with Monica 
and then Monica mentions Ultron and that sends off the light bulb into, you know, Jimmy's head. Like nobody's mentioned anything in the present reality so far until that moment. And we actually saw what happened to Monica in this moment. So, you know, the last episode, they didn't show us, they didn't show her getting, you know, sort of cast out at the hands of Wanda, you know, it sort of left to our imagination. This time we, we see it and Wanda gets scary. She gets her, her face. It just, it's even scarier than last week. You know, she completely changes her tone into demeanor, the aspect ratio changes. So it's a really jarring experience and we see her powers. I mean, she just sends her completely through the house, the fence, just everything. And just, you know, completely banishes her, banishes her out of Westview. Um, so that was a really, really intriguing moment. Um, but even more so, there's still one other crazy thing after that that happened. Um, again, the moment with Vision from last week where he comes back into the house and he asks if everything is okay with Wanda. This time, it's a goddamn jump scare. It's like a horror movie. Like, we see dead vision. Like, when she turns around to, to speak to him, it's dead vision. Like, the, the vision from Infinity War when Thanos ripped the Mind Stone out of his head. He's gray. His eyes are, you know, gone. It's just, it's creepy. It's creepy as hell. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I appreciate it because I'm like, well, if we're doing this Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, like, let's get these horror movie vibes going. And it looks like that they, they're they going there. Um, and then by the end of the episode, Monica, you know, again, she's being surrounded by the sword agents. And she she utters the words, it's Wanda. It's all Wanda. Um, leading us to believe that everything is at her hands. Everything is, you know, caused by her. Although I have some questions about that. But... Woo, that's a lot. I mean, with all of that, you know, with all of that context and that information, what what other thoughts do you have about just sort of how the the episode wrapped up and ended, and you know where the conclusion took us? Yeah, man, not much there. Again, they just kind of uh, just you know filling in the small little pockets um, of either things we didn't see or again small questions uh, that we had. Like you said, we see we see Jimmy uh, speak through the radio, um, and it, you know that that comes and it makes sense, and we see um, the beekeeper come through and that partially makes sense you know what I mean it's like I kind of get what's happening here and then um the, I think the the crazy the crazy part was um seeing that that that, that dead vision the Thanos has taken the mind stone out of vision you know uh part that was the the, the crazy part to see I know my mom jumped I've been watching it with my mom um <laughs> my mom jumped she's like oh my god why does he look like that uh, right and, and and she's seen the movie before but we're kind of going back through it you know uh i'm trying to get her to watch it with me that way she fully understands she has questions she can ask me right and so it was interesting to see how you know just the way uh you know people can react to you know in, even uh, a, a lifeless vision um and so yeah uh the, you know that's that's all really all the reactions i have man i'm, I'm excited to see um what the next episode is about i think uh i think it it is crazy to know just to see how Wanda's flipping back and forth between this reality, dude. Uh, like, it's like you you need to make up your mind. Like, do you want to be in whatever decade that you choose to be at the time, or do you are you or is Pietro in your mind? You know, like if this is truly that time frame, Pietro, you or Pietro ain't alive. So, like, what's you know, it's like, uh, what? Why is this so um, therapeutic for her? I guess is the question. And what? Um, which ways in? Uh, what direction is she going to take it in the future? Yeah, you know, I think to that point, 
that final line where Monica says it's all Wanda, I, you know, I'm still a little bit skeptical. And I think that that might be somewhat of a misdirect because yeah. although, although Wanda has, I think it's pretty clear that she's created this, this, this reality, this, this, this new sitcom reality. I still, I still have apprehensions that she did it by herself. I, I still feel like that there was some help there at least, um, mm-hmm. which again, we talked about the fact that there's no ID for Agnes or Dottie. So that 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 means something yeah. you know i think that that's intentionally there that means something so i still question whether or not it's wanda it also begs the question man like are they are they really setting wanda even even if that's the case are they setting wanda to kind of be the big bad the big villain for maybe not only this show but for doctor strange and the multiverse of madness because we we continue to speculate what exactly that movie is going to be about and it's a while away but mm-hmm. by the end of it is is it is it possible that maybe she's the the real villain of that and you know dr strange sort of has to face off with her i mean obviously that's still yet to be seen but um to to your point like it's it's really it's it's fascinating to just see the transformation that she's going through because you know when vision when vision re-entered the home you know he said that we can we can go anywhere you know he told wanda we can go anywhere and she said no we really can't this is our home and I, you know, I think just like reading into that moment for her, she knows that they can't be together outside of this existence. Like there's no way that they can really be together because like vision is probably still dead. Like what, what's a creepy, what's a creepy thought to me is if, if this whole time vision's corpse has really just been the one floating around her and it's like mm-hmm. we're, we're we're seeing like vision alive but like what what if that what if that that image of him being dead what if that's like the true thing i don't know if that's like the true reality or if that's just like a traumatic moment that she re- relived in yeah. that moment right like that's mm-hmm. still yet to be seen but um you know she she's very much she's very much cognizant and aware of the idea that they can't leave because her and vision probably won't be able to be together if that's the case. Um, But, but we still have to see. It's also interesting that, you know, Marvel, they've released, they've released more footage now than, than they have ever about this show. And I think for a few different reasons, but you know, just today they released a mid season trailer to give us a few new looks at, at things that are coming down the line for the rest of the season. So we got some new shots. We see vision like fully, fully in his costume as we normally would see him from future episodes. We see sort of the modern family episode that they have coming up, which I, I believe is maybe either next week or in, in a couple, probably in a couple weeks. I think the eighties is next week. So, um, I think, you know, again, we, you know, the, what I want to spend just like a little bit of time talking about is just like episode four has come. A lot of questions have been answered, but a lot, is still yet to be answered right but you know we've seen online a lot of people have been somewhat unenthusiastic about wandavision it hasn't gotten from the audience it hasn't gotten the greatest reception ever um i think some people were kind of they weren't into the idea of the sitcom it wasn't really doing it for them uh some people described it as slow um or they just weren't interested in the the idea of what they were trying to achieve with the with the sitcom and paying homage to that they wanted their more traditional marvel adventure here we are week four, the week to week sort of, you know, format is starting to pay off. But um, I guess, I, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts just about the idea that now, now it starts to feel, it, it's starting to feel like it's coming together now. Although there might be some people out there who watched the first or the second episode and decided to dip. Like I talked to my barber, you know, my barber, you know, and he was like, yeah, I watched the first two episodes and I fell asleep and that was it. And I was like, oh, damn, you know, and like, 
So he doesn't even know that this episode is where it starts to kick up. You know, I, I guess I'm yeah. just, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm interested in kind of unpacking that idea of just like the week to week of it all versus like what we typically are spoiled with with like a binge. Like may, maybe this show might have been better as a full binge. I don't know. But that would have taken away the opportunity to have like a week to week conversation and unpacking this type of stuff. What do you think about all that? Man, I am just so I'm for the week to week. I'm 100% week to week at this point, man. I, I, it could be a personal thing. I don't know. Um, but there's there's a couple things, you know, I think that people that might have watched one or two episodes and got, you know, got out of the out of the jam, right? Can you imagine um, watching, I don't know, Iron Man 2 and just stopping? I, like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, right. Like, imagine watching the first two episodes of Game of Thrones and just stopping. They're, they really aren't that upbeat either. You know, no, I mean? and, not at all. And they took an hour of your time, not 23, 24 minutes of your time. True. So, you know, and uh, on top of that, Marvel, we're here 23 movies in and a TV show into uh, what should be trust at this point. Um, it's like, OK, it's week to week. Week one happens. That's cool. You know, you, you, you just watch it. Go. You are now here for the journey as you were for the MCU, right? You do, There's no way you stopped at, again, like I just said, like an Iron Man 2 and just didn't make it to Guardians of the Galaxy and Civil War. And no, you w- kept watching and it kept getting better and better and better. And I think um, the show was doing the same thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have to, like you said, I think we've just gotten spoiled. Um I'm sure. Think about think about when something like The Walking Dead first came out. Of course, it grabs you the first episode. Don't get me wrong, but you know it it, it takes it takes time to get to that that you know that later half of the season where things start to crack, or those mm-hmm. season or mid season finales. You know, and I think we're just seeing the same thing here. Um, and they the the another thing here is this is comic book content. You know, of course, like Daredevil stuff all came out at the same time. Uh, but here, think about an idea of a comic book. Comics come out weekly, you know, um, and they give you time to have fun and to theorize, theorize with the different ideas of, of everything that's happening. So um, given, you know, those all those things, I, I have to be 100 percent on actually loving uh, the week to week, man. I do. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Like, I think we forget that these are comic book adaptations, which has always been a week to week format. Um you know, in in its essence, and it, it's all about that journey you take across, you know, a, a long period of time. I read an article, you know, on Forbes that basically, you know, sort of unpacks some of these ideas that we've been spoiled by the Netflixes of the world who, you know, they drop everything at once. And the one thing that was really compelling about that article, and you you, you started to allude to it, the Game of Thrones, you know, of the world, the Walking Dead's, those shows, a part of their appeal and how they became such big cultural phenomenons was the idea that you could you can you can hop on, you know, after season one or season two or season three or whatever it was, because they went on that week to week format. A, a lot of what really helped those shows explode in the pop culture lexicon was the fact that there was a weekly conversation happening about them all the time. I remember before I got into Game of Thrones, I didn't get onto Game of Thrones until after season three. 
Um, and it was it was particularly because of everything that happened in season three, like the Red Wedding. And I was just seeing like every week, Sundays at nine o'clock, I think it was like every week, there was just like a dedicated amount of people talking about Game of Thrones every week. And I'm like, what is this show? Right. You know, same thing with Walking Dead. Like you just see like a dedicated amount of people talking about it. And eventually it becomes a thing. And that's not to say that that can't happen with uh binge shows because we've seen it happen you know with the most recent netflix shows people word of mouth spreads and they become big big phenomenons in their own right however we we've seen constantly that um those shows are released all at one time for one weekend one time out of the year whereas you know series that that take place over the week to week they they have time to to really build and build and build and um i i agree it's a trust thing it's hard now, like four episodes in, I think it's a little bit easier, but even those, those first three episodes, I think for a casual fan can be hard. It can be hard to just sit there and be like, all right, well, what, what's the point here? Like, I really want to see like what's going on. And I, and I get that, like for a more casual fan, we're nerds. So we're, we're already, you don't got to sell us shit. Um, mm -hmm. I do wonder, I'm also, I, I'll make it clear that I'm in favor of the week to week in the grand scheme of things, yeah. but I do wonder if, if there may be a benefit to be a little bit more flexible with the release strategy in the future for, for any show. Right. I think, yeah. I think I'm thinking about like a euphoria, like mm -hmm. the fact that we got those two special episodes and it's yeah. clear and distinct that those are not season two, but they just dropped them and they just did them. And it's not tied to a, a longer narrative. I thought that that's like interesting. Like, yeah. Can we maybe do something like that within the MCU, which I think, you know, they have like the guardians of the galaxy holiday special, you know, yeah. that's going to be like a one-off thing. So they probably will. But I, I think I think it's interesting to play around with it. Like maybe maybe there doesn't have to be a top-down, one-size-fits-all strategy. Like everything is week-to-week -week yeah. or everything is binge. Like maybe maybe it's just like what's best for this specific story, and then we'll go from there. So yeah. just wanted to unpack that for a little bit. But all that said, that was a lot. WandaVision Episode 4, again, was um, all sorts of crazy. A lot of bizarre, weird shit is continuing to happen. There will be more. So definitely stay stay tuned with us. We'll be breaking down Episode 5 next week. But if you've seen Episode 4, let us know what you think. Hit us up on social media at 2 Black Nerds. This, all of this is for us. So let handle it so let's go ahead and transition man we gotta we gotta get into it like we do every single week yes sir wandavision mm -hmm. wandavision is heating up business has picked up episode five has arrived this episode is entitled on a very special episode um, it's set in the 1980s. A lot of the influence that we see in the show um, particularly comes from Family Ties, Growing Pains, Full House, all sitcoms of the 80s. Um, and after what we discussed last week, we knew that things were not going to be the same. We saw the whole perspective of this entire situation from, from the sword side of things, um, yeah. specifically Monica Rambeau's perspective. But now... Now we're in a situation to where things have sort of blended. We're getting both both scenarios play out in real time. We're getting the sitcom stuff that's still happening within Westview from mm -hmm. the perspective of Wanda specifically, but we're also getting an equal amount of the perspective from Sword as they have created this perimeter around Westview to, you know, sort of observe and identify what's happening within this town and what Wanda is doing here with this sitcom reality. Yeah. Um so there's a lot, obviously, to tackle with this episode. 
as usual, we will be going into spoilers for this episode. Um, so if you've not seen it, go watch it and come back. There's a few specific beats that I definitely want to hit on as we talk about this. But yeah, before we do those, what's your high level thoughts on this episode, man? Is it the best one thus far? Yes, it is. Um, simple as that. There's just a lot going on. Um, I think it's always fun to see things start to quote unquote resolve. Uh, I say that because there's still a hell of questions everybody has, but we can we can clearly tell the the pace is picking up. And I think again for that simple fact, it was the best episode. Um, we got a lot to talk about, and again, just for that simple fact, it's the best episode too. So I liked it a lot. What about you? Yeah, uh, the best episode so far. My favorite episode so far. We're probably going to be saying that every week mm-hmm. at this point, at this <laughs> now point, to the for end. Sure. Yep. Uh, but I think specifically why this one is the best so far is because of what I mentioned, the fact that we're getting a more balanced view of everything. We're getting both sides of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, the first three episodes, we were strictly in the, in the sitcom reality with Wanda, um, which had a lot of interesting things, but there were only a few small nods to what was going on mm-hmm. um, on a larger scale. And then mm-hmm. episode four, as we talked about last week, we switched perspectives and got the whole rundown of what was really going down. And yeah. now we're getting we're getting both sides. So I think this is going to be the format from here on out, probably. I don't mm-hmm. think it'll ever revert just strictly back to the sitcom at all or vice versa. I think we'll always get, you know, both stories playing out simultaneously at the same time. So with all of that said, man, we got to talk about a lot of these big beats within this episode. So, again, 1980s on a very special episode. So if you don't know, in the 80s. When sitcoms evolved, as we as we know, from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, we've talked about on this show that a lot of sitcoms of those, you know, golden age, classic era TV shows didn't deal with really heavy issues. Um, you didn't really get character backstories. You didn't mm-hmm. get these significant stories that dealt with anything that was truly happening in the real world. It was mostly just something kind of went wrong, you know. Oh, we have to prepare for dinner tonight. We got to make sure everything is like fine. Um, just really simple storytelling. It was just really mm-hmm. wholesome, simple storytelling. Um, sometimes it examined themes of like romance between two partners or family relationships, but nothing that was all that heady. However, in the 80s, things started to change. We know with shows like Family Ties or Different yeah. Strokes, like mm-hmm. stuff started to become a little bit more mature. And every season, I know you remember this, every season, they would always have a very special episode. And on this yep. very special episode, they would examine, you know, a really critical issue that was that mm-hmm. was more mature. It might have been drug use or alcoholism. It yep. might have been, you know, parents are getting divorced. It mm-hmm. might it might have been, you know, a, a romantic relationship like your, your teenage daughter or son. They're starting to yeah. date and they're thinking about sex and Even, protection. Uh, something like good times when Penny was being abused. By her mom, yes. stuff like that. Yeah, Absolutely. Like that. Yeah, so very, very, you know, um, real-life topics that would be introduced into these sitcoms, but it would always be, again, a very special episode each year. So we see that happening here in Episode 5 of WandaVision. Um, one thing that's changed is that with the older sitcoms that they were paying homage to, uh, we saw that the aspect ratio would always change to fit the time. There was that mm-hmm. that more traditional fourth, I think it's the four-three aspect ratio, which is more of a boxy format um, of aspect ratio. But it didn't happen in this episode. Everything was presented in the same 16 by 9 sort of aspect ratio, which I think is starting to signal that 
it seems like Wanda's starting to lose control over what's happening mm-hmm. right now. Um, right. But with all of that said, this episode started to like really examine more mature themes from the sitcom perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically in this episode, the twins, you know, they, they, they start off young. They, you know, they start off at age, they're babies, and then they, you know, age up to five and then ten. But they eventually get a dog, right? And then this, mm-hmm. this dog passes away. And right. so the concept of, like, life and death has to play out. That's, like, the really, really sort of, like, heavy, heavy, like, thing Mm -hmm. that they're talking about so um those are like a few of the things that like started off to like frame you know create the framework for this episode but really you know where things start to kind of take a shift we go back to vision's job right Mm. we we go back there for the first time since episode one and he's talking to norm and we see in their interaction that vision taps into norm's mind it's almost like what he did to Ultron in Age of Ultron, where he just yeah. like zapped into his mind and like emptied out a bunch of information. He kind of did mm-hmm. the same thing with Norm, and we saw Norm snap out of it. He just kind of he. It's almost like he he was born again and became alive again, and he's like, you know, help me. He's like begging for help. Yeah, he's basically telling Vision that somebody's controlling him. This is not him. What's going on? He's confused. He's frustrated. But we're starting to see Vision is uncovering the mystery, you know, of this whole thing. And he's starting to ask questions. He's starting to dig a little bit deeper. And Vision is becoming really suspicious of this whole thing. Um, on the on the flip side of things, Sword is continuing to do their research and continuing to unpack what's happening within Westview. Um, they start to ask and answer more questions as we go along. But really the big thing that happens in this episode before the the really big thing, but the big thing that I want to talk about first is the confrontation between Wanda and sword for the first time yeah. we see them meet face to face within this show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Monica and sword, they try to send in another drone um, unbeknownst to Monica. This drone was actually an attack drone. They were going to fire missiles at Wanda. Wanda finds the drone. She destroys it and she, she leaves the barrier that divides Westview and Sword. It's called the Hex now. Uh, Darcy has has you know called it the Hex. That's, that's what we'll call it. But Wanda confronts Sword in one of the most badass moments that I think we've seen. Um, but with 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 that sort of like framework provided, what did you think about that moment when when you saw it unfold? Um, a lot of that actually reminded me of her dad. <laughs> uh, it's it's easy to see. Um, some of the the parallels between her and Magneto, even though technically Magneto does not exist um, at this moment in time. Wink, question mark. Allegedly. Asterisk. uh, Where um, in in several X-Men, you know, movies, iterations, there's always guns pointed at Magneto. um, And Magneto always turns guns back on people. That's what he does. That's why uh, you you see Days of Future Past or I believe X3 where they have to revert to plastic guns. It happens all the time. Um, And so it it definitely reminded me of that. And um, even part of Magneto's argument is like, I'm not the problem. You are right. I'm not the, I'm not the one pointing the guns. You are the people pointing the guns. And Wanda kind of brings that up here, right. In her, in her frustration, um, and, in, in, in the, the grief of, again, the way she lost, um, her brother in the first place was through war, you know? So, um, I just thought it was a great moment. It was pretty badass. The camera, the camera cut was pretty dope too. Uh, it, yeah, man, it, it was just cool to see. Um, 
Oh man, I was on pins and needles at, at that moment to see her leave, and and we know how powerful she is. And then the Sokovian Pissed. accent came back as she was speaking to them, and mm-hmm. she looked at Monica like, "Oh, you're still here." And I was just like, "Oh shit, please do not do not kill Monica." Like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, y'all this. got beef." I said, "What's going yeah, on?" Yeah, like y'all really got beef. So um, it was it was a very tense moment, but I, it was I think again we we needed to see it to really see how how strong and powerful she is. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they sort of, they introduced that idea that, you know, the fact that Wanda, as we know it now, question mark, but Wanda created this reality, we think, and she's controlling all of these people in this town, we think, they started to allude to the fact like, damn, she's really powerful. Like that would yeah. make her the most powerful Avenger, right? And they were like, yeah, I mean, look what she did to Thanos. And then, you know, Jimmy was like, well, you know, Captain Marvel almost kind of got Thanos. And Monica clearly did not want to talk about Captain Marvel. Oh, man. Which, that's a whatever, whatever that's for, about. Yeah, yeah, that's a story for a whole movie, I suppose. But, yeah, that moment in particular, man, it really, it really identified just how serious Wanda is about this. We talked about, you know, I talked about grief with, you know, pieces of a woman but you know we we really see that this is what this is what wandavision is about this is about yeah. how wanda is dealing with the grief mm-hmm. of the loss of not only um you know her brother pietro we'll get to mm-hmm. that but also the love of her life and vision yeah which leads me to the the fact that we saw in this episode and it was revealed that wanda stole this this man's body crazy i don't well not man but synthesoid she stole the synthesoid's body from a sword facility um we we got that information that they were they had vision's body in his possession in, in sword's possession um it looks like that they were experimenting on him uh mm-hmm. his body was in many separate pieces yeah but she stole the body from the facility and the thought is that she brought him back to life do you think that that's what it is like does she did she actually resurrect vision was he was he already technically resurrected when they found when they started experimenting on him? Like, were they trying to turn him into a weapon? Mm. Right? Like, did she? Did no, no idea. I, did she create no a clue. mind stone for Vision because her I, I powers are made out of the mind stone? Like, what's could, going maybe, on here? Maybe it's a maybe it's a placeholder, you know, in his head. I don't think it's a real stone, regardless of what's going on. I don't think it's a real stone. Um, it could be if this is an alternate dimension or something of that sort but um right now i I do think it's a placeholder is he really alive that is the question if she was to if she was to remove the barrier would he just drop that is the question i Mm -hmm. don't know that is that's probably one of the biggest question marks i have right now to be honest um is that very thing like he might only be alive within with inside the hex exactly but what if what if uh, the Hex has brought him back to life and he could walk out? You know, we have seen in the trailer um, that moment where he's knocking on the outside of the Hex yep. or in trying to get through. So it's like, is he going to walk through and, and fall? Or he's, yeah. you know, we we, we got to see. That's interesting. We still got to see that for sure. Uh, yeah, so many questions about that, right? You know what struck me and what I realized? Like, I didn't realize this until like the second time I watched it, the episode again as i mentioned earlier vision is like starting to uncover a lot of what's going on and we we'll, mm-hmm. we'll talk about the in conflicts you know that happened between him and wanda of course but you know one of the things that he says in that mo- in that moment when he's arguing with wanda is that he doesn't mm-hmm. remember anything before westview he doesn't yeah. have any memories right mm-hmm. so to your point one we know that he died he definitely died in infinity war mm-hmm. this could still be the same physical 
um, appearance of Vision. But what if he was almost in a sense reborn? You know, I because, thought about that too. Yeah, because Wanda has you know if if she if she resurrected him like we think mm-hmm. that she may have done, this could just be a new Vision, a new reborn Vision. You know yeah. that, that that doesn't have any prior memories of anything that happened before Westview. Or, and he's just existing now. Yeah, so Ward could have wiped that, you know, experiment that, that, on him. All that information, yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. too. Um, but with that said, here's the here's the crazy thing. That would mean that Vision does not know that Tony Stark is dead. Mm. The very man that created, created him. created him. Mm. From all of the information from Tony and Bruce and Ultron and Jarvis... Yeah. Yeah. He's not aware that Tony Stark is dead. Now, mm. it's still to be seen if Vision even knows what the concept of the Avengers is. He probably mm. doesn't because he already said, I don't remember anything before Westview. We see in the trailer that moment between him and Agnes when she's like, you're dead. You know? And, yeah. you know, So he's kind of confused about that. But I wonder if they might play that up. Like if, if, his, if his memory is restored at some point. Yeah. What What's that going to look like once he finds that out? I don't know. But just like a thought that I had. Yeah. Um, but again, as he's uncovering all of this information, he confronts Wanda. Like, something's not right here. What the fuck is going on? What did you do? Why mm-hmm. have you created this this fake place? He he knows the, j- the jig is up at this point. So he confronts her. Wanda, she is not having it. She's not trying to talk about it. She tries to cut him off. She rolls the credits. Hilarious. I thought that was brilliant Mm -hmm. because she's still in control at that point but they start arguing and we start to see that um you know wanda's starting to kind of have a little bit of a breakdown she and she says like i don't even i don't even know how i got here i don't even know how any of how any of this started and we've we've been talking about on the show that we still think that wanda's not the only force at play here like that there's still there's still something else out there that's 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 pulling the strings here and mm-hmm. i think that that line alluded to it um do you still think it's agnes especially considering what we saw from agnes yep. in this episode in particular mm-hmm. there were some strange things so that went down it's, it's it's too close to the source material right now at this point um to where even agatha harkness right um they they both have this like pendant that's really close but also agatha harkness was known to babysit her children which in this episode literally starts that way, right? Like, I can babysit the kids. And why doesn't she care about anything magical happening around? You know, it's just all too, it's all too like, all right, now this this just might be her. Um, and, you know, even even the, uh, the hints at Mephisto could be a real thing. You know, um, I was doing some research at the nerdy guy I am. And uh, her, one, we never seen her husband, Ralph. Still have not. Um, nope. Still the crazy part, the devil's in the details thing. Uh, and that's not the only place he is, comment, that we got. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the, And then there's still, I did, there's another weird thing that she says we know the date of her um, her and Ralph's uh, marriage. It's like June 2nd. Oh, yeah. June 2nd, yeah. And if you look it up, so... Ag- Agatha Harkness is known to be um, one of the survivors of the Salem witch trials or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Around the time of June is like when Salem witch trials happened and started. And I'm like, hmm, some, oh some weird stuff going on here. Um, so maybe like Mephisto. I think Mephisto ain't here, y'all. I just don't know how yet <laughs> or where. Yeah. But he's he is the devil in the details, you know? And yeah. I, I don't. 
I don't know. I mean, it could be misdirection. It could be. Marvel is known to do that. Um, but it's it's just, she's just way now. She's really out of pocket. Um, especially when we get the whole. You want me to redo that again? Or you you you, you do we yeah. go back through that again? Line. I'm like, Take all it from right. The top, yeah. Take it from the yeah. top. I'm like, mm. she's like, oh, what are you getting? What she say? Whiskey or something? She's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's not for me. It's for the kids, huh? What are you? Yeah. What are, what are you lot, talking about, Agnes? A lot oh. of weird, bizarre stuff going on with Agnes right She's now. She's uh, wild. Um, yeah. Well, on. I mean that that's a that's a really you mentioning that she she doesn't even care about the magic that Wanda's performing in front of her anymore. Like Wanda thinks that she doesn't see it, but it's like she's right there, you know. And that's like they they wouldn't have put that in there if it wasn't intentional. But yeah, Wanda's right. performing magic in front of Agnes. The kids are aging up literally in front of her eyes, and she's not commenting on it all. Like right. they start off as children. And it, within the same day, age up to five, and then mm-hmm. when they want a damn dog, they go up to ten, right. right? So there's definitely stuff there. But, you know, one of the other things that I think is interesting about this episode, too, is just like you, you talked about misdirection, right? And I think I think mm-hmm. there's a lot here that Marvel has intentionally placed within this episode to try to throw us off, right? So I think that there's certainly, at several points throughout the episode, there's moments of contradictory information. So earlier I mentioned the the whole aspect of the dog. So they get a dog mm-hmm. um, for the twins, Billy and Tommy, and eventually, you know, Agnes finds the dog in her yard and he eats he eats some leaves and it ends up it ends up killing him. And so we're taking this moment to talk about a really heavy topic, the loss of life. You know, for a young child, mm-hmm. for a young child, that's a new concept. So Wanda is sort of teaching him, teaching you know Tommy and Billy what that means. And you know, they 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 basically ask her like, can't you can't you bring him back from the dead? Like they know that she has powers, so they they're like, mm-hmm. can't you bring him back from the dead? And Wanda looks at them and she's like, you know, no, some some things some things are forever, you know, and some things aren't meant to be changed, which would completely go against. Exactly. What she's done specifically mm-hmm. with vision, right? Absolutely. And so I thought that that was really interesting because I think a lot of times us as people and maybe even sometimes folks as parents, I don't know, but I, I suspect that oftentimes we know how to give we know how to give advice. We know how to say the right things. But in terms of how to actually follow and take the, take our own advice, mm-hmm. we're not the greatest at that, right? We oftentimes contradict ourselves. We're, yeah. we're complex beings. It's normal. I think it's a human thing, but I thought that that was a, a interesting, you know, sort of situation. But also another piece of like contradictory information is whether or not there's larger forces at play. So I talked about, you know, when her and Vision were arguing and she mentioned that she doesn't know how any of this started, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, a few seconds before that, when her and Vision were having the face-off and they both flew in the air, mm-hmm. she's yelling at Vision, like, I did this for us. This mm-hmm. is for us. Mm-hmm. She's taking ownership of this whole creation. She's taking ownership of the Hex. So it's like, okay, so did you create this? Is right. this something that, that was born out of your own will or... Mm-hmm. Do you really not know what's going on here? So it's it's confusing, but I think that they're trying to intentionally confuse us to make us think about Nasty's questions. So yeah, that's kind of the whole premise of the show, the back and forth of it all, forth mm-hmm. of it all, right? But uh, you know, we we just have to wait and see. We have to wait and see what happens over these next few weeks, and we'll we'll continue to be asked these questions. But um, of course, we got to talk about the end, the the, the final to. moments, the final moments of this episode. So again, as they're you know, as as her and Vision are talking, they're alone. Um, in their house. We're not even in the sitcom format at this point. I don't know if you noticed it, but like when Vision walked through the kitchen door, mm-hmm. like 
the frame like crackled or popped a little bit to show yeah. that it wasn't like the sitcom anymore and he went back to his you know traditional appearance they said fuck the credits yeah they're like we're not doing this anymore um <laughs> the show the show the show was over however the doorbell rings and wanda's like oh i didn't do that i did mm-hmm. I, I whoever's ringing the doorbell i did not manifest that again alluding to the fact that she's not the only one in control here wanda goes and answers the door we also, at the same time, we see Darcy. She's tuning back into the episode to see this moment unfold with us as the audience. Wanda opens the door, and voila, it's Pietro. But it's not Aaron Taylor Johnson from nope. Age of Ultron. Nope. It's Evan fucking Peters. Evan Peters, who wow. played Quicksilver in the Fox X-Men franchise. If you don't know why this is crazy, again... Evan Peters played Quicksilver in a completely separate franchise that's up until this point been very unrelated to the MCU. Almost so much so to the fact that these were two different corporations with two different franchises. There was never any crossover potential, but we know Disney bought Fox two years ago. All bets are off at this point. Evan Peters shows up. What the hell? What do we make of this? What What does this mean? What What Man. does this mean that Evan Peters is in the show now? There. It's so many questions, right? Uh, part of me knows what's happening. The other part of me has no idea what's happening. Um, because they could take it so many different directions um, in this in this ideal world of what could what could start the multiverse, right? One is uh, Darcy uses specifically uses the word recast. They're like, oh, shit, they didn't go on and recast it? Quicksilver. And I'm like, hmm, okay. One, how would Wanda still know that's Pietro if he looks mm-hmm. nothing like Aaron, right? It looks nothing right. like Aaron Taylor Johnson. What well, I, I what I, it doesn't make, make that make sense. Make that make sense. I have no clue unless somebody implanted the idea of a new Quicksilver in her mind. Right sure. here we go again. Other people have to be at play to me, um, in my mind. But also, um, again, that's the question: Is this uh, the beginning? Is this really the true beginning of Disney showing their ass and say, "Look, y'all, mutants are coming." Is it? We don't know because we we just simply don't have enough information yet. But the possibility is so very, very there. Um, So we'll see, dude. I really don't know. It's a hard one. It's really tough. Uh, You you brought up all the the questions. Um, We know it's Evan Peters. We know he's he's some version of Pietro. Is this the Fox X-Men version of Pietro? Mm-hmm. from another universe from an alternate universe is this simply a recasting you know when she said that moment what i thought about i don't know if you remember this i think it was from deadpool one when uh when ryan reynolds like he looked at the camera and he was like a fourth wall break inside of a fourth wall break that's <laughs> like 16 walls that's what yeah. i thought i was like wait evan peters in and of itself him being in the show is a fourth wall break that's and then her break. saying Wait, they recast Pietro? I'm like, damn, that's another fourth wall break. Like, what's yeah. going on here? It's so much happening. But, um, yeah, we don't know if it's specifically that version from the Fox universe. We don't know if it's just, like, Disney winking at the audience. Like, mm-hmm. you know who it is, but we're not going to talk about that franchise. We're just kind of doing this, like a almost like a J. Jonah Jameson and Far, Far From Home, J.K. Simmons right. coming back from that. Mm-hmm. However, we also know the bigger the bigger sort of idea play here we know what's happening in spider-man 3 we've talked exactly. about it on the show yep. we've talked about alfred molina coming back as doc ock we've talked yep. about jamie fox returning as electro toby mcguire andrew garfield returning as spider-man gwen mm-hmm. stacy uh mary J. Wa- like 
the multiverse is happening, right? It's yeah. no secret. It is a thing at mm-hmm. this point. But what exactly does it look like? And I think to your point that you made earlier, is this specifically a mutant thing? Is this specifically mm-hmm. opening the door to mutants? Because mm-hmm. what's to stop them from bringing in anybody else? Or exactly, do they start? Do they start clean? I don't know. I don't know if this is an isolated deal. I don't know if they wipe the slate clean and get all new mutants for everybody else. It's just it's it's too much up in the air that we just don't know right now. So, um, all I'll say, you know, really about that moment, in addition to what I've already said, it was it was amazing. It was an it was an incredible moment that. I mean, we we've heard about Evan Peters, you know, being in the show and being on set. Um, I didn't expect him to show up in this episode. I thought it was going to be yeah. next week's episode, but nonetheless, it was it was a great moment, and it has us it has us wondering and you know curious about what's what's to come next. And we'll we'll certainly be on the edge of our seats. But WandaVision, man, is continuing to just like do some crazy stuff. Imagine that this was this was supposed to be the fourth installment into phase four of the mcu like we we were supposed to get black widow eternals and falcon and the winter Winter soldier before this show Mm -hmm. which i don't know i mean i don't know how that experience would have been we'll never know but to think to think that this would not have been the first title within phase four is kind of weird now because this seems so important to the whole Mm -hmm. future of marvel so yeah absolutely uh yeah you're right dude yeah so we'll definitely continue to look out for WandaVision. Of course, we'll be talking about next week's episode on next week's episode of Two Black Nerds. Wait, wait, um, but if wait, you wait, saw wait. WandaVision, we have wait, to talk this, about this commercial. This is uh, important. How did I forget? How did I forget? This is yes. this is important now. This is very yeah, important. That is important. It wasn't yeah. bef- it wasn't until this episode. These commercials were not important until this episode. Um because they're all connected now. They um, are. They are absolutely. And, and I and don't probably know probably more ways than one. More than ways than one. Um, super weird. Of course, um, Lagos, right? Is it, is it? Was it a city or a country? Is Lagos a city or a it's country? A, it's, it, it's a city in Nigeria. It's the city in Nigeria in which Wanda um, accidentally put a bomb in a building. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a lot of people died, thus creating um, one of the reasons uh, for the Sokovia Accords in Civil War. Um, it is also very important to note here, um, that the, this is all again, um, part of previous commercials before we get into this commercial, the first commercial having to do with the toaster, right? Uh, we believe at this point, these commercials have to do with the power stone or not the power stones, the, uh, the infinity stones. The first one, Tony Stark and the toaster power stone. Second one, um, the Hydra watch time stone. Here we are. Um, with the with the Legos paper towels, um, which we now believe to be the reality stone, um, and this one in particular hits deeper, um, of course, for Wanda, um, as the reality stone, of course, is supposed to be um, being able to control your reality. Um, Legos uh, was the 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 catchphrase for the commercial was for when you make a mess you didn't mean to, right, um, and you can clean it up. With the reality stone, um, again, right. it, it was red. They use red liquid, just like the reality stone is red. Um, even I think it's important to note here. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm reaching here, but most things red in this universe have to do with reality, right? Even Wanda's powers that we don't 
still never probably never will quite understand 100 percent right she's supposed to be quote unquote weird <laughs> um is uh you know, you know the idea of reality she manipulates minds the whole barrier that she kind of turned to red in this episode um kind of again reflects some form of reality she's creating her own reality with her powers all of that is red um and i think it's just you know important to note that as well so yes uh i think that kind of starting to tie up the commercials a little bit too yeah, it, the commercials are actually proving to have more layers too. Because when I when I saw the this most recent one for the paper towels, I didn't even initially think of an Infinity Stone connection. What mm-hmm. automatically triggered in my head was like, oh, all of these commercials are absolutely related to previous trauma that Wanda mm-hmm. has experienced. Absolutely. Um, which you know the the first toaster you know the 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 stark toaster commercial Mm -hmm. we know that tony stark's weapons are responsible for the death of her parents right and it's it's also suspected that the people in these commercials are her parents um the second commercial the the strucker watch we know that you know strucker is the one who experimented on her and pietro and ultimately gave them their powers via the mind stone right lastly you mentioned the incident in lagos she was responsible for the deaths of a lot of people and the creation of the Sokovia Accords. So these are all very traumatic incidents that have happened in Wanda's life um, up until this point. So it'll be interesting to see what it's included in next week. Yeah. Certainly, I'm expecting something related to Vision himself because that's obviously a you know a traumatic experience. Mm-hmm. There has to be some commercial related to that. But yeah, these are these are these are multi layered and like you mentioned, they they. They didn't seem important at first, but they absolutely are. The whole construct yeah. of this reality is important. Everything has mm-hmm. a meaning behind it. We we've exactly. seen exactly, um, and some some other random small things. This is uh, the first time that we. I I realized that they were like uh, she doesn't have any funny code names. Um, the first time I realized they never used Scarlet Witch up in ever yet. Nope. We just know her as that. They have not used that name yet. So um, are are they going to give her that name soon? You know, uh, or is she ever going to get the name to come up with something new? We don't know. Um, but I thought that was really interesting. I think, I think when they do this coming. Halloween episode, yeah, and she's putting on that costume. I think that's when somebody yep. else will name her, or she'll just come up with the name. And yeah, it's be definitely it. coming. Yeah, it's definitely coming for sure. Um, another random thing. I don't know why I thought of this. Uh, <laughs> when the when the kids are washing the dog and they take it out, the dog not even wet. I don't know why. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> y'all can't be serious. Y'all could have done better than this. Why is this dog not wet no more? Random, but I was like, okay, now. Yeah, yeah. There's uh there's definitely a lot to pick up in this episode. I, I mean, I guess to circle back to the the moment that uh Jimmy mentioned Captain Marvel and Monica looked very uh upset at that and she yeah. quickly deflected and she said, "Well, we're not talking about her. We're talking about Wanda." Why do you think that is? Like, you know, is there something uh, is there something there that uh that Monica's upset about what's, with, with, what's, with Carol? What's really interesting in the first place is why is Sword even here? Um as they're known to be, of course, they're like oh, shields on the ground, swords in the sky. Like yep. sword is supposed to be the intergalactic. Like I know the the W in the comic is for world and sword, but here it's for weapon, and it's like right. uh, they they there's something they're not telling the sword in general. 
this I feel like there's something they're not telling us because they are again they're supposed to be like even a higher level defense uh, than Shield is you know on an intergalactic level so is that that's interesting within itself and I'm thinking maybe who knows maybe there's some context there even um, until some falling out Captain Marvel and Monica Rambeau did of course before before the snap or the blip uh, maybe they had some some weird words maybe. Um, she was even mad that she, that Captain Marvel wasn't even on the ground with the Avengers mm-hmm. for a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like before Sam, uh, Nick Nick Fury even contacts Captain Marvel, Monica tried to reach out to her and she's not. I'm not coming down there, you know, kind of right. sort of thing. So uh, it could be something simple as that, you know. So we'll, we'll see us eventually. Yeah, she, there's a p- possibility that Carol never came back and returned after she left them in Captain Marvel 1. Like, she might have gone and done her intergalactic sort of missions in space, and there's potential that she may have just never returned, and that would absolutely rub her the wrong way. And I would also say that director Hayward, sus. Something's very sus about him. Um, That man is, I don't care what anybody says, that man is a scroll. Uh, (laughs) He gotta be a scroll, bro. Because something is just off about him. He's, He's being hostile about wanda you know we saw that uh that uh, monica was defending wanda you know in the in this episode when they were like assessing the situation and, and talking about everything that happened and mm-hmm. you know monica was describing her feelings you know within the hex saying that you know she was it felt it felt hopeless and in, in these different things but she was still defending wanda like you know something else is here but director hayward i mean he's quick to he's quick to point the finger um so something sus about him he's either a scroll or an I, asshole, I, yeah, or just a or a dick like they like you know <laughs> Darcy called him. Um, mm-hmm. Some, but yeah, something's up with him. I think that there's still to, to 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 be unsolved. So yeah, it's 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 crazy how much we've seen and how much we do know, but how much we still don't know um, yeah. at this point. But mm-hmm. a lot more to come. We still have four episodes left. I can't wait. We'll of course be talking about this again more on the show. So we'll we'll be back next week to talk about more about, you know, WandaVision, but if you've seen if you've seen the most recent episode on a very special episode as it's called, hit us up and let us know what you think. If Wanda is the problem, she has to be our solution. Are you here to help us? I will fix this, Agnes, I promise. I hear dad in my head. He's in trouble. Of course, each and every week we have to talk about the latest episode of WandaVision. And this week is no exception. We are entering the final stretch. We just got episode six this past week. Episode six was entitled All New Halloween Spooktacular, which we knew was eventually coming. In the initial previews for the show, we saw that there was going to be sort of a Halloween episode uh, based on the fact that we saw both Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany in the very comic accurate costumes of their respective characters, Scarlet Witch and Vision, um, which looked completely cheesy, but in the best way possible, they look cheesy. But um, again, this was episode six and. As we know, this this show has been following the sitcom format for most of these episodes, advancing through the decades. And, of course, that continued here. Um, we actually kind of 
skipped the 90s and jumped straight to like the early 2000s because Mm -hmm. this episode heavily resembled Malcolm in the Middle, uh, so much so that that opening that was in the show recreated the Malcolm in the Middle opening pretty much shot for shot. Uh, Even Mm -hmm. the music was Mm -hmm. similar. And then also, obviously, the rest of the the, the tone and, you know, the way that they carried out the episode resembled a lot of the Malcolm in the Middle stuff. Um, But yeah, man, let's, you know, let's go ahead and talk about it. Um, This episode kind of focused on, again, a Halloween episode. On one end, you have Vision, who is, quote unquote, he's going to go help out with the neighborhood watch. That's what he tells Mm -hmm. Wanda. However, we know that he's investigating things, you know, that's completely unrelated to the neighborhood watch. He's trying to figure out what's going on in Westview, especially after that, um, that explosive argument that him and Wanda had in the previous episode. Wanda, she's taking, you know, Billy and Tommy, her uh, twin boys. They're going to go trick or treating and be with the rest of the the community who's, you know, sort of out trick or treating and having fun during Halloween. Um, She's going to have some time to catch up with Pietro because we got him in the last episode. Um, So she's going to spend time catching up with him and they're going to take that, you know, sort of um, take that adventure um, opposite of vision while he's doing what he's doing. Um, But before I go any further, you know, if it needs to be said, I'll say it, we're going to spoil more details in this episode. So if you've not seen it, go watch it and come back um, and listen to us. But overall, before we get into specifics, do you have any thoughts, um, especially about this, this latest episode of WandaVision? Uh, There, there was there was not as much progress as I thought it was going to be. I will say that um, it's just kind of a, a very straightforward episode. I think um, in terms of there wasn't much, you know, we like to theorize and come up with stories and stuff. And there wasn't much to do that on uh, this episode. I don't think, you know, not as definitely not as much as other episodes. But um, I think in terms of, you know, just again, just watching WandaVision um, as a TV show, I still enjoyed it. You know, don't get me wrong, but I, I probably would just rate some other episodes above this one. Yeah, well said. I couldn't have said it any better. Uh, Still an enjoyable episode, but it didn't push the narrative um, as far as I thought it may have, especially after the the bomb of last week, the the surprise of Evan Peters, you know, coming in as Pietro. There's still a lot of misdirects. I feel like there's still a lot of Mm -hmm. things that are said, but nothing is really said. We'll talk about that interaction between Pietro and Wanda in a second. But let's let's just jump to the big the big thing that happened in this episode. So by the end of it, again, Vision is taking his time to investigate the happenings of Westview. And we see that eventually he finds he finds the perimeter, the barrier of the hex. He actually finds it after after wandering off for a while and he tries to get through. Right. And he tries to go to the other side. Sword has met him at this perimeter to see to see who's coming through. And they see that it's vision. And as we see vision go through the hex, um, he starts to essentially disintegrate. His body is starting Mm -hmm. to disintegrate. Uh, It looks like he's dying again. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, damn, are we going to have to watch vision die again? Like for a third time, time, we don't need we don't need this in our lives. But we had this big question that we've been talking about can vision exist outside of the hex and mm, it looks like mm-hmm. he can't it looks mm-hmm. like that that's not a thing for him because his body started to disintegrate sword stood by and watched they were not helping him darcy very alarmed she tried to help him but she was you know handcuffed on the spot and as as um as the twin boy billy discovers this because he can he can connect with his father uh, because they have similar powers and we know tommy has like the speed powers um he starts to realize like oh dad's in trouble so he warns wanda 
And at that moment, she completely stops everything. She freezes the entire reality Mm -hmm. and then expands the hex for like miles and miles more than what it already was. (laughs) Um, It encompasses the entire sword perimeter that they set up, turned them into a damn circus. Um, it, it, it engulfed Darcy. We're going we're gonna to see what she ends up turning into in the next episode, mm-hmm. I assume. Um, but as we mentioned in you know previous episodes, once you once you step inside the hex, you become something completely different. You become a retro version of what you already are. So sword turned into the circus. Um, that's probably how Wanda perceives them as a as a bunch of clowns. Um, and really, the only people that managed to escape are Hayward um, and a few of his people that are alongside with him. And then also we know that Jimmy Woo and Monica um, who were kicked out of the sword, um, you know, sort of base, they were kicked out by Hayward earlier. They also managed to escape earlier um, as well. So there's only a few people outside of it at this point, but Wanda has completely expanded this entire reality Mm -hmm. um, on a much larger level than what we really knew of before. So now it's probably dozens and dozens and dozens maybe even hundreds of more people that are within the sitcom reality so definitely a cliffhanger ending a big way to finish the episode certainly and there's you know obviously larger implications i think for this at the end but yeah let's let's start and talk about that what did you think about that moment man uh what is going on (laughs) uh (laughs) it was a it was definitely a wild moment right i think at this point um you know like you said, there's a lot of misdirection going on. And this whole time, we we still were uh, haven't been sure about who was actually the powers at play 100%, right? Wanda seems to not know sometimes if it's really her. And other times she knows it's not her. And then uh, right. we see her expend this barrier. And you're like, no, nah, this feels like it's really you right here. You know what I mean? It's like a, <laughs> like, it's like this, a, is nah, you. <laughs> this is definitely you doing this. Right. Um, yeah, and it's, it's just really interesting to see what's going on, man. Even uh, the going back to some to some lower level things, how she has created children, and they not only they have superpowers. Mm-hmm. Like this is um, comic book Wicked and Speed is what their names are in the comics, and this is literally Wicked and Speed coming back. Uh, like they're here. Like Speed is Speed. That boy fast, <laughs> like his uncle. And Wiccan, this man just was like, I think dad's in trouble. And there, he was nowhere in sight. So it's like, what? I, I just don't know. You know, it's just so much. Again, it's not a lot of answers, even just even more questions. Um, the only answer that really did get answered was the the vision thing we were talking about him right. not being able to, to step outside the hex. Um, and so, man, it, it was it was a moment. Let's just say that it was a moment that that woman is powerful extremely powerful um which immediately what i wondered as as soon as the episode ended was like wait a second so again to your point she really is in control of all of this like she she she's she's in more control than she's really letting off to to Mm -hmm. us as an audience like no you really did this and who's to say that you couldn't encompass I mean, the whole country, the whole world Mm -hmm. inside this sort of reality is the hex. Mm -hmm. Is that the multiverse of madness? She can create all of these different things based on this power that she has. Like, who who even knew that Wanda, you know, within the MCU context had this power? I mean, we've seen it, obviously, in the comics, how strong he is, how strong she is. But 
this is just leaps and bounds beyond what we've initially seen from her, obviously, because mm-hmm. she's she's only been a supporting player in the other movies. Um, we saw how much she kicked Thanos's ass in Endgame. But this is the first time we're seeing like, oh, so you're the strongest Avenger. Like, if we're mm-hmm. really being honest, yeah. maybe with the exception of like Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. you're probably the strongest Avenger. Um, so it was it was a jaw dropping moment, to say the least. And uh, yeah, I, again, it begs the question, who's to stop her from? just engulfing the whole world in this situation to protect her one thing that she doesn't want to lose. And that's the love Mm -hmm. of her life and vision, you know, in in this, in the, in the moment that she sensed danger, she risked it all. And she was like, Oh, well, we're, we're going to go ahead and blow this up even more. (laughs) All of New Jersey damn near is just going to this rental car place. (laughs) You too. Yep. You're all going to be a part of the heck. So it's just like, wow. Um, It's a lot happening, but you know, again, there's still so many questions and it's, it's surprising how much we still don't know with only three episodes left, you know, and there's a rumor out there. I don't know how true it is, but there's a rumor that these last three episodes are going to be closer to an hour long. They need to be. Yeah. I mean, now, now who knows what that means? Cause these, these end credits be long as hell. Like like 15 minutes, bro, 15 minutes long. And I'm like, man, come on now. Like, like, please stand by. It'd be like 20 (laughs) minutes on the dang little ticker. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Please stand by as the biggest enemy of the show. I guarantee it. But, um, (laughs) Crazy, crazy moment. Um, another thing I want to cover, another big moment that I want to talk about. So to transition away from Wanda for a second, let's go back to Vision. So one of the key moments before we saw Vision step outside of the hex and start to disintegrate, he runs into Agnes. Now on his way, on his way around Westview, as he starts to get further and further outside of like the town, uh, the town perimeter. He mm-hmm. starts to see more people, but they're just like frozen in place. They're not moving. Like he saw that one lady. She's trying to do her Halloween decorations, but she's just like stuck in a time loop. And then a mm-hmm. tear rolls down her eye. So, yeah, I don't know if she's in like physical pain or just emotional pain, whatever it might have mm-hmm. been. And we see that he comes across more people as he gets further out. They're all just like frozen in place like they exist. Yeah. They're there, but they're not doing anything. So it's like, OK, so does Wanda's power and her ability to like control these people's actions is that limited like can she Mm -hmm. only really focus on her immediate surroundings versus people Mm -hmm. that are further away from her i guess that's what that means but then you know vision comes across agnes she's in her car and she again she's she's basically at the perimeter of westview but she's just like stuck at her car at the wheel not moving going anywhere vision approaches her He's trying to get answers out of her. Eventually, he uses his power to sort of snap her out of the moment. And she looks at him and she says, you're one of the Avengers. You're Vision. Are you here to help us? And he's like, yes. Yes, I am Vision. I do want to help. But what's an Avenger? You know, sort of giving credence to that mm-hmm. idea that he doesn't remember anything before Westview. And it's kind of a it's kind of a heartbreaking moment because it's like, damn, he really does not know. And then, you know, she looks back at him and she's just like, you know, are you dead like the rest of us? And he's like, mm. no, why would you think that? And she says, because, you know, mm. you're, you're dead. And and Vision at that moment, you know, I, he, I don't think he understands completely what it means, but it's a it's a it's a very alarming look on his face. Like, what is she talking about? Mm-hmm. And then she just, you know, she's screaming to him. You're dead. You're dead. You're dead. And then he 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 snaps her back into the, the trance. And then she just like laughs uncontrollably and she turns around um, and leaves now. This moment was interesting to me because when Vision saw those other people outside of the town or on, you know, on the perimeter of the town, again, they were not moving. They were frozen. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't speak to them and they did not respond. When he found Agnes, 
Mm-hmm. She was in a similar state, but she was able to respond. Mm-hmm. She was able to still communicate with him before he snapped her out of the trance. So I'm like, wait a second. This fit. This feels off because I'm mm-hmm. I, I, again, when we talked about the misdirects, it feels like they're trying to get us to think that Agnes, again, is not a part of this. But Absolutely. how was she able to respond when other people were not? So I don't exactly. know. Did you pick up the same thing when that happened? Oh, absolutely. I said this is misdirection if I've ever seen it, because, again, this whole time women, they Marvel is so good at this. We're theorizing right the whole time. Is this Agatha Harkness? Is this Agatha Harkness? And here we go. Oh, your vision looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you know that or did you really not know the, the misdirection is really crazy here? And like you said, um, it's like she was talking outside the trance. Why was it specifically Agnes that was also at the edge? of the town right just her in a car by Randomly. herself why her why not one of the random why not herb <laughs> like mm-hmm. what what her you know what i mean like why not her i don't i don't know it's so weird i'm like mm, i see what you're doing here marvel and you're not slick but you are kind of slick at the same time so it, it, yeah i definitely picked it up crazy um another key moment in this episode uh to go back to wanda her and pietro got a chance to catch up so this is our first time to really see them interact since again the bombshell of last week seeing evan peters appear in this role um again she's with him and the boys as they're going trick-or-treating um it was kind of funny to see evan peters play this like cool uncle like he doesn't really care Mm -hmm. about any rules he's just like he's here to have a good time if he needs to break the rules to help out billy and tommy that's what he's gonna do and they really like him but they're also kind of a little suspicious like in the opening of the episode when he's like sleeping on the couch they're a little suspicious too um but pietro and wanda they have a moment to just like ask questions talk to each other and wanda you know she's she's asking him like you know do you remember this moment with like our parents? She's like asking him this stuff and she's kind of wondering why he doesn't look the same. And Pietro the entire time is not giving any answers like at all. He's, 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 he's walking around any direct answer to her questions, which Mm -hmm. is very suspicious. I'm starting to think that he's not really Pietro. Like, even though, Mm -hmm. even though like we know on a, on a meta level that yes, Evan Peters played, Quicksilver right. in the Fox movies. Here right. he is, obviously, in the MCU, uh, appearing to be Pietro, although Aaron Taylor Johnson played that role. I'm starting to get the sense that he's not really that way because he's just doing a lot of strange stuff, right? Like that moment when they're outside of the house, um, you know, and 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 he yells out to Billy and Tommy, the devil spawn. And you know, mm. we've talked about the whole Mephisto of mm-hmm. it all. Like, is that like a direct reference to that? Or mm-hmm. or even in the even in the conversation that him and Wanda had when they sat down um and they were talking, and you know, he was asking her like well, how did you do this? Like, he was really curious. Like, how did you, how did you pull all of this off? Almost as if he's trying to pull out information and she's not really trying to answer. And in that moment, he was like, I'm not your husband. I'm not some stranger. You can talk to me, but he never said I'm your brother. He didn't Mm. actually say that you would think I was expecting him to say, I'm not your husband. I'm not a stranger. I'm your brother. But he never said that. And I'm like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. "Mm, I'm kind of looking at you (laughs) sideways, bro. Yeah. And then, of course, the moment when she finds out that Vision is in trouble and he's disintegrating, he says such a dick thing to her. He was like, well, it's not like your dead husband can die again. Right. Um, Why would you say that? You know, Uh, like, yeah. 
why would why would your actual brother say something that's so hurtful so mm-hmm. much so that she, you know, she she just disposed of him quickly and got rid of his ass. Just a lot of strange things happening from his character. Again, a lot of non answers, a lot of things that just aren't speaking directly to the issue. I'm, I'm just I, again, I'm wondering if he's actually Quicksilver at this point. I'm starting to think that he's not. And I'm also starting to think that if that's the case, whoever he is, he's also in on this whole thing and what's going yeah. on here. Yeah, again, that's a. Some one of those misdirection things, man. He kind of feels like Pietro, but kind of not. There is a small moment. He's like, you remember when mom and dad did, and they were, and it flashes back to them trick or treating, and and I was like, hmm. But it, it seemed like a shared memory. I was like, this is a good right. memory. It was like, yeah. hmm, is that misdirection? You know what I mean? There's just so much going on. Even the uh. Your your dead husband can't die. I think he actually said it twice, which is funny because Vision did die twice. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> it, I was like, uh, is that what we're doing here? But it's it's again, it's just really interesting what what whatever this misdirection is, man. But I feel I felt the exact same thing uh, a, a little bit, man. But it's like, you know what? It's just really you just really don't know. Cause there are moments where if it feels like he maybe kind of does kill uh care about Billy, you know, and and and, and uh Tommy, Tommy. Mm-hmm. yeah it, it, there are moments where it's just like man you, you're actually kind of being uncle to these kids and then again you bring up the devil spawn thing you're just like devil's being used way too much around here um <laughs> <laughs> way too much way too much and it's just like okay what what's happening what's really going on so yeah man it's interesting yeah and i i guess you know another thing the commercial this week's mm. commercial was extremely hey, bizarre. My mom uh, said, what the hell? She literally <laughs> looked at the screen and shouted, what the hell? Extremely bizarre. So this was this was unlike any of the other ones that we've gotten. Mm-hmm. Like the other ones, although they were, you know, funny or weird in their own way, this is by far the weirdest one. So mm-hmm. we see this young boy with red hair on, a, on an island alone. He's stranded. Um, he's starving, looking for food, has no food available to him. A shark approaches him a shark with sunglasses by the way uh you know i guess he's out just like kicking it having a good summer approaches him and he gives him a box of yo magic yo magic is is food that this boy can eat i guess it's like a yogurt sort of deal Mm -hmm. he gives it to the boy the boy is not able to open it he's struggling he can't open the yo magic to eat it and then lo and behold he decomposes and dies. He freaking mm. dies. And wow. this is all done in the form of like claymation, sort yep. of stop motion animation, which was also mm-hmm. made it even more weird and like yeah. oddly bizarre. But I'm like, damn, Disney Marvel, that, that was dark. <laughs> How you just yeah. killed this boy on this island. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the significance of like these commercials and what they may mean. Maybe their connection to the to the Infinity Stones connections to wanda's past traumas this one i could not quite pinpoint exactly what it might have been saying the Mm -hmm. one thing that i felt like may have been a thing and this might be a reach but i'm gonna go ahead and say it because anybody's guess is valid at this point Mm -hmm. the fact that the shark approached this boy i'm wondering if this was sort of a sort of an analogy of making a deal with the devil making a pact with the Mm. devil um giving something or excuse me asking for something but also sacrificing something again we've talked about 
Mephisto and the devil, maybe that being a part of this. What if that commercial was to, to identify like, hey, uh, this is a deal. This is an exchange between um, a monstrous figure, which is a shark, not a literal representation of the devil, but a monstrous figure that we typically are intimidated by. And this and this young person Um I'll give you something in exchange for something. And the boy, he thinks that he's going to be able to eat, but he actually loses mm-hmm. his life. Mm-hmm. What if that's like to signify like a pact with the devil? Like did, did Wanda make a deal with Mephisto to give mm-hmm. her this power to do what she's doing, but in exchange, you know, she had to, she had to sacrifice the actual lives of people that lived in, in this community. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and maybe, maybe it's like, Hey, you know, you can live in this world, but vision, you can't bring vision back to life. He can only exist here. I don't know. might be a big reach. There's probably other things that can be read into it. Did you have any thoughts as to what this commercial might've meant to this whole show? Man, I was, I just looked at it and I didn't know what was going on. I think, I think that, uh, that theory is a really good one. Right. Um, again, making that, that kind of pact, uh, with the devil, um, for everything I'm looking at in the show, I'm like, okay, how does this tie to trauma? Right. What, what does trauma look like here? What does, um, I don't know, maybe your, your, um, your own reality versus what you you're doing to other people look like, right. So your magic, maybe she's quite literally taking the lives away of other people who can't mm. open the yogurt to reality. I don't know. <laughs> I don't Anything's know. possible. <laughs> Anything's possible, man. But it's it, it was that man. I just know it was dark. And uh yeah, I like your take, man. I like your take a lot. Yeah, I just, you know, everything in the show is intentional. I I don't think anything is by accident. All the small things that that we a lot of the time overanalyze. I think everything is to be analyzed from from, you know, the the bedazzled sweats that Agnes was wearing at the beginning opening that said naughty on the back mm-hmm. on her ass um, to to even the movie theater uh, signage that that had the Incredibles and the parent trap playing, you know, yeah. at, at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, any other small things you noticed from this episode, like small little Easter eggs? I got I got one other one, but I wanted to see if you noticed anything that might not have been picked up by by anybody just watching casually. I don't think so. Part of it is because this is probably the only episode I've only watched once. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's why I didn't pick up on too much. But no, I don't think I have anything this week. But what you got? Yeah, well, we got to talk about that moment just quickly because it's it's not I don't think it's really anything, but it was I think it was like a cool thing. But uh that kick-ass moment oh i did catch that i did yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, the kick-ass moment that was that was just like a cool little nod that was Uh, cool you know obviously if you don't know uh kick-ass the film um both evan peters and aaron taylor johnson were in that film which is a uh a very raunchy gory superhero film and it's also it's technically a marvel property um it wasn't like you know released under the banner of marvel when it came out in theaters but technically kick-ass is a marvel comic um but evan peters and aaron taylor johnson who have both played quicksilver in fox and in the mcu respectively were in that movie um and they were in that movie together before either of them Mm -hmm. found out that they were quicksilver so people have always just like noticed that like damn they were in kick-ass and then both of them ended up being quicksilver so it was cool that marvel was finally able to just like do a quick wink at that um Yeah, that was kind of the only other big thing that I picked up. Um, I'm sure there, there. I mean, there's dozens of Easter eggs, of course, always through these oh, episodes. Absolutely. Some, some, some that mean things. Some that are just like, again, I, I mean, think like winks at the at the audience. Even, but yeah, even the 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 whole energy of you know her expanding the hex. Um, there's tons of theories, right? Um, where we see Monica Rambeau's cells being recreated, right? Which at some point we're sure officially make her photon um she also brings up 
uh, again, in the previous episode, episode five, I believe that uh, there's an aerospace engineer she's trying to eat up, meet up with that. You know, of course, it's easy to speculate. It might be Mr. Fantastic, Reed Richards himself. There's just so much going on, man. What if what if that's I don't know. What if the hex gives them their powers? I don't know what's going on, man, but it's it's crazy. Hey, here's a crazy thought. You just reminded me of that. Monica's DNA being rearranged. We, we found that out. I, you know, I, I definitely want to. Yeah, we, we got to pay a little bit of attention to the 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 outside characters, the Darcy's and the Monica's and Jimmy's mm-hmm, and what they experienced. Mm-hmm. So Darcy and Monica, they were speaking and, you know, Darcy found out that Monica's Monica's genes and her her cells are being rewritten because of her um, experience inside of the hex, you know, crossing back and forth between the barrier, um, which she's done so twice at this point. So Darcy, Darcy warned Monica, like, you might not want to go back in there because Monica even, you know, sort of offered and insisted that she would do so. Um, But she was like, you you probably don't want to do that because your cells are being rewritten. This this might be crazy, but. If that's the case for Monica. Who's to say that that wouldn't be the case for anybody else entering mm-hmm. or leaving the hex? Uh-huh. Now, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We we talk about we, we we've talked about mutants being mm-hmm. a thing in this universe. Now that we know that Disney own, owns Fox, is this a way? Is this a way to possibly introduce the mutant gene to, to the be. MCU? You know, now mutants, mutants are technically they're, they're born. They're not made. That's always what's distinguished them from, you know, heroes that have gained their powers like Spider-Man Absolutely. or the Hulk. But that gene has to come from somewhere. Right. Like mm, somebody exactly. has to exactly get the gene. Right. And then and then maybe from there on your future children and your grandchildren, they all they all inherit this gene. But like it has to start from somewhere. Are they creating mutants with, the, with mean, this with this hex? Like, uh, is that crazy? Uh, the hex gene, the X gene. I, I don't know. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's getting know. crazy. It's getting wild. I'm not sure, man. I hope so. Uh, oh, again, man. That's, that's, that's one way you could do it, dude. That's one way you could do it. What if uh, to, to the other point about the aerospace engineer, which I think we, we absolutely are going to see next episode. I think that mm-hmm. te- they te- tease it for like two episodes now. I think we'll see whoever that is. Um, it sounds like. It's definitely a he. I think Monica said like he's on the mm-hmm. way in an hour. Yeah, people are people are definitely theorizing Mr. Fantastic uh, Reed Richards. Um, I I think there's already so much in this show. I don't think that that's the way we're going to get Fantastic Four in the MCU. Personally, yeah. it could so be. It, yeah, it, it's it's on the table. Anything's possible. But I mm-hmm. don't think that's the way we're going to get Fantastic Four. I had a weird thought. Like mm-hmm. we completely negated like. Rocket is a low key and an, an engineer. Like Rocket is low key. Yeah, he's, he's definitely aerospace. He is definitely aerospace. Not technically not a he, I suppose. Probably mm-hmm. more of an it. But I don't know. Monica. Monica's dealt with like interdimensional beings. Like she's a part of Sword. That wouldn't be like a crazy thing. Mm-hmm. It's probably a reach. It might be more of a might be more of like a roadie or something. I don't know. But I just had that thought. Like maybe maybe it's Rocket. Like what if Rocket? <laughs> Yeah, you know, man, had contact a, with Monica. Uh, I, there's another really cool uh, black character called uh, Blue Marvel. I think his name is uh, Adam Brashear. Um, that could be really cool because um, he's he's like he's still like a small Easter egg, but it's still like a black dude who's an aerospace engineer. So that could be dope. Um, and then I know I know we said he, but imagine just imagine it turned out to be like Riri Williams or something wild. I don't know. Oh, but man. <laughs> I That'd don't know. Insane. But. Yeah, any in any in 
anybody could be, you know, is, is possible for this. But I think I do agree that I don't think this is where we'll get Reed Richards. And but if we do, he of course he just won't have any powers yet. So he'll have normal hair. True. Normal, okay, that's everything. a good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good he probably would not yeah, he would he would be a, a brilliant scientist, engineer, of course, but yeah, without the power, he wouldn't be Mr. Fantastic. You're right, yeah. you're right. Um, definitely possible. We'll see. But um, yeah, lots to unpack from this episode. Before we move on, the last thing that I'll say about it, I remember watching before WandaVision debuted, obviously just watching the press run, trying to consume as much information about the show as possible. Um, Paul Bettany had an interview. I can't remember which outlet it was, but um, somebody was asking him about just the show and the, the the choice to do nine episodes and, you know, where would things really start to click? And I remember specifically that Paul Bettany said, Episode seven is the one to watch out for. He he mm-hmm. specifically said episode seven. That's where he really thinks. That's where he really thinks things are going to get crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm expecting by the next two black nerds, we're probably going to have yeah. plenty to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't I can't wait until until episode seven. I'm I'm definitely expecting. I'm expecting the most information to be revealed more Mm -hmm. than we've gotten so far, like even more than episode four, where we saw everything on the outside from Sword's perspective and Monica's perspective. I'm expecting episode seven, hopefully will give us more answers than we've gotten up until this point. So we'll be on the lookout for that. If you've seen WandaVision episode six, let us know your theories, your crazy thoughts about this episode. What did you notice that we might not have talked about? Who's that aerospace engineer? Who's Darcy going to be? What she's going to retroactively turn into the next episode? So many questions. So many things. (laughs) So many things (laughs) that we just don't know at this point. So hit us up at Two Black Nerds. Let us know what you think. This week's episode was called Breaking the Fourth Wall, and it was set pretty much in the 2010s. It sort of paid homage to the 2010s era of sitcoms, uh, the, the likes of Modern Family, The Office, the mockumentary style where characters break the fourth wall and they look directly into the camera and they speak to the audience. And so that's why I was called breaking the fourth wall. And this episode certainly had some big revelations that we've absolutely been waiting for that we've been speculating about that we will of course get to. But before we talk about specifics within the episode, of course, as we usually do, I just want to ask you right off top, what did you think about episode seven of WandaVision this week? Uh, honestly, for me, I did not learn a lot. Unfortunately, um, it was a, you know, I always enjoy progression for any TV show. You know, that's why I like sometimes you watch TV and you're like, 
it was okay, but it wasn't great because something didn't happen. And for me, not much happened. You know, if, if people listen to Two Black Nerds, uh, you pretty much know everything that was going on in that episode. You knew about Monica Rambeau already. You knew how we felt about Agnes and Agatha Harkness. Um, and it, we, we kind of seen it coming. Um, so again, man, no surprises. So I, w- I would say it's also probably not one of my favorite episodes, but, um, again, I just enjoyed the progression. What did you think about the episode? So I thought this episode was also, uh, it was just okay for me as well. It wasn't the greatest that we've seen thus far. Um, I agree with a lot of what you said, and I think primarily the reason for that is because every show, every series, um, as you're starting to approach the finish line, you have to have that episode that puts the puzzle pieces Mm -hmm. um, in play for the finale. You have to get things in motion, and you have to place all of your characters in, in certain situations in order to set yourself up for what comes at the end. And this was that episode I felt like for WandaVision. Um, so it was a bit of a bit of a slower episode compared to some of the previous things that we've gotten. Uh, not quite as much happened, I think, in the early minutes of what we were watching. Of course, again, there were a couple of big revelations that we saw. But again, I think it was just mostly the time was spent getting the puzzle pieces in play so that we will be ready for the final two episodes, which hopefully will deliver, you know, a really spectacular conclusion to what we've seen thus far. So it was okay. I found myself, you know, for the first, you know, 20 minutes or so I was, you know, it was okay. Again, I was just watching like, okay, you know, we're, we're doing this and we're doing this and it makes sense, but it's not that intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then of course things changed a little bit, I think within those final few moments of the episode. And we obviously got to the biggest reveal of this week. So we might as well go ahead and start talking about yep. the specifics with this episode. As we know, and as we speculated, it was Agatha all along Turns out you really cannot trust your neighbors. Like you really can't <laughs> trust them out here. Like they are right. not to be trusted. They are scheming. They're shysty. Look out for your neighbors, people. But as we suspected and as we theorized on the show, as many folks have theorized, I don't want to sit here and take credit for it because it was the thing that people have been talking about even before the show debuted. Right. Um, the character of Agnes revealed herself to be Agatha Harkness, um, you know, who is another witch within Marvel Comics lore um, that we've talked about. Again, she's hundreds and hundreds of years old. She was around for the Salem Witch Trials. And for the most part, she's been an ally in a sense to to Wanda to Wanda Maximoff in the comics. Um, She's more of a dark anti-hero. I don't know if she's ever been full-fledged villain, Mm -hmm. but as we know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they will change things if they see fit and adapt it for their own story. And here, it absolutely looks like Catherine Hahn as as Agatha Harkness is fully embracing the identity and the the, the idea of being a villain. She is not pulling any punches. She lets Wanda know, you're not the only magical person here in Westview. I killed Sparky. She reveals all of this stuff, and we 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 you know bust out into that that great theme song that they created for, her, which very much resemble like the monsters and maybe even the Adams family. Um, but yeah, Agatha Harkness is the villain. We saw that she pretty much lured Wanda into the trap. She mm-hmm. she she after the confrontation that Wanda had with Monica, she took her into her house. Wanda was curious as to where Billy and Tommy were since Agatha was was watching them. Um, and she said, yeah, you know, they might be just playing in the basement, which was obviously a setup to send Wanda in the basement. Wanda finds this dank, dark layer. You know, it definitely looks yeah. evil. Mm-hmm. She goes into the layer. Um, she's starting to see all of these different artifacts. There's like skulls. There's definitely hexagonal shapes that we've seen um, sort of be 
um, used throughout this entire show. We also saw, you know, that magical book that was that was sitting um, on the table, yeah. which could allude to other things. And then again, that's when Agnes revealed herself to be Agatha Harkness, and she, it looks like, took control of Wanda's mind, or at least maybe not necessarily took control of her mind, but played played that sequence that we saw, basically the sequence of her saying like, yeah, it was me all along. I, I was responsible for all of these events. I'm the one that popped up mm-hmm. at your doorstep. I'm the one that, you know, conjured up Pietro for you to think that that was your brother. Everything that's happened up until this point has really been me pulling the strings. So with all of that out and laid across the table for, for this episode as being the big reveal and the big takeaway, yeah. and now that we're set up for her to be the villain – from what we know and from what we see in the final two episodes, what did you what did you think about when you saw that moment? I'm sure you weren't surprised, but what what do you just think when you saw that moment? And also, what could it possibly mean for these you know these last two episodes that we have? Yeah, man, one of my favorite parts of the episode, of course, was probably the last five minutes. One, it was Agatha all along it was just so so catchy. The whole song well, was a good time, like you said, reminiscent of uh, of an Adams Family song. You know, they're even uh, at the end of the song where she says, "Even I killed Scratchy." Or you know, you know what I mean. It kind of reminds me of a, a Wizard of Oz, Wicked Witch, kind of thing going on there. I think it was really cool. Um, but I think we got to get into some action. I think that's what it means for the next couple of episodes, right? Um, at the uh, in in the quote unquote post credit scene, because there really is no post credit as long as these credits are um, <laughs> the quote unquote post credit scene. Right. Uh, of course. Uh, in in the episode is is revealed that Agatha Harkness did um, somewhat plant um, Quicksilver uh, there, you know, uh, Pietro, and you know we kind of see that in the post credit scene that he's still very menacing uh, type of character. Um, so I think we're gonna we're gonna see some some bad Quicksilver going on here uh, coming into the future. I don't know how um, if he's gonna be fighting Monica or if he's gonna be fighting Vision or both, uh, but we know what's about to go down there too. And um, yeah, man, I I, I just think uh, there's still a lot in some ways that I can tell we don't know Um, just the way the reveal was. Again, we don't know. We're not 100 percent what the book was. If you look closely, Agatha had on like a brooch. It had like three sisters at her bro on her brooch. We have no idea what that is. I have no clue. Anyways, my you know, my comic my comic knowledge doesn't go that far, I guess. Or maybe I don't know what it was. but yeah, I, I just know it's about to go down. Certainly, that's that's what they've at least set up for us to believe. Um, I have larger thoughts that I'll say for the end in terms of reveals and theories and all of these things mm-hmm. that we've been talking about for weeks and what that might mean for the show now and just like kind of how I feel about just where we are with theories with this show mm-hmm. in general. But I, I, I do think that in the next episode, my my vantage point is that we'll likely see similar to what we saw in episode four, where we, we, we switched to Monica's perspective Mm -hmm. on everything that was happening in Westview. And it was somewhat of a flashback episode. I think we'll probably see the same thing with Agnes. I think though we got that, that sequence of Agatha all along where it showed those snippets, Mm -hmm. a part of me actually thinks that we'll get a bit of backstory Mm. in terms of, why Agnes is doing this because that's really the big question like why is she doing this right. and also how she she came to be a part of this because I don't know just based off of that montage again of Agatha all along it, it doesn't look like she necessarily created the hex herself mm-hmm. it looks like she kind of just dropped in um, because if you pay attention that first opening frame you can see like her sort of witchy outfit like you can see like yeah. the, the, the the drape the the, the gown mm-hmm. and her like 
boots. It very much looks like some Hocus Pocus yep. stuff going on right there. And then she transitions and changes into the 1950s outfit. So she might have just dropped in. She might have seen that this was happening and wanted to take advantage of the situation. Could be wrong, but that's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. is that we'll probably see a bit of a flashback leading up to how we got here. Um, and, and, you know, and I also think for the for the Pietro portion of it, I still think, like I said last week, I still don't think he's any version of Pietro or Quicksilver. I don't think that that's right. a thing anymore. I think I think at this point it's just probably a wink at the audience. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's Evan Peters, um, and he, you know, he could he could you know pretend to be Pietro mm-hmm. in order to throw Wanda off. Yeah. But I think whatever whatever Agnes has done in terms of like bringing him to life or conjuring him up, I don't think she like reached across the multiverse and pulled him from the Fox movies. I don't think she mm-hmm. you know decided to to do anything like that. I think it's you know for 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 the story purposes, she just created a, a guy that just didn't look like who Wanda thought he would look like. But for us, we know who it is, you know, mm-hmm. sort of on a meta level. Um, so, I, yeah, I agree. I fully expect that next week we'll get into hopefully more action. Um, apparently, I say this every week, apparently it's supposed to be the longest episode. I know that, that w- there was that rumor going around that these last yeah. three were going to be an hour apiece. Yeah. That was obviously not true. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they're saying that next week's is going to be 47 minutes, which will make it the longest episode thus far. Um, and that would, you know, it would fall in line with what they've done, like with The Mandalorian. Yep. When those, you know, final episodes were coming, they would typically be a little bit longer, like closer to 50 minutes instead of, you know, 40 or 35 minutes. I think we'll see all of that for sure. Um, but yeah, it was not, it, it, I mean, it was not a huge surprise at all. I think we we all expected it to be Agatha. Um, though when it happened, I couldn't help but smile. Um, even though I know she's the villain and she's done some some terrible things already, mm-hmm. I couldn't just help but smile because I'm like, one, finally, I'm glad we just like got the cat out of the bag. And two, you can just tell Catherine Hahn is having so much Absolutely. fun in this role. Yep. And w- one of the things that I do think is going to be um, sort of a reality after this show is over, I don't think Agatha is going to be killed off mm-hmm. in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. I think that I think if you bring Katherine Hahn into the MCU, she's such a talented actress. I feel like you keep her around. And I think because Agatha her history in the comics has always been so gray. Mm-hmm. She's already she's always sort of like walked that fine line of being like an anti-hero right. in a sense. I think that they're going to stick her keep her around because there's just so much that you can still explore even after this show. And it would just feel I don't know. It would feel weird to introduce her officially as a character seven episodes into a nine episode season. Mm -hmm. And then let's say by episode nine, they defeat her and maybe kill her that I feel like we would kind of be robbed of a really great relationship that we could have with that character moving towards the future because she could even eventually become a mentor to Wanda. That could Mm -hmm. still happen. Mm -hmm. I think that there is an opportunity to where it could be sort of a low-key sort of situation. You don't really know where she's going to go. She could yeah. be good. She could be bad. She could be in between. Mm-hmm. She's unpredictable. So that's what I foresee for her future. Um, but with that said, another big thing that happened in this episode, of course, was Monica Rambeau. Yep. We finally saw essentially her gain her powers, which mm-hmm. we got a clue to that last week. Darcy warned her that if you, you, know, if you re-enter the hex, it might have serious repercussions on your cells because your cells are already being rewritten because you've been in and out of the hex. And in this episode, uh, Monica, she met up with uh, the military group that created this vehicle for her. It was was like a a huge rover Mm -hmm. that could theoretically get through the hex. She could drive straight through in order to reach Wanda. Although Monica utilized this vehicle and it was not, it was not going through the hex at all. It was not happening. So 
she abandons that plan and decides to walk through herself. Uh, Jimmy warned her, like, don't do it. Like, it might be catastrophic, but she did it anyway, like a true hero um, that she will become and that she already is. And she walks through unafraid. And as she's walking through, we hear voices of her past. We hear uh, we hear Captain Marvel. We hear her mom, Maria Rambo. We hear Nick Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, all those lines that were uttered to her in Captain Marvel one, we hear those replayed here as she becomes she becomes this new hero. And we know in the comics that she's gone by several different aliases. She's been Captain Marvel. She's gone by Spectrum. She's gone by Photon. Um, I think she's probably going to go by Spectrum if I had to maybe assume like what she'll take on. But maybe Photon because that was her mm-hmm. mother's nickname, and we saw a clue for that. Mm-hmm. And she comes out on the other side, and we see that her eyes are blue, which was like, I mean, your eyes changing colors. That's like the easiest indicator. You got powers now. And right. uh, we see sort of her vision. It was almost like a Neo in the Matrix moment. She can see like the electromagnetic spectrum, all the different colors. And then she even had her great superhero landing when she confronted Wanda. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Deadpool. Um, but cool moment, I think, for sure, to see the origin of this character, whether she becomes against Spectrum or Photon, we'll, we'll see, but definitely a cool moment. What did you think about that when it happened? This is... That moment in itself was really, really, really big, um, and I think it, it, it'll it go over a lot of people's heads, uh, but it's literally the first time we've ever seen uh, a, a, a black woman come into her powers in this way, right? Where there, she's, she's dark-skinned, she's natural, and she's a beast. <laughs> and here we are in WandaVision watching this, you know, full fledged. Uh, and, and it's at a great time. You know, um, we've we've talked about so much on the show, the 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 takeover of black women and all things pop culture. Right. And uh, specifically in comic book content where you got your Misty Stones and your uh, uh, your, your Regina Kings. Right. Sister Knight. And here we are in the MCU with our uh, uh, our quote unquote first you know uh black i guess uh what what did they say they said fir- first black woman to be and will, will end up being an avenger i think they said right mm-hmm. um and that is like again that's really really big i think it it, it means a lot for representation um everywhere and it's, it's finally here so it was it was really dope to see her eyes glow and just a, again, just a visual that never existed before um, in, in a, a, a lot of depictions of black women in, in mainstream media, uh, nevertheless, in comic book content at all. Um, so it, it, it was great, man. So that's what I thought about that. I'm ready to see Monica whip more ass, which I'm sure we'll see a little bit, but she don't know nothing about these powers, man. So um, it's, it's still early in her development, too. So I don't expect too much out of her, but I do expect uh her to surprise herself while surprising us at the same time and the things that she can do and uh, i think i'm with you i don't know if they're gonna go spectrum or photon when she first you know when her blue eyes are on it's like okay it's a spectrum you know she can she can see things but uh maybe she'll look at her mom's plaque and be like no i'm gonna go with photon so you you know we we, we just kind of don't know yet um but either way i'm i'm here for it and i'm ready to go man incredible moment for sure we've certainly been waiting on it we knew that it was going to eventually come um i I would just say that the fact that it happened within wandavision the show has accomplished a lot in terms of pushing the mcu forward we have gotten you know within the span of 37 minutes the introduction of agatha harkness who can potentially be a major player moving ahead in the mcu and we also got another hero that's been introduced into this this pantheon of heroes that exist 
in Monica Rambo. Uh, incredible moment to see, and uh, you know, it, it, it sort of reminded me that we don't we don't often see in the MCU at least we don't often see like heroes get their powers as much anymore. Sometimes when we reach them, they've already sort of accumulated their powers. For example, Spider Man. We all know that we were tired of seeing that origin story, so. Once they brought Tom Holland in, it was like, oh, he already has his powers. We'll just tell you, like, yeah, it's been a thing for six months. And so it was kind of cool to see, again, this origin that happened for Monica within the episode. But what really got me excited was the face-off that she had with Wanda. Mm -hmm. You know, she approached Wanda trying to, you know, really reason with her and let her know, like, hey, it's actually Hayward who is kind of responsible for a lot of this. He wanted to use Vision as a weapon. Right. He was trying to reassemble his parts so t- so he so that he could use Vision as a weapon and she was trying to warn Wanda Wanda wasn't hearing it and you know they had a face off for a second and Wanda lifted her up with her magical powers and it looked like she tried to drop her forcefully mm-hmm. but again she had that superhero landing and she wasn't having it like she can control herself. So I agree. I think that she's going to be able to surprise herself in what we'll see in these next two episodes. Um, but I do think that they'll probably reserve the majority of like her big epic powers for Captain Marvel too, because mm-hmm. this is still early. You got to tease us and save some great stuff for for that movie that we know is coming. Right. Um, also, with this moment, I want to touch on sort of the elephant in, in the room because we 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 talked about it. Mm-hmm. Monica had been sort of teasing out the fact that she knew an aerospace engineer yep. that she was going to meet up with um, that would be able to help her get inside the hex. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've we obviously speculated, the, the internet has speculated, oh, Reed Richards, Blue Marvel, you know, I even said Rocket last week, just throwing out any name mm-hmm. that we can think about. Turns out, it's really a nobody. It's 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 Captain, uh, I think I think Good, Goodard, I think was, was her name. Um, not really an, anybody, just a nobody, just a, you know, sort of a regular mm-hmm. military person. I know that there are some people who still think that there might be some sort of aerospace engineer out there. I'm not of that belief. I think that ultimately it was just a red herring because it feels like the moment was more about Monica gaining her powers than figuring out who this aerospace engineer mm-hmm. was. I think that's that would be something that a... I think a writer would introduce into the script. I'm going to distract you with this piece of information that we we're, we're telling you is important, but it's really insignificant. Right. That's only to serve a bigger purpose in the fact that this is going to be how Monica gets her powers. Mm-hmm. So I think the aerospace engineer idea is probably put to bed. That's how I feel about it. I don't know if you feel differently, if there might still be an opportunity that may, maybe the aerospace engineer is like off in a lab and he designed it, but he just wasn't there. Mm. Cause she did say like, my guy is here. Um, and I don't know, that could have just been slang. Mm-hmm. Like, my guy's here. Maybe she was just saying that, and she wasn't literally saying mm-hmm. guy, as in he. Um, but I don't know if you still think that there might still be, like, an aerospace engineer out there. Because I'm also hearing from folks, like, well, what if what if this Captain Goodard is, is a scroll, you know? Oh, and Lord. I'm just like, okay. I'm like, at a certain point, again, I have more <laughs> thoughts on this when we when we start to wrap up WandaVision, but you know, at a certain point, I think we gotta let we we gotta let some of the theories go and just accept what happened in the episode for what it is. Yeah. Um I I don't know. You know, they like you said, they never really said it explicitly if even that woman was an aerospace engineer or not, but like through context clues, you know, it's kinda like it's gotta be her, right? Ain't that who y'all was meeting in the first place? So I don't know. It's 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 really weird. The MCU could be doing there's so many red herrings in this dang show. That is ridiculous. Like So many. We just, the aerospace engineer. Shoot, Agnes herself is probably a freaking red herring. 
it, okay, it's yeah. just so much. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's a lot going on. Even one we caught last week where uh, Agnes was pretending to be, you know, caught up in the literally revealed this week. Um, so it's it's just a lot, a lot of red herrings for sure. But um, we'll see, man. I I might be with you that they're over it, and they only reason they did that was to get people excited for Reed Richards, since we know a Fantastic Four movie is upcoming. So I think that just Marvel being as smart as they are, man. I think they implant stuff like that all the time. It means nothing, but it literally gets people talking and excited about something. Now, if a Taxi 4 does come out, or people who didn't know about Reed Richards before, they're just like, oh, is that who that is? Okay, you know what I mean? People maybe already have done their a little bit of research and got it, got excited. So that could be exactly what that is, but we'll see. Certainly. Um, let's briefly talk about the Nexus commercial. Uh, so we got another another commercial this week, as we do every week. And this week it was an, an an antidepressant called Nexus, and I couldn't help but laugh at this this commercial just because it seems like the only thing that comes on TV nowadays or the ads that we see are for nothing but antidepressants and, and, and aspirins and all these just different pharmaceutical companies that are pushing their products towards us. So I thought that it was very appropriate considering, you know, the, the era of the sitcom that they were paying mm-hmm. tribute to is the closest in proximity to us. Um, but, you know, the Nexus in the comics is sort of like it's it, there's there's this thing called the Nexus being, I know, and, and Wanda in the comics has been considered a Nexus being basically in the in the existence of a multiverse wanda as a nexus being would be the same throughout each each mm-hmm. multiverse like her 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 appearance and her reality wouldn't change across the multiverse and that's like a very special power um the nexus was also i think referenced in age of ultron at some point from tony yeah. stark but we we've obviously talked about these commercials and what they may or may not mean for the show and also the tagline for the commercial itself was because the world doesn't revolve around you mm. or does it so there's 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 that sort of again fourth wall breaking situation maybe it's just telling wanda you know you really got to get over it you really have to deal with this and and you know uh, that moment even between Wanda and Monica Monica was telling Wanda how she had to accept and face yeah. her truth like she's lost herself obviously her mother has passed away and she's dealing with it now even though she hasn't really taken time to grieve um, but she's having to face and, and accept her truth because that's that's what's made her who she is Wanda hasn't come to that mm-hmm. place yet so maybe this commercial is sort of speaking to that idea like the world does not revolve around you and that's mm-hmm. okay. Like it doesn't revolve around anybody. We all go through things, and you have to figure out a way to best grieve with those with those realities. Um, I don't know if you had any thoughts about that, or if there were any other things that you might have picked up from that commercial. Yeah, man, that Nexus stuff was real. I know it was really crazy to watch. Um, it was the one that uh, felt like it was immediately talking to Wanda. I think where, um, of course, the beginning of the episode, Wanda still she still has her her uh, was Sokovian fortune teller costume on and. And she's kind of in this like depressive mode. She doesn't know what's wrong with her. Everything around her is changing, right? And then this commercial, where's a pill about depression? I don't know. It just felt very, you know, straight to the point versus the other ones. You're like, oh, what is that? What is that? This one's like, no, Wanda, this is this is definitely like the one. Like, take this pill, Nexus. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I thought that was that was really interesting. Uh, yeah. The only thing I know Nexus is is the magical area. <laughs> You know, in Marvel, um, the the Nexus, which was supposed to be in like New Orleans or whatever, um, mm-hmm. protected by I forgot the name of the dude. Um, 
but yeah, that's the only, only place I know Nexus. So, so here, I, I think it, it could be the Nexus being thing you were talking about, right? Maybe like only she can take this pill. <laughs> I don't know. You right, know, right. You know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, not, not, not much there either. Um, just because it was, I don't know. For me, again, it was straight to the point. You pretty much just said it to me. I think it was about that depression and how she views the world and how the world, you know what I mean? How, how the things she's going through right now. Uh, but again, the most straightforward though, out of all the ones that we've seen for sure, like the first one, it was a toaster. This one is like, hello, Wanda, you have depression. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Just telling it straight for what it is, which I think is reflective of where the show is now, because even throughout this episode, we saw that Wanda, it looks like she's just losing her grip on this mm-hmm. reality. We saw that objects were changing. Um, her almond milk milk turned into dairy yeah. milk. Uh, her, her boys, their video game controller turned into Uno cards and she's not able to fix it. So it just, it just goes to show that this is very much a more straightforward thing that's mm-hmm. happening. The, the, the curtain has been pulled back. Obviously now with Agatha being revealed as the villain of the show, the curtain has been pulled back as much as you probably can pull it back at this point. So I agree. It was, it was the least vague out of all that we've seen thus far. Um, and I think with that said, you know, I want to transition quickly into just like, some final thoughts about this episode. You know, one thing that I'll say again, you know, we're seven episodes in only two left. We've, we've had fun with the theories. I think we, we, we've done all the speculation that you can possibly do. And I know that there's other outlets, other podcasts that I've tuned into that I've listened Mm -hmm. to that have done so much speculation, have talked about so many Easter eggs and just picked apart every single thing that could have meaning. Um, and it, it's, it, it tends to be fun. Like, I think we, we always do this specifically with Marvel projects because we know that they put in so many things that we can just pick apart and analyze right. and, and, and attribute meaning to. I've seen, again, even after this episode and some reviews that I watched and some podcasts that I listened to, I'm still seeing people say, okay, Agnes revealed herself to be Agatha as the villain, but I still don't believe she's the true villain. Mm-hmm. I still believe that there's other forces at play, that there's still some larger force at play. Right. You and I have talked about Mephisto as being a thing, mm-hmm. right, um, as, as being a possibility. Right. And I, I was totally on board with that train. I'm now at the place where I'm completely over mm-hmm. that. I'm completely letting it go. I think all theories related to the idea of it being an even larger force at play, I'm dropping those personally just because one Marvel has never Mm -hmm. done that. Like they've never, they never, they've never put us in a situation to where we've either, we've either had the villain up front and we knew who Mm -hmm. they were. And then all of a sudden did a bait and switch or midway through, we found out who the villain was, but then there was still somebody else that was still behind Mm -hmm. the scenes. The only time that I feel like that that's happened was Iron Man 3 when we walked in yep. and we thought that the Mandarin was yeah, Ben Kingsley turn, turns out to be Guy Ritchie but we saw how right. that went people hated uh-huh. that people hated that and it they hated it so much that they're doing the Mandarin again they're bringing the Mandarin yep. back Shang-Chi. for Shang-Chi mm-hmm. right but in other instances like they've never done a villain reveal only to reveal another villain within mm-hmm. the same context of the story like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense i even remember before Endgame came out, and that was probably the most speculated about movie that we've ever had. And a lot of people were thinking, like, well, it, it, it must be somebody bigger than Thanos pulling the strings. It must be somebody else. And it was just, like, kind of crazy to think, like, why would they introduce a villain in the final movie of this saga mm-hmm. when this has been... 
this has been really the story of Thanos versus the Avengers and what right. he did and the, and the fallout from that. Why would they introduce just some random mm-hmm. character after all this time that they haven't put any investment or work in? Because people were talking about Galactus and they were talking about like the Annihilation storyline mm-hmm. and all this type of stuff. And I'm, it just didn't make sense. And we saw Endgame and it was it was Thanos. Like that's who it was. Or even even movies like Spider-Man Far From Home, yeah. for example. I think I think that's the most comparable example to this because we walked into the movie. We all knew Mysterio was mm-hmm. a bad guy, but up front, first half of the movie, he's he's playing a good guy. He's trying to trick all the people around right. him, only for him to reveal himself halfway through that he's mm-hmm. a bad guy. But by the end of the movie, they didn't introduce somebody else that was pulling the strings for mm-hmm. Mysterio. Like, no, it was Mysterio. You know what right. I'm saying? So, I just don't think that. I don't. I think they've told us like straight up. With the whole song and everything, it's Agatha. She's <laughs> right. the bad guy. Like she killed Sparky, mm-hmm. bro. Like there is nobody else. Now, could Ms. Mephisto be introduced later down the line? Absolutely. Could he come in Doctor Strange? Absolutely. Could she ultimately be serving mm-hmm. him in some form or fashion? Absolutely. I don't think we're going to find that out in the next two weeks at all. I think the villain of this show is Agatha Harkness. That is what it is, and we should be fine with that and accept that, you know. And I don't think I don't think we should either, you know, even be upset at it because they haven't given us reason to believe that it's anybody else but her. They've put in the time and in the right. investment into leading us down the path. Like, yes, mm-hmm. it's Agatha; she is the villain, and you should, you know, you should respect that. And you know, the fact that they again they've introduced Agatha and they've given Monica her powers that that's a lot of ground mm-hmm. cover. They accomplished a lot, if nothing else. So. I just wanted to put that out there that I really think it's time to accept the show for mm-hmm. what it is. That that's really kind of where I'm coming from. And that again, that's not to say I could I could be very mm-hmm. wrong. Anything could happen. There still could be surprises. I know the cameo is still sort of up in the air like who's that mm-hmm. going to be? Um that's not to take away the fact that there still could be surprises, but it's really that idea of Agatha not being the villain like she is. Like she really is, and we should really just be okay with that. And that's yep. fine, because Catherine Hahn has done a great job. Um, and again, I think a similar situation with the aerospace engineer. I'm kind of on that train, mm-hmm. too. Like, it was yep. what it was. Like, it, it wasn't meant to be anything. It wasn't meant to actually be somebody important. It was just to set up the fact that Monica got her powers. So Makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I, you know, I don't know if you have any extra thoughts nope. on that, but I just had to... I kind of had to get that off my chest, because it was, it, was it was kind of a thing, but... Even with that said, I still think the last two episodes, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that they're going to be spectacular mm-hmm. and end off in a great way. So we'll stay tuned and we'll obviously see what happens over the course of the next couple of weeks with WandaVision. And of course, we will be back next week to talk about episode eight. So let us know what you thought about um, Breaking the Fourth Wall, episode seven of WandaVision. Hit us up at Two Black Nerds on social media. I don't want to go back there. The only way forward. We have to talk about this week's episode of WandaVision. This is the eighth episode of this series, and it was titled Previously On, which was extremely appropriate for this week's episode. Um, We are absolutely heading to the finish line with this series. We're getting very close to the finale, of course, which is going to happen next week. Um, And there's just a lot to hit, man. There's a lot of things. And, And before we get into all of this stuff... We, of course, will talk about spoilers with this week's episode of WandaVision. So if you've not had a chance to see it, go watch it on Disney Plus right now. 
come back and listen to us to hear everything that we think about this episode. Uh, but, you know, before we get into the specifics, because we got to break this episode down beat by beat, um, what are your quick, like, 30-second high-level thoughts about episode eight? Mm, quick 30-second high-level thoughts. I will say this is easily close to... It's probably top two episodes for me. Um, a lot happens. The performances, I thought, were the best they've ever been. There's a lot of emotion in this episode um, that they have to have. But also, it's the episode, you've heard me say in previous um, in previous podcast episodes from us, that it just, it's some of these previous episodes just didn't get a lot done. This episode got a lot done. Um, so I was again. It's probably top two of my favorite episodes, man. Again, before we get into it, I like. I really liked it a lot. Uh, what did you think? It it was fantastic. I think that this is the the apex of this show thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, I think, the best episode that they've put out so far. Um, you can you can certainly make the case for for you know one or two other ones, mm-hmm. but this is for me. This is definitely, I think, the best one. Um, Everything you said is is spot on. The performances, the information that was revealed, the pacing, the the structure, and the way that it was carried out, just all done so magnificently. And it was also not what I expected. It absolutely subverted my expectations. Um, I thought that this was going to be a different type of episode. And what I know, last week we talked like, yeah, they got to get to the action. Like we thought that like it made sense. Like it's going to probably be like big action spectacle at this point. Mm -hmm. And they no, they are. They are not putting their foot on that gas just yet. They gave us one more very critical episode to to really unpack what's going on, and I'm glad that they did that. Mm -hmm. I guess my only criticism about this, very, very minor. I mean, last week they told us that it was Agatha all along. They might have overstated that just a bit because – it's really it's Wanda all along. Right? It's really Wanda all along. Exactly. It really is. So Monica was right. Monica mm-hmm. was right oh. from the beginning mm-hmm. when when she said that it's it's, it's all Wanda. Um, I know that I did not believe her when she said that, but that is that is absolutely the truth. So with all of that said, man, let's go ahead and dive right into all these specifics. So this episode, um, the way that I see it, sort of we'll we'll talk about big themes and big plot points. Of course, the way that I see it, it was almost like a dual origin story in a sense. Like we mm-hmm. got two origin stories in one. Yep. Um, we, we, we got Wanda's of course, which we'll get to in a second, which is more of a retelling of, of what we already heard in Avengers age of Ultron, because she explained the situation of how her and Pietro became orphans, but we actually got to see it in this episode. So that was sort of an origin story for Wanda with some extra contextual information. But then we also saw the origin mostly of Agatha Harkness, right? So this episode begins in Salem, Massachusetts in 1693, long, long time ago, and we see that Agatha is essentially arrested, and she's being um, held at the stake for practicing forbidden dark magic and for trying to um, really excel beyond where she was at that point in time of being a witch. And so her mother was the one essentially, you know, sort of being like the judge in this in this instance and, and was condemning her for, for practicing this dark magic. And, and Agatha was like, well, no, the, the magic bent its will to me. You know, I'm not, I don't want to do any bad. I, I can be good. You know, the magic bent its will to me, but the mother did not want to hear it. And in short, we saw this coven of witches uh, attack Agatha, really to, to, I think, to destroy her mm-hmm. and end her. But... Agatha's power just completely consumed them. She sucked all of their power from their bodies 
so much so that they ended up like decomposing expeditiously in real time and and died. Mm -hmm. You know, she was that powerful that she took all of their power. And the same thing with her mother. Her mother tried to give her the final blow. It did not work. She took all of her mother's power. And that really set us off on that on that plot, you know, to to, to get this episode started and, and really sort of shape who Agatha is, where she comes from. And now that we know for a fact she is absolutely a, a, a true witch and she's hundreds of years old and you know she just sort of dropped in on on Westview to really just kind of kind of show up and we'll talk more about why she did that in a second but what did you think about you know this whole Agatha setup when you saw it yeah so even in, in uh, Agatha's I guess comic book um, origins it, you know they kind of make it seem like the Salem Witch Trials was about her actually being persecuted at for being a witch, you know, and I think it's really interesting how Marvel here decided to switch it, right? They're like, no, this is a coven of witches, and Agatha just ain't doing right. You know, I thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. um, thing going on here. And, but there's there's another thing with Agatha's mother that uh, that might make sense later, but where she she has a crown on her head, right? Like, wow, you know, she's performing these these magical acts, and it's like, okay. Agatha's mother was like the queen of the coven, right? Um, which I, I'm not sure if they all had that brooch on, but you know, after Agatha also ends up killing her mother, you know, she ends up taking her mother's brooch, which is interesting. But you can see that Agatha does not get that same uh, crown on her head after she does, you know, decompose the rest of the sorcerers or the rest of the witches um, uh, that happen. So, you know, it's like a, it's like Agatha is on this quest for power, right? Um, um, that we see, but also she, you can tell she's on this, it kind of feels like she's on this quest for the crown, you know, to be her mother, to be the, the queen of the coven, um, or, or, or whatever you have it. So, um, yeah, I love what they did here. I love how, uh, MCU, they took some origins and they made it their own. And I thought it was a really good job. Well done. Yeah, the quest for power piece is really important, um, I think, as, as to her character's motivations, and we'll explore that in a second. So after we get that set up, we, we fast forward to the present day of where the story is taking place, and as we know that that last episode ended off, Agatha you know, essentially now has Wanda um, in, in, in cuffs. She has her binded, and they're exchanging you know, dialogue back and forth, and Agatha is a little, I think she's a little dumbfounded at Wanda because... Mm-hmm. Wanda doesn't know the basics of like magical spells like she's having to teach her in the moment. And then I remember there was that moment in the, in the you know, between the two where Wanda's like, who are you? And Agatha, Agatha was like, who are you? You know, because she's <laughs> like, how do you have this power? But you don't know the basics. Right. You don't know what a you don't know what a rune is, mm-hmm. you know, because she did the runes around the room where Wanda couldn't perform any spells. So you can actually see that Agatha doesn't have all of the information, which leads us to the whole premise of this episode. It was damn near like a. It was like a 40-minute therapy session, in a sense, because we revisited Wanda's past in more ways than one, which led us to Sokovia. Mm -hmm. And so in order to get information and to really see how Wanda came to create Westview and how she came into this power, we have to go backwards. And so... Agatha essentially created these rooms that they could travel back t- back in time to 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 sort of observe, you know, what what what's Wanda's life been up been like up until this point. So we go back to Sokovia, Wanda and Pietro, young children, and they're with their parents in their apartment. Um, again, as we know, they explain the situation in Age of Ultron of what happened to their parents, but we actually get answers as to why this entire 
show has been formatted as a sitcom and paying paying tribute to these old sitcoms. So we find out that Wanda's father actually sold American imported DVDs of old sitcoms, the Dick Van Dyke show. I love Lucy, Malcolm in the Middle, you know, Family Ties. He actually opens up the suitcase and has DVD collections of all these all these old sitcoms. He used to sell them to, to get a little bit of extra money. And the ones that he didn't sell, he would bring back home and the family would, would watch them all together. And Wanda's favorite, you know, was the Dick Van Dyke show, which makes a ton of sense because that was the that was the impetus for this whole new reality. That's where it started and everything sort of came from that um and then you know shortly thereafter they're sitting there watching the dick van dyke show um together as a family you have to know that it's coming soon the apartment does get bombed again this was explained in avengers age of ultron um and we see that wanda and pietro survive the bombing however the parents do not and in this moment is a really really important thing because you see the stark industries missile come into the apartment again wanda and pietro are still alive but we see the Stark Industries missile come in, but it doesn't go off. It doesn't explode. At this moment, Agatha approaches Wanda because they're watching it from their perspective. They're watching the moment unfold. And, you know, Wanda said, you know, we just assume it was a faulty missile. And Agatha's like, well, how long were you in this apartment? And they were like two days. And so Agatha's like, mm, sounds like a probability hex, mm-hmm. which will we'll dive more into it on the next the next little segment because yeah. I think it, it pretty much becomes confirmed in the next segment but mm-hmm. we're teasing the idea here that Wanda has been special this entire time mm-hmm. the 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 mind stone which we've been led to believe gave her powers might not have 100% been accurate let's let's table that for the next segment what what did you think about just the whole framing of the fact that we learned why why this whole show has been based off of sitcoms of the past and the interaction between, of course, Wanda, Pietro, their parents, and just sort of this retelling and revisioning of, of their origin story in the MCU. Yeah, this is um, kind of what I already figured was the case, right? Um, in a lot of ways, I was like, Wanda must have watched all these shows um, when she was younger. You know, that's what kind of what, what I already uh, had always took from it um, at this point. And... It, this is kind of just a confirmation for me. Like, okay, this is exactly where it comes from. Like you said, her dad sold these DVDs um, of of all the TV shows we have been seeing up to this point. What I also like is kind of the um, the the muting of of the the sitcoms in this episode. Right? It's like, all right, we're done with the sitcoms here, and this is why we're done with the sitcoms. Though now let's take a look into why the sitcoms. I kind of like that that formula um, that that Marvel does here. They're like, all right, we're 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 good on the sitcoms here. Here's where we where we got this from, and it's just it's interesting, right? Because now stuff is starting to come along in terms of all right. Now it's confirmed. This is where the beeps come from, from the toaster and the commercial. You know what I mean? It comes mm-hmm. from the Tony. It comes from the from the Stark bomb. It's like that is confirmation. All right, we are hundred percent. There is no longer. You know what I mean? There's no longer any speculation. It's like this is it. And so, mm-hmm. um, and, and again, in this instant, I like it's like it's like the beginning of the wrap up. It's kind of what it feels like. Um, and so I, I appreciated it. Yeah this this was. This was just so well done. Um, it, it was a really emotional moment to just see her excitement and her happiness as a yeah. young little girl watching these sitcoms. Um, it just it makes one hundred percent sense, you know, as to why mm-hmm. that was her frame of reference for creating 
the Westview reality that she ended up creating. Um, and it, it just, you could just, you could feel the love that existed between that family. And it just kind of kickstarted this sort of epic story of grief and trauma that Wanda has dealt with for almost as long as she can remember, um, which is a really, really sad thing to think about. Unfortunately, it does not get any better. Agatha still has questions. She still has to pick apart what, what this all really means. Right. So the next thing that we see, the next segment, we go to, Wanda is a teenager. She's a little bit older now. And this is when she's, you know, essentially sort of sort of a prisoner of Hydra at this point. She signs up to be a part of like this anti-rebellious group um, because she doesn't like Tony Stark. She doesn't like what he represents. And so she's she's signing up to be a part of this this rebellion against him and the Avengers and everything that they represent. Um, Come to find out that that's also that's also simultaneously um, a part of what Hydra is doing really under the table and experimenting on people. And we see in this facility that uh, Wanda has now, you know, become the latest test subject to, to, to basically try her luck at, at touching, touching the, uh, the, the, the scepter that they have, low-key scepter, which we all know had the Mind Stone locked within it. And we find out that everybody who touched it before her died nobody actually survived and we see this unfold we see wanda approach the scepter and eventually the mind stone reveals itself it comes out of the the protective shell that it was a part of in low-key scepter it reveals itself wanda essentially touches it she does not die it actually unlocks the mind stone it, it, it explodes with power and we see i mean the most striking visual that i think we've seen this far in this episode we see a silhouette of the traditional Scarlet Witch costume that we all associate with Wanda along with that crown, which, mm-hmm. you know, again, you mentioned earlier, we saw on the on the, the, the mother of the coven at the beginning of the episode. We see the silhouette of Wanda. And, I, you know, I sort of, as I, as I was looking at this, I'm like, well, this must be, this must be sort of a look into the future. Like it is the Mind Stone, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And we know that that has traditionally been the, the costume that Wanda, the Scarlet Witch, has had in, in the comic books. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, this must be a look into the future. And, you know, again, that 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 energy explodes. And so Wanda ends up a, unconscious. And then fast forward to the next scene. She's in her cell watching more sitcoms. This time she's watching the Brady Bunch. So she's been able to, to take these DVDs along with her. And then we switch back to the perspective of both Wanda and Agatha unpacking everything that's happening. And in this moment, Agatha says, so the Infinity Stone amplified with what otherwise would have died on the vine, which in essence confirms that Wanda has had special powers this entire time. Mm -hmm. She's had them, I think we're led to believe since she was born and only the Infinity Stone, only the Mind Stone tapped into those powers mm-hmm. and unlocked them even more and made her even more powerful than she already was. But that last episode in, in the Sokovian apartment, it, it pretty much gets confirmed. I think through, you know, through the conversation that Wanda was responsible for keeping the Stark industries bomb from going off in the apartment. Mm-hmm. Wanda is the reason that her and Pietro survived to begin with. She probably unbeknownst to her protected them from actually dying in that, in that situation. Cause really, I mean, a bomb hits your apartment. There's no way you can survive that. That's why both of their parents die. But if Wanda has powers, right. she can protect her and Pietro from that situation. Cause he was right next to her, mm-hmm. even though she wouldn't have known it. Same thing with the bomb. She actually held that bomb at bay for two whole days. Um, and I think her as a young girl, I totally buy into it just because 
she probably knows that she's different, but she can't she can't really fathom what it means. She can't verbalize like what it is mm-hmm. about her. She can't she can't make sense of it and say like, yeah, I'm absolutely like different. I have superpowers or I'm a witch or whatever it may be. Yeah. As a young girl, you, you wouldn't know that. And even as a as a teenager, as a young adult, I, I still think you would you would be aware of these things, but if they haven't been unlocked and tapped into you're not really no, you're you're not really gonna know what that all means for you. So it wasn't until the Mind Stone unlocked those powers for her that it really amplified everything about her and made her stronger and and gave her all of the the powers that we've seen her utilize in the in the variety of movies like Age of Ultron, Civil War, Infinity War, etc. So this was huge. I oh, thought that yeah. this was just like a a really really big reveal for this show Ginormous. because it just. It it changed everything we know about this character. Mm-hmm. It changes all perceptions that we had. We we just always assumed because they told us her and Pietro got their powers from the Mind Stone. Mm-hmm. While that may be true for Pietro, it, it's definitely not the case for Wanda anymore. Um, which obviously has more implications, which we will eventually get to by the last scene of this episode. But how, what do you what do you think about just this? I think it's the biggest reveal obviously the biggest reveal of this show but i i think it's actually one of the bigger reveals of the mcu as a whole oh. what did you what did you think about this whole moment they have finally done it man so i'll, I'll never forget the first time i see the post credit scene of wanda and pietro kind of trapped in the room and they're like oh blah 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 the experiments and as the nerd i am right i already knew who both of both of them were right i was like oh it's pietro and wanda but experiments, it pissed me off. Like, it made me so mad because I know at their true essence, they're mutants, right? Uh, and again, commonly known as as Magneto's children. But, you know, at, at that time, we don't have the, the Fox asset, right? It's just Disney and Marvel at that point. And this moment made me, I don't know, what the, uh, un, unpissed the word? It reversed my, uh, my <laughs> anger a little bit, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. dang, y'all did that really well. Like, because... Mm-hmm. What I what I what I don't what I want to understand is if Marvel already knew they were covering their tracks, or did they feel uh, you know what I'm trying to say, or did they? What was it kind of? They accident? came up with a really yeah yeah they came up with a creative solution to, exactly. to a question that they had to answer at some point exactly, and I, I'm not sure which one it is, but they yeah they 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 did their thing here. Um, like you said, this is huge. So what what's also really interesting is that that silhouette um, that you brought up, right? Um, that that of course we when you look at it, it's like nah, bro, that's Scarlet Witch. Um, I even seen somebody turn down the contrast a little bit. It's like nah, bro, that's freaking uh, Elizabeth. <laughs> that's Elizabeth Olsen. Clearly, that's Elizabeth right. Olsen. Um, but it's to me, it feels more interdimensional than it does time traveling mm. that we see in Endgame. You know, mm-hmm. um, and what we have confirmed that we know is going to happen at some point is that Scarlet Witch is going to be in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, right? And uh, you know, you're talking. We're talking about Wanda as a as a young girl. She doesn't know. She knows she's different, but she doesn't know how to do anything. You know what I mean? She can kind of feel it, and it doesn't happen too often. Um, you know, probability hexes were also r- really part of her origins in early comics. Like that was the thing she did. She manipulated probability, probability of things that were going to happen. That was like you know part of her powers. And th- if you think about every great anime, uh, the main character has a teacher that just is what it is, right? Like, and if you don't have a teacher. You ain't gonna know what to do. And Wanda, up until this point, has had no teacher. She does. She probably didn't even know what a witch was. 
you know, she she's like a hex who? What are you talking about, Agatha? You know, she's literally putting mm-hmm. all these pieces together. And kind of in my mind, I'm wondering if, um, you know, we we after the events of WandaVision, will we get to a point where she seeks that that guidance in the Sorcerer Supreme? You know, mm. um, they, they, they haven't been able to talk at this point, you know, to each other, really. Um, they were probably really only close to each other in the battle for the end game. You know, that was so much madness. You know, there's no way that Dr. Strange would have, you know, time to actually be like, hey, Wanda, you're really strong. Let's talk about that. Like, you know, mm. I don't think any of that has happened. So I think uh, I think this is an important episode that could possibly connect those dots again, because that, that, that Wanda that we see in that silhouette feels really interdimensional, futurish kind of Wanda. Um, and I feel like that future Wanda made sure that moment happened or something, you know, and, and I think we'll get more answers to that. Uh, if not, again, we probably won't see it in WandaVision, but I think it will play out in something like a Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. Um, also, we we got to talk about it, bro. This it feels like a formula just happened, right? Where there's this thing that existed in Wanda that not until she touches this mind stone that mm-hmm. makes her more powerful. That that to me that feels like a an equation if I've ever seen one, right? And I would say it, it I, w- I would say it felt isolated only if it wasn't isolated because we just went through this with Monica Rambeau. There's that really quick scene that I don't, you that we all seen it when she first comes back from the snap and she knocks this dude over really hard and it's like <laughs> yeah you kind of powerful you yeah. kind of strong because at first it's like okay you could just be a strong woman right but or was it something that is potentially untapped and then yeah something from a stone you know what i mean kind of activates which w- which would be the hex in her case right Act- the stone activates right. um something within you and you become powerful so what if we actually maybe have a new equation right um to for 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 p- potential for mutants to enter or for you know really anything we already know the hex is going to change things right we know that um by nature but i think maybe both monica and uh wanda herself maybe you know, the beginning of, of figuring out that equation coming from the MCU. Um, we, we, we just haven't laid it out and figured it all out yet. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, so, yeah, man, I think this is this, this can be huge um, in, in the future of the MCU. Really, really, really big scene, even though it was like really not even that long. It was like really important, really, really important. So crazy. Absolutely. The implications are monumental. I will uh, I'll revisit the, the conversation about the M word at the end of the episode because uh, I have some thoughts on that for sure. But let's go ahead and transition. You know, Agatha, she still needs she still needs more information. She doesn't have every piece of the puzzle that she needs to figure out what this what this equation is, you know, um, mm-hmm. to, to, to see how Westview was birthed and who Wanda really, really is to her essence. And so we go to Avengers Compound, which we're, we're, we're led to believe that this is probably happening right before Civil War. Um, as we see that Wanda and Vision are both living at Avengers Compound, and as Wanda said, this was the first home that they shared together. They were essentially sort of next door neighbors, um, you know, had bedrooms next to each other, and so we see Vision, you know, walk through the the wall <laughs> just like he did in Civil War, mm-hmm. um, which is always funny, and it's even funnier to see him like wearing sweaters. Um, you know, he's a whole synthesoid, but he's like wearing normal clothes. But you know, he 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 goes, and she's she's in her room watching another sitcom. This time, she's watching Malcolm in the Middle. 
Um, shout out to Brian Cranston. He got a, a quick cameo in the show on, on the Malcolm in the Middle episode. And she's sitting there. She's obviously sad. Um, you know, not really herself. And Vision is, you know, speaking to her and asking her questions and things of that nature. So they're exchanging dialogue. And Wanda's just explaining how her grief feels and, and what it feels like to her um, because she still is processing the death of Pietro at that point. It was right after Age of Ultron. And that's really, again, you know, we've talked about it, but I think that that just, that really, for me, wrote home what this show is all about. It's about how to deal with grief, you know, and I I joked about this being a, you know, a 40 minute therapy session, but I really think that's what it is. A lot of the times at therapy, you have to reexamine your past to contextualize your present, right? And that's exactly what this episode did. And so we're hearing her explain this and how hard it is for her and, and just how difficult this whole process is and how she can just never really overcome these terrible feelings because she has just these you know really traumatic events happen all the time throughout her life it's really all she's ever known unfortunately and vision is trying to to understand how she feels but it's hard for him because he explains that he's never lost anyone he doesn't know what it feels like to lose he doesn't know the lack he doesn't know what any of that means so if you've never experienced that you don't know how to process those feelings but as Vision always does, man, he comes with just uh, the best lines. The The writing in this scene was just exceptional. And Vision says, I think the the line of the show, the MVP line of the, the entire series, if I had to pick out one, he says to Wanda, what is grief if not love persevering? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, my, what the fuck? What did you just do? Balls. You just... You just made all of this in just that one quick line. You just made all of this worth it. Mm. Like that one line, Mm -hmm. I I promise you, man, again, I know we've been somewhat critical of the pacing of the show. Yeah. uh, Somewhat critical of the, 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 how we move ahead and how we get information Mm -hmm. and how fast or how slow they get to certain things. There is essentially been no action in this show at all like there's been really none Mm -hmm. and when i heard that line and how emotional it made me it just made me it made me realize like that that was worth the price of admission Mm -hmm. that made this whole thing worth it like i'm of course looking forward to the next episode i'm really excited to see where it all ends and i hope it ends on a really high positive well not positive but just a high exciting note for where the story is going to go next in dr strange but if nothing else, that really did it for me. I was just like, that. that's what this is all about. Mm-hmm. That's what the the purpose and the story behind this episode is. So I, I really just got to shout out the writing on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jack Schaefer, she just she just really did it with the, with, with that line there. So um, this whole scene for me was was really emotional. They did they did a really great job. Um, any any quick thoughts just about the interaction between Wanda and Vision in this part? Yeah, man, it's really interesting because coming into um, the MCU in general, you first meet Wanda, you first meet Vision, right? A lot of people, you just really don't care about these characters. Me either, admittedly, right? Um, I do have a little thing with Wanda just because I've known her for a very long time. I did know of Vision, but Wanda I've seen more. Um, whether that be in a couple comics or in like X-Men Evolutions where um, I really got comfortable with Wanda. Um, but here is this is the moment where Marvel goes and this is why we want you to care about them now or this is how you care about them now right is it, it it takes us into a moment a moment into what it, all this is about and now you have these these characters that 
a lot of people in the world have never known um, until a couple years ago, right? And here they are with, again, amazing performances telling you what is Greece? grief if not love persevering. Like, that is it. Like, this is why you love them now. And I thought, like you said, it was just so well done. And, and man, what, what better time than, than now, like you said, to make us kind of resolve the, the episode before the last. You know, it's like, oh, man. It's almost like an exhale. Everything up mm. until then, I, I kind of feel like, you know, we, were, we, 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 didn't, we, we weren't breathing yet. And mm-hmm. right there in that moment, I feel like the show took a really big exhale. Like, okay, this is why we're here. And so I, I thought it was great, man. Yeah, big step forward, absolutely, for both of these characters. And that, that really, for me, felt like the moment that they probably fell in love with each other, that they connected with each other yeah. in a really deep and personal way. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you get to Civil War, I mean, you know, again, being comic book heads like we are and knowing where the characters end up in the comics at the end of age of Ultron, when vision rescues her from, you know, the falling rock onto Sokovia, it's like, Oh yeah, they mm-hmm. were together in the comics. That's where they're going. Right. And you fast forward to civil war and they're sort of playing their romance for a little bit of comedy at certain points. Cause vision, he's a synthesoid. So human attributes and feelings and emotions. He doesn't really understand those things. And Wanda has to explain all of that stuff to him. It's funny, right? It's funny Mm -hmm. and it's cute to see her teach him how to be normal and how to be a human. But we never got that emotional reason as to why they fell in love with each other. And this was that moment. Again, it just recontextualized their whole history. And it makes so much sense as to why they connected, but even more so why Vision was probably the perfect person mm-hmm. for Wanda, really. Yeah. Why why that, that worked out so well for her and why she felt a, just such a deep connection to him. So I thought it was just brilliantly done. For sure. Um, the next sequence that we see um, to, to, again, change everything we thought about what actually happened to what really happened, we fast forward, again, to present day S.W.O.R.D. headquarters. And so we were led to believe up until this episode that, Vi- that excuse me, Wanda stole Vision's body from S.W.O.R.D. headquarters. They retrieved his body after he was killed in Infinity War. We're led to believe, based on the footage that Director Hayward show- showed us earlier in the season, that Wanda came to their headquarters and kidnapped his body and sort of, you know, reanimated him and created him within this hex. Well... Turns out he's a liar Mm -hmm. and a dick because that's not true. So she shows up. She wants Vision's body because she wants to at least give him a funeral, you know, and bury him and and have that that closure. And so she eventually comes face to face with Hayward. And she's like, you know, you're going to give him to me. Right. And he's like, you know, I just want you to see. I just want you to see him. Mm -hmm. And we see that Vision has basically just been disassembled. He's been taken apart. They're examining his body. Um, they're, they're, they're researching it and figuring out all of the different specifications and, and everything involving his body. And Wanda's very upset at this because, I mean, who wouldn't be? What, what would you think if you just went to a morgue and you saw your loved one's body just completely taken apart mm-hmm. without your permission? Mm-hmm. It's just a terrible thing to see. And so it was really, really upsetting for her. I think upsetting for the audience as well. And, you know, Hayward explains to her you know we can't just let you walk out of here with three billion dollars worth of vibranium just to put it in the ground like that's not going to happen and he also says something i feel like he planted this idea in her head he did some deception he said you know not all of us have the ability to bring our loved ones back online Mm -hmm. oh excuse me back to life and 
she's like, what do you mean? I can't do that. And I feel like he did that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like he did that just to see what she could possibly do mm-hmm. for Vision. He probably had the assumption that she could do something like that. So he let her go down to, to Vision's body, I think just to see what she can possibly do. Um, but she just looks at Vision and she says that I can't feel you, mm. which is, you know, a call back to Infinity War, you know, when they had that moment that they share with each other that they both said, I just feel you. Mm-hmm. Um, again, more emotional resonance for their for their relationship. And she leaves. She does not take Vision's body with her. She leaves and she goes out to her car. Um, and, and we see within her car, there's an envelope in her passenger seat. We don't know what it is quite yet, but she's in her car and she drives to Westview, New Jersey, um, which we find out within this world is a real place. It's fictional in real life, but in this world, it is a real place. She drives to Westview. It's kind of a dump of a town. Um, not the greatest place it looks like, but it is right after the the blip. So Mm -hmm. things just look really desolate and not put together. Eventually she arrives at a empty lot and she walks into the empty lot and we see that uh she opens the envelope and we find out that vision had purchased this this property to to eventually build a house for for him and wanda and on the note it said to grow old in um and that was just i mean she just broke down as who wouldn't in that moment right when she realized Mm -hmm. like wow this person that i love so deeply purchased land for us to create a home and her grief and her anger and her pain in that moment, her sadness just exploded into unprecedented power we have not seen in the MCU, I don't think. She literally constructs that house. The power expands and explodes even more, and it eventually creates the hex as we know it. All of Westview reverts again to what we saw in episode one, that 1950s sitcom, very 1950s aesthetic, and... Also in this moment, we see the birth of this new vision, you know. So, again, it's not like she took Vision's body and and, and brought him back to life in Westview. Vision was reborn out of her, you Mm -hmm. know. In this moment, we see the power of the Mind Stone at work because we see her power, which has been illuminated in red typically. We see Vision coming out of her, literally like out of her soul, out of her heart, the yellow, which is the, the, the color of the Mind Stone. And this is how Vision is, is reborn in this universe. Not with the memories of the, the, the vision that we knew because that vision is gone. This is a new vision that she created out of, I mean, she created it spontaneously. And it was just, it, it, again, it revealed for us that uh, this was really her all along. This was all Wanda. She created everything here. She's the one responsible. Um, but it was just a true showcase and testament to how powerful she really really is so yeah um yeah we we got a lot of information in that moment and again wanda eventually herself stepped into the sitcom reality and it basically kind of took us back to episode one Mm -hmm. and we we saw what happened there um so yeah man what what were your thoughts on just all this information that unfolded the fact that wanda did not steal vision's body and that she she really did create westview on her own what a really cool plot twist um for her not to steal vision's body right um it's one of those red herrings that we've been talking about all these times you know we're like dang is why is vision's body walking around why can't Mm -hmm. why can't he leave the hex that's why he can't leave the hex we have the answer to that now but it's really interesting how um when when we see wanda in that moment looking at vision just he's literally torn apart like his his Mm. head is separated from his arms his arms separated from his legs it is 
it is both literal and I mean physical and spiritual in a way right she literally cannot feel him anymore because he's just not there like even though like imagine old vision was still alive right and his leg was like i don't know taken apart somehow she would probably still be able to feel him but his, the essence of vision isn't there and that right. is what she's looking yeah. for and uh, can you imagine just how devastating that is just that whole part was just like dang bro like is that is that what we doing now um one of my one of my favorite parts about when Wanda is building the house in Vision is all of it is coming from her heart. Like the mm-hmm. whole thing is coming out of her chest. And it's 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 beautiful in a lot of ways, right? Um but it's also heartbreaking in a lot of ways. Um that that she's built up all this anguish and grief. Um and and also, you know, it's important to note that, you know, throughout the series, she's always said, I don't know how this happened. She's done all this on accident. Imagine imagine hurting so bad that you do this without even knowing it, right? Like, mm. it's almost like a blackout, you know? Like a, like a heartbreak blackout is literally what she had. She's like, I don't know how I got here, but I'm here, you know, kind of type thing. And, and, and that's really interesting. What, what I want to speak to, you know, about her power is, you know, kind of the idea – or um, the feel of how she she has created vision and like it's like straight vibranium mm-hmm. like yeah. vision is a lot of vibranium right so imagine you know it's just like I don't know up until this point we have already known Wanda to be this powerful I mean, I, I've already known Wanda to be this powerful right this this moment is straight out of House of M like Wanda made these twins without having any kids, <laughs> you know, without doing the act of having kids. And she she creates reality. And that is beyond powerful, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I just I just think it's it's we're finally getting to the point where people are understanding. No, Wanda is quite literally the most powerful person in the MCU. We, mm-hmm. It needs to it. They're, they're, Marvel's like, no, y'all need to see this. This is what she can do. <laughs> we have to show you now. Yeah, like, like if there were ever questions, like they 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 teased it and and made a joke of it in the mm-hmm. fact that like yeah, she almost beat Thanos, mm-hmm. and they were arguing like, well, you know, Captain Marvel was close, and it's like, hey man. I don't know. We we would have to see them like go head to head to see what would happen, mm-hmm. but they're making a very very strong case very, very. that Wanda is the strongest Avenger. Absolutely. Uh, Sorry, Thor. Sorry, Banner. Like it's not y'all. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the witch. It's 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 Wanda. It, the Vavich. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, that that provided Agatha all of the answers that she needed, that she was looking for. That that gave her all of the clarity that she was hoping to seek out in this episode, and it led us to the big reveal. So at the end of the episode, you know, Agatha she she's watching this moment unfold, and she you know sort of claps and and does all of that to to, to be really sarcastic, and then she apparates like out of the the audience and into the streets of Westview. And then we hear Tommy and Billy screaming. And so um, Wanda goes out into the streets and she see that Agatha has them, you know, sort of by the throat. She has them, you know, binded by the throat. And she says to her, you know, I know who you are. Mm -hmm. You know, I really know who you are now. You're supposed to be a myth. Mm. Um, And she said, you know, you're using this magic to make breakfast for dinner. You know, really teasing everything that Wanda has done up until this point. And Agatha says that this is chaos magic. You are the Scarlet Witch, which 
was epic as hell, a, a, a truly epic way to end the episode. We, you know, we, we've talked about the Scarlet Witch being a thing, obviously, in the comics, and we, we've never heard the name officially uttered in the MCU up until this point. And it's interesting, again, how that, you know, again, the MCU and Marvel Studios, they're recontextualizing things that we know and making making canon their own mm-hmm. version of, like, canon. Like, the Scarlet Witch in the comics has just been what we've called Wanda Maximoff, just yeah. like we call Steve Rogers Captain America. We call Tony Stark Iron Man. That was just her name. Now the Scarlet Witch is being treated more like a title, mm-hmm. like something, something higher, a higher being the highest... <clears throat> Excuse me, the highest level of witch, I suppose, that you could really, really have yeah. in this universe, the most powerful witch that you can have, which, again, elevates Wanda above the rest of the pack. Um, it was a huge, epic, epic moment um, to, to, to really see that happen, which really is setting the stage for next week and, and what that showdown is going to be. Um, but it was, I think it was, it was a great way to end the episode and to really bestow that official name and title upon Wanda, um, and chaos magic. That's also something from the comics. Mm -hmm. That term has been used before there as well, which we know in this situation, you know, Wanda has the ability to spontaneously create life, at least within this universe that she's, that she's manifested, which Again, that level of power is just never before seen within within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So it was a huge epic moment, a, a great way to end this episode and to really leave us wanting more and ready for, for the next episode. Um, again, I have some more thoughts just quickly to say about just like what it means for Wanda as a character and her being a witch and all these different things. But, you know, uh, how did you feel when, when we finally got her, her official name, you know, sort of in the canon of the MCU now? Man, my mom texted me. She was like, I don't understand. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Like, oh, oh, mom, man, this is a huge fan service moment. It's really what it is, um, because if you know, if you know anything about the character, even if you don't, people still know her, have known her to Scarlet Witch up until now. Like, it really did even doubt on me until we're in that meeting with Hayward and Monica Rambeau. You know, and they're they're really doing the rundown of what's going on. It really didn't occur to me until then that they had, didn't use um, the the alias of Scarlet Witch. I was like, dang, they really haven't. You know, she's been wanted mm-hmm. this whole time. So I loved um, I love this moment. It really did feel comic booky because because they did change it. You know, comics are cool because there's different storylines and they change things and other storylines. And then it was like. <gasps> she's a real witch you know what i mean that's kind of i was like oh shoot she's a real it, it felt really good um and i thought it was it was really cool uh especially agatha is just she, she's killing it um she's killing it here oh, man. she's having Catherine a great Catherine Hahn is having a great time 100%. such a great time yeah. and she was in her full costume like it looked very hocus pocus she had the mm-hmm. full costume we, we saw that and and the hair and the makeup it was it was glorious i thought she looked great in that moment Absolutely. um for yeah. sure it was pretty cool yeah, you know, you mentioned something earlier that I think also applies to this situation as well um, in the fact that, like, I, I really wonder, like, did Marvel know all of this time? Like, mm-hmm. when they introduced Wanda in, in Age of Ultron, did Kevin Feige say, like, I'm not going to give her her name yet. I'm going to wait until we can hopefully explore her in her own movie or show, and we're going to have a story. Like, did they have the forethought six years ago to mm-hmm. hold off on ever calling her the Scarlet Witch? I mean, we could ask that about so many things in the MCU. Did they have the forethought to never say Avengers Assemble until until Endgame, right? right? Like, right. <laughs> may, I, at a certain point, maybe they did. Maybe it was just a, a really lucky coincidence, and they, re, you know, they realized it like, 
two years before, three years before, like, we haven't said Avengers Endgame, or Avengers Assemble yet, like, we're gonna save that for the last movie, might be the same thing with the Scarlet Witch, and it just really worked out, I don't know, either way, it's just brilliant, but, um, yeah, epic moment, like you say, super, super big fan service here, which is just great, because it's earned, it's it's very much earned, Mm -hmm. you know, it works so well, because it happens in the penultimate episode, it didn't happen in episode two, they made us work for it, they made us come back and stick around, and watch week to week, which is really prove fruitful for this show just because of all the theories and speculation we've been able to do over the course of the past seven weeks you know now eight leading up to to the season or the series maybe even the series finale but you know what I want to say about Wanda is that I you know I really think I, I really think it's clear that and, you know, and it's possible. It's really possible now. Now that we know that she's always had her powers, mm-hmm. and that the Mind Stone has tapped into them and unlocked them even more, um, it is possible that this could be really clever setup for mutants and the X Men in the in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. As as we literally just said, mm-hmm. some things can be coincidence for them, and some things are very much planned out and very specific. So. This could be that, but I don't know. The way that I read this whole thing is that Wanda is a is a witch, like a true born and bred witch, and right. that's unrelated, I think, to anything mutant, mm-hmm. you know, related. Just because those seem like two different concepts to me, it could be possible. It mm-hmm. could be related back to mutants, but I would I would also say that you know how could we not also apply that same logic to Agatha Harkness, mm-hmm. like. Is she not just a born witch, right? Like we wouldn't call her a mutant. She's mm-hmm. a witch, and I, so I think, I think that that's what Wanda is. Obviously, there's still questions there. Like, what does that mean for Pietro? Mm-hmm. You know, how how was Pietro able to theoretically touch the Mind Stone and get powers? Maybe Wanda protected him in that moment as well, just like she did in the Sokovian apartment. We don't really know, and I don't know if we will will ever know because I feel like Pietro's story is pretty much over mm-hmm. at this point. I think, I think. I think he's done. Um, Don't know that for sure, but I I would assume that he's probably done. Um, But, you know, I really think I really think that that's where we're speaking to here, that Wanda is the most powerful witch that ever existed. And that's what the Scarlet Witch represents in particular. Right. And Mm -hmm. we're going to unpack that and and explore that in the future. And like to your point, what you said earlier, perhaps that comes in the form of, you know, future mentorship from like the Sorcerer Supreme and Doctor Strange. Maybe he can help contextualize what all this means maybe help her hone in her power. Maybe that's a part of her role in, in, in you know, in Doctor Strange too. We'll have to wait and see. But nonetheless, I mean, so many questions answered, so many things contextualized and recontextualized here, um, but still so many questions obviously heading mm-hmm. into the finale next week that we that we still don't know um, what's going to happen with Monica. We saw at the la- end of last episode, you know, Pietro and her had an encounter what is going to happen to Pietro? We found out, you know, he, he truly is fake. Pietro is what yep. Agatha referred to him as. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that he was a crystalline possession, which for me, I don't know exactly what that means, but that means I feel like I feel like she found some guy mm-hmm. and just possessed his body and implanted some of the memories of Pietro into him so that he can remember. But she was she was using him as her eyes and ears mm-hmm. because. In that earlier episode, the Halloween episode, you know, Pietro was asking her, like, well, how did you do all this? Mm-hmm. That was really Agatha, you know, just like trying to get through to Wanda. So we have to figure out what, what that means and what happens to him. Obviously, Director Hayward, again, the most dickish character we've seen in the series. What's his whole arc going to be? Jimmy Woo is still, you know, still a presence here. Um, White Vision. We got to talk about this post credit scene. Got to. Like, they essentially found a way to create or, you know, 
reanimate the, the the vision body that they had and this just goes to show that there are consequences for every action so if you remember from episodes ago wanda you know confronted sword and she you know she took the drone that they sent into the hex and she she threw it back at him she had partially destroyed it and she threw it back at him well, it turns out they were able to actually harness the power that Wanda had, uh, you know, implanted in the drone. They were able to harness that power and reanimate Vision to create this white or gray Vision, which we know is an, 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 a nod to the comic books. There was a, a, a white Vision in the comics. So it looks like there's going to be some sort of possible Vision versus Vision in the next episode. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a that was a hell of a reveal in the post credits. What what did you think about that moment? Yeah, bro, Vision is what I'm calling him from here on out. White <laughs> Vision. White Vision. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool, man. You got to have, uh, you know, something because right now, if you made, you know, Agatha and Wanda fight, she does have like a it's like a unbalanced team kind of right now. You know, it's like literally Monica of uh, Hex Vision and 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 Wanda, the kids, I yeah, guess. and then the yeah. kids versus yeah. versus Agatha, and it would just be quick, fake Quicksilver, P- uh, Fiatro right now, Fiatro. But if you add, you know, if you add Vision here, um, you kind of get, I, I say, a more balanced team for some action. Um, so mm. that's what I'm hoping. Either you know, we get these one on one fights or two on one fights, whatever we get. I hope we get some really cool sequences um, this next episode um, that. Yeah, that knock it out of the park, man. So I, I, I think it was again a really cool uh, throwback to, uh, to Vision, man. Is his comic book origin was way different, uh, yeah. But still, kind of bad in the comics. Kind of is weird. His his the Vision Vision in comics is super weird. It's a long story. <laughs> it's too long of yeah. a story. Well, it, it makes me wonder that because they were able to reassemble, you know, Vision's body, mm-hmm. like. Although he's, you know, white vision now, which we're, we're I think we're going to assume that he's probably emotionless. He doesn't have like the soul and right. the heart that vision had. But what if he still has those memories mm-hmm. like he probably still because that's what they did in the comics like that. That white vision in the comics mm-hmm. still had the memories of vision, but he didn't have any of the emotions. So he basically had told his children, you know, Tommy a bit like, I can't love you. I don't love you. Mm-hmm. I don't have any emotion. I'm not your father. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Like, that was kind of it. Yeah. Like, that would be devastating for Wanda to see this other vision who remembers her, yeah. who remembers that they were in love, who remembers that they had a relationship and had a connection. But he can just look at her and say, like, I'm not that person. I don't love you. Mm-hmm. That might that might devastate her. You know, make her even more angry. Like, I really want a happy ending for Wanda. We probably won't get it in this show, <laughs> right. but she's been too she's been through too damn much. Like more than any person should ever have to bear. So, I, I mean, we we've talked for so long about this show, but it's it's appropriate because this episode just revealed so much to us. Yeah. Um. So I, I think it made sense that you know for the penultimate episode, we we probably spent the longest time talking about this, but. A lot to look forward to next week. Can't mm-hmm. wait for the finale of this show. It's been a hell of a ride, and we'll 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 have everything revealed to us, or at least most revealed to us, as, yeah. as at least until they, you know, probably leave us on some, some sort of cliffhanger for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But it all comes to an end next week. Of course, we'll be back here next week to discuss Episode Nine of WandaVision. If you've seen Episode Eight, if you have any theories, if you have any thoughts on all of the stuff that went down, hit us up at Two Black Nerds and let us know what you thought. final episode of WandaVision has arrived. This place. This is our home. 
and no one will ever take it from me again. I have everything under control. Are you sure? Marvel Studios WandaVision. All episodes now streaming. We have to talk about the series finale of WandaVision. We've talked. We've been talking about WandaVision every week on the show. This has been the final episode um, that we've been highly anticipating. We've been theorizing and discussing it for so long at this point, and it all concluded this past week on Disney Plus. We finally got it. Um, again, this was entitled the series finale, which was ever so appropriate for this episode. And it picks up immediately after episode eight. So last week we know that things left off between Agatha and Wanda with Agatha having Wanda's children, Tommy and Billy, in her possession, um, essentially telling Wanda that you are too dangerous for the Earth. You have the power to exhibit chaos magic. You are the Scarlet Witch. You know, and we we, we spent a long time talking about episode eight last week. I tweeted it out. We talked about that episode for 50-plus minutes in last week's episode. Um, there was obviously a lot to unpack. And so we've now arrived at everything that's concluded with all of this. And so... Before we get into the spoiler portion of mm-hmm. this episode, which we will be spoiling this, of course, as we do each and every week, uh, what were your high-level thoughts about this episode of WandaVision? Um, high-level thoughts. Um, I thought it was a decent series finale, right? Uh, not the best series finale that I've ever seen or anything, um, but I thought in terms of what WandaVision was at its core, it did a good job, what it was supposed to be. I think it did a good job. Um, where it falls short, which we'll we'll dig d- deeper into, um, is just some of the ways that other characters didn't get as much payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, which could it, it, which of course is intentional in a lot of ways, right? But I think you could have just given a little bit more time to some of those characters. Um, which I understand because, you know, Marvel at some point is going to give more attention to those characters later on, which I think, you know, was part of the reason why they didn't hear. But I think I think they could have did it in a way um, to, to make it just a little bit better for me. But other than that, I think uh, I think a lot of the action was cool. Uh, there was a couple moments that just made me happy in some ways um, to see as a nerd. Right. As someone who wants to see some Marvel action uh, and some things play out. And there's also some philosophy in there I've, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wasn't expecting that. I, that like I know because of school, right? Yeah. That I didn't think I would never see in a TV show. Um, that was actually Especially really, a Marvel TV show. Yeah, right? Marvel TV show, which is it's kind of bittersweet because it's like at first you're like questioning, does that really work in that moment? Um, but also, <laughs> in, in some ways, it's, it, it was still really cool. It's, it's still a good, a cool idea to I think to introduce. So um, I would say I liked it. Um, just it. It, I wouldn't. I also would not say it blew my socks off, but I did enjoy the episode. Sure. Um, for me, episode nine of WandaVision was um, actually a bit underwhelming. To be honest, mm-hmm. it was. I was somewhat dissatisfied after watching it, due to a lot of different reasons that we'll we'll get into shortly. Yeah. What I want to make clear is that I was not dissatisfied or underwhelmed based on internet theories that we've been going crazy with over the past exactly. eight weeks. Correct. That's not at all what 
made me feel underwhelmed about what I saw. All the mm-hmm. things that happened in the episode were the things that I expected to happen, especially after a couple of weeks ago when we got the Agatha all along sort of situation. Right. That's when it really, I feel like for for the most part, all was revealed at that point. So there mm-hmm. weren't really many more surprises. But it just felt safe. You know, that was mm-hmm. kind of the big thing that I, yep. I, it just felt really safe. It felt super conventional. It felt like typical Marvel third act problems like we just have to have a big climactic battle mm-hmm. tons of cgi you know tons of special effects all that not all that much is really really happening it's just you know, again it's just like epic epic stakes epic battle sort of situation yeah. which we i mean we've just seen not even just marvel all these superhero movies they really they fall into that trap like they yep. have to deliver this epic third act action sequence right and most of the time most of the time, they really just don't hit. I think the biggest criticism that I can lay upon damn near every superhero movie is just the third act really is the weakest part of many of these films. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of fall apart just because of the the same trappings that they that they typically um, find themselves, you know, consumed by. There's been a few exceptions, of course, but I think that this kind of just falls into that category where it's just like, yeah, you know, been here, done that, kind of seen, seen where this is going. No surprises, really. Also, the CGI was spotty in certain places. That that mm-hmm. kind of took me out of the experience. I'm Indeed like, man, this this doesn't look as good as I hoped it would. Um, and I understand TV is a different medium. I just found out yesterday, listening to a Max Shackman interview, he was on Fat Man Beyond with Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. What What's so interesting, because I brought this up when we first started talking about this show, I brought up the fact that I felt like the first three episodes should have been dropped together instead of the first two. Mm-hmm. Because the first three had been released to press, but we only got the first two in that first week. And I felt like if we if we had gotten episode three where you get that moment where Mon- where Wanda sends Monica outside of the hex, that yeah. would have wrapped up people a lot sooner than what happened. And it mm-hmm. would have probably kept the audience that ended up leaving. And maybe they came back, but it would have kept them, I think, immediately off the bat. What's interesting is that Matt Shackman revealed that Disney Plus didn't allow him to do that because if they released the three episodes together in the first week, they would have had to extend the run of the show an extra week. So it would have actually had to end next week instead of this week. And they weren't willing to do that because that was going to bump up against Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. So they they dropped the first two episodes um, and then the third episode the following week because he needed more time in essence, to finish this episode, the series finale, because yeah. of all the effects work and all of that stuff. They just didn't have time. But their original plan was to, to release those first three before the pandemic hit. Their original plan was to release those first three together and then the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. But because of the timeline and how they had to push the show back and it came out in January instead of, I think, December, they didn't have as much time to work with. So it's just interesting to see how th- these things are worked on really up until the final hour. Like, they were yeah. always just being worked on. But... To that point, because of that fact, all the effects, all the CGI doesn't always look the greatest, right? Like, maybe more mm-hmm. time could have been spent, but I guess they just didn't have time. But nonetheless, you know, those are kind of my high-level thoughts. We'll dive into more of that in a second here. Um, again, let's, let's you know, talk specifics about this episode. As I mentioned, we will be spoiling this episode, so if you've not seen it, go watch it and come back and listen to us. But... Um, again, this picks up immediately after episode 8, and we're, we're full thrust into the action at this point. Agatha and Wanda are out in the streets of Westview. They're, you know, having a standoff here. Eventually, we see White Vision appears, and he approaches Wanda. 
she thinks that it's like possibly her old vision, but it's really not. He doesn't have the memories that he used to have, and so he tries to crush her skull like the great Kali did to Rey Mysterio. He tries to <laughs> squish her skull like a goddamn grape, and uh, we see the vision versus vision battle that I think we 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 knew that was going to happen um, at this point, but. While that's also happening, we get some more dialogue between Agatha and Wanda, further explaining what all this means. Um, you know, we find out that Agatha's motivation is, you know, she just basically wants more power because she tells Wanda, surrender your magic to someone who knows what to do with it. So she really just wants mm-hmm. more power. A little one-dimensional, but, you know, be that as it may. She also explains the Darkhold a little bit more. We talked about the Darkhold a couple of weeks ago when we saw it down in the, you know, sort of dungeon that she has. Um, she calls it the Book of the Damned. Um, and she says that there's an entire chapter dedicated to the Scarlet Witch. And Agatha says to Wanda, your power exceeds that of the Sorcerer Supreme. It's your destiny to destroy the world. So we've kind of speculated and theorized at different points. Like, is Wanda really the true villain of the show? Is she the villain of mm-hmm. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? Mm-hmm. Sort of left up in the air. She's not really the villain by the end of this, by any means. You know, right. she she does a she does a, a mostly heroic thing. But I guess my question is, like, after... After like some of those lines of dialogue are uttered and, and what we ultimately saw in this episode on how Wanda eventually, you know, she kind of relinquished the hex and she let Westview get back to their normal reality. What do you think Wanda's position is in the MCU? Is she is she heroic? Is she, are they priming her to eventually become a villain? Because I don't think she had a full villain turn here, mm-hmm. but they're still playing with that idea. Where do you think that they're possibly going with that, especially with like some of the context of even the post credit scene that we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah, you know, I I like this idea of Wanda, whether she's good or bad, being scary regardless, right? We kind of get to the, the this moment in the finale where she's, like, doing her whisper thing again in people's ears and, and you know, doing her hand thing that we see a lot of it in Age of Ultron. And that, I think, if they go based off that, they'll figure it out, right? I think there's a, uh, I think there's a plan for for people like us to be having this conversation <laughs> just to keep the conversation going like is she good or or will she stay good i guess because in some ways right now she she does seem good or will she go bad right um um we'll we'll, we'll, we'll probably talk about this a little bit more later um throughout time but uh let's go ahead and kind of skip to the end right the 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 what happens um in after she leaves westview right mm-hmm. she she's she's in the middle of nowhere um and seemingly so she's by herself quiet drinking a cup of coffee but in the other in the other room uh we see her floating reading the dark hold um in two different places uh, at, at the same time yeah and i think uh her learning about her power i guess the the question is what is in the dark hold is it un- inherently does it feel evil to her or does it mm-hmm. not matter you know like what what lengths will she go to 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 retrieve the power that she's meant for and also in a, in a lot of different ways right we see we hear her kids call out to her mom right um which is a very interesting time right they that is so deliberate uh for marvel uh for for them to do that because now she has fuel right in her i th- i think that was purposely planted for the sake of uh doctor strange in the multiverse of madness. Um, there's no, there's no reason it, it wouldn't be right. Um, even Agatha brings up, uh, says you're now stronger than the sorcerer Supreme. This is all on purpose, right? Marvel doesn't do anything on accident. We, you, you, you said it last week. And so here we are kind of in this, um, in this time where 
what I kind of feel like is gonna ha- is gonna happen is okay. She she's reading stuff in the dark hole, right? But a lot of it's not in practice yet. And I think she's found something in the book, but she needs Doctor Strange help to harness it, right? She, uh, she she she's trying to bring her children back. That's what uh, you can clearly tell. That's what she's going to try to do next. Is trying trying to find a way to make her children real, like an actual matter, <laughs> like um, outside of the hex. And I think Doctor Strange is going to help her do that. And in some deliberation, in some in you know, Kevin Feige has said, pay attention to to the title of Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness because it's going to tell you everything that you need to know. Um, and if, if you look at it, it's a freaking anagram. Mm, mm. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, that's mom. The Multiverse of Madness is mom. And literally mm. at the end of freaking, you know, WandaVision with her in this cabin, the kids yell out mom. Um, I, I think this is really interesting. It could be an accident. I don't know, but I, I'm just saying, don't put anything you know past Marvel at all, uh, ever. So I think it's really. I think we 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 might see the quest for um, Wanda to get her kids back. So, and what if that's the thing that causes her to snap? Right? What if somehow her and Doctor Strange are in this multiverse of madness, and she finds out, I don't know, that it's not possible and she snaps. You know, I don't, I'm not sure, you know, because, but it's possible. Like that is, we now know that it's, she can, she could potentially become a big bad at some point if something like that was to happen. As something, again, there's a lot of precedence for House of M here, right? The, one of the things that causes her to go crazy is when like Professor X and everybody tells her, your kids aren't real. And it, she just snaps. There's something in there that just is like, there's no way my kids are real. They're my kids. I know they're real, you know. And so we, we, we might see that coming in the future. Um, it's, also, it's also very possible they don't go anywhere near that direction. But I think it's interesting when we, when we talk about in terms of is she good or bad, you know, that, that she, she could at some point, um, she has the potential to go either way. And I, I, I think, that's a, I think that's, that is one of the job well done. Uh, jobs well done by Marvel here um, in terms of, of Wanda's future and what, and what um, she seeks out. Yeah, they're definitely still toying the line. They haven't pulled the or flipped the switch completely on a direction there, and I'm of mixed feelings about that. Again, I thought that the show, by the end of it, I thought it was going to do a little bit more in terms of just presenting us a game-changing option of like what was going to happen. I, I, I thought I thought that the show was going to end on a more defining i thought there were well yeah i I thought there were going to be bigger bigger consequences based off of what happened you know Mm -hmm. but by the end of it wanda leaves westview and that's it right like Mm -hmm. all it's 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 as if it just i mean obviously stuff happened and these residents are going to deal with that for an an inexplicable amount of time in the future Mm -hmm. um this traumatic experience of being taken over which is not a heroic thing to do by any stretch. What Wanda did to these people, mm-hmm. and they really, I think that they really hammered that idea home by that sequence in the middle of the of the episode where they yeah. all confront her and they're just like, just you know, set us free, or if you if you at least won't set let set us free, just let us die. Mm-hmm. Like all these different things, like they're begging her at this point to just let them go. Mm-hmm. It's not a heroic thing to do what she did by any stretch, and so. She, she's gotten away, you know, she's not going to face any immediate repercussions at this point, but, you know, none right. of the Avengers do. They always do things that seem heroic, but end up really costing people their lives and changing the course of, of their of their livelihoods. 
That's why the Sokovia Accords exist, but mm-hmm. is that even a thing anymore? I don't know. But, you know, I just thought that there were going to be more consequences to come out of this, like bigger, bigger, um, bigger stakes and bigger level of consequences. But, you yeah. know, that, that idea of like whether or not she's good, good or bad is still to be explored. You know, w- one of the other things that, that did happen in this episode, people were asking about who's Ralph? You know, Agatha Nobody. brought up Ralph. <laughs> Agatha brought up Ralph, you know, yeah. in, in the first couple of episodes, like my husband, my husband, my husband. People were like, oh, who's Ralph? You know, da da da. And we were also wondering, like, yes, is Pietro, is Evan Peters, is this the multiverse? Is this the Fox X Men introduction into the multiverse? Well, it turns mm-hmm. out. They killed two birds with one stone, um, and both answers are essentially nothing. They're moots. Um, Fiatro, as we know him now, his name is Ralph Boner, and this was the Ralph that she was referencing. Mm -hmm. Essentially, as we thought, she took over a random person's body, enchanted a necklace, and put it around his neck, which essentially was like a form of mind control. That's how she was able to, you know, essentially use... Ralph Boner as her pawn. Um, yeah. A lot. Of, <laughs> the internet is really upset about this. I will say, like, the internet is <laughs> very pissed about the fact that Evan Peters is not really Quicksilver, not in any form or fashion. He's not a Quicksilver. He's not the Fox X Men Quicksilver. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What I will say about this is that I mean, I feel like I feel like that they made that clear weeks ago. I felt they yep. made I feel like they made it clear weeks ago that this is not Quicksilver. Like mm-hmm. episode six, the the following episode after he was introduced, the Halloween episode, I feel like we knew at that point, just based off of the questions he was asking, the way he was yeah. acting towards the kids and to, to the kids and to one, I'm like, this is not Quicksilver. Like, mm-hmm. don't expect it. So I, I threw the whole X Men multiverse idea out of the window. What I will say, what I will say about this, because I don't think I don't think you can necessarily be disappointed by things that they never promised us. Because they never promised us that this was going to do any X-Men stuff. They never promised us that this was going to explicitly be multiverse stuff. They never said that. However, when you're Marvel, you know what you're doing. You know, you know exactly what you're doing. You know who you're casting. Obviously, they knew, and we all know Evan Peters and his history. We we know mm-hmm. we know people are going to draw those connections, and they knew they knew that including him in the show is going that's going to draw connections. That's going to make people say, "Oh shit, X Men are coming!" Right? So I just don't understand why set yourself up for that position, only to pay it off with a dick joke. It just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why would you? <laughs> why? Like. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's like a fun thing to do, like a wink at the audience, but it just yeah. seems so unnecessary to me. Yeah. Like, I would have at least liked him to be somebody, not even Quicksilver, but somebody of some importance maybe, mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. something is left open for him in the future, but the fact yeah. that he's just a guy named Ralph Boner, which, again, if you dig deep enough, that's actually that's actually a, a reference to an old sitcom, Family Ties. Like, there, there's even deeper connections there. But it just seems so unnecessary. Yeah. And it just leads to a larger point that I'll make later just about expectations and theories and what they do and don't promise us and how we should react mm-hmm. and all these different things. But it did seem like a waste. I'm not going to lie. Like, that point of the show, when I, when I saw that, it just felt like this just seems so childish. It just seems so mm-hmm. ridiculous to, like, just make this a dick joke. It, it was... It was the for me. It was the equivalent of the Mandarin swerve in Iron Man three, which I mm-hmm. I just talked about. The Ben Kingsley, like, oh, he's just an actor. He's not the real Mandarin. Only yeah. to find out that it's another Mandarin. Although yep. we just found out that that's not even the real Mandarin. Like the Mandarin is still to come. So it's like mm-hmm. it felt a lot like that. And I really do not like Iron Man three. I really mm-hmm. don't. So yep. um, 
It was just a disappointing thing. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't ex- again. I didn't expect Quicksilver, but I didn't expect that a dick joke. I was that just yeah. felt stupid to me. I thought. I don't know. I Ralph Boner was not what I was expecting at all. Like maybe I thought maybe um, I thought after after that was revealed, I was like, okay, maybe they she changed his name. I don't know. I thought something else was going to happen afterwards, and it just never happened. Um, yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I don't know if they can fix that either. Like, I don't know if that's something. Probably not. Well, <laughs> yeah, I. What I will say, I'm sure there's. Um, we don't know what it's going to be yet, but I'm sure there has to be consequences for these people that have been in the hex all this time. I don't know what that consequence is. Like you said, we didn't see none of that. She just kind of walked off, <laughs> mm-hmm. and that was it for the people. But there's no way there's no consequence, right? Like for these people to be in the hex, and so. Him both being part of the Hex and being under Ag- Agatha Harkness's control, maybe they use him somewhere down the line. You know, uh, he might not be a Quicksilver, but maybe maybe those effects on him does also change him as well. And we still get to see Evan Peters, um, but maybe they maybe they just didn't know in that time what to do. So it was Ralph Boner. Maybe that was it. But um, like I said, unfortunately, that's a terrible payoff, though, right? Like every fan, really every fan, anybody who's watching the show that knows, you know, Quicksilver is going to be disappointed because it's Evan Peters. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's just some random dude that showed up. Um, It's just like it's Evan Peters. So, yeah, I agree 100 percent. They could have done they could have done something else with that. Yeah, like I can I can I can blame people for getting upset. Like I can say like yeah, you shouldn't be upset for the fact that Mephisto was not in this show. I get they that. never ever they never yeah. ever promised us Mephisto, but when you yeah, when you cast Evan Peters who comes with the baggage that he comes with. Mhm. And you know that the internet is going to say all these different things, and then you pay it off with that. It's like now that just feels like a a big fucking troll. That yeah. just feels like an unnecessary big troll for no reason, you know. So we we know that the X Men are coming. We know mutants are happening. You know all of this. We know it's happening. So it's a it's an even bigger question about what we want out of Marvel shows that that kind of leans into that. But let's talk quickly about. Um, vision versus white vision in that Mm -hmm. moment you know you brought up sort of the philosophical point of view that they added there so of course they dueled it out for quite a while they were fighting in the skies of westview um and eventually they ended up in the westview library um and they actually had an exchange of dialogue um, which i was not expecting again they brought in this philosophical element you know the ship of theseus is a a concept in, in philosophy essentially just about whether or not you know if if an object has its parts changed, is it fundamentally the same object or not? Like it's kind mm-hmm. of examining that concept, and so they they exchange they exchange dialogue there. You know, like whether or not, which is is essentially you know sort of comparing themselves to this idea, like whether or not they are the same entity, the same vision, even though the parts have fundamentally been changed. And you know they had that whole exchange, and and we see that hex vision is able to. I guess reboot or restore the memories of white vision because again as we as we mentioned last week that vision the white vision that's been created that is technically the original vision you know mm-hmm. he's been rebooted and reconnected and repowered through the uses through the use of Wanda's powers and sword technology however he didn't retain his memories ultimately in an effort to manipulate him so that they can have more control over him they didn't want to have they didn't want to have you know have him have his full mental capabilities because that would be a point of weakness they wouldn't be able to control him as much hex vision restores this for him and white vision just flies off so um 
<laughs> Vision is still alive. I mean, he's not he's not gone. Marvel just does not want to kill this guy at this point. He he <laughs> he figures out a way to 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 get through the cracks. Um, yeah. Once again, what did you think about that moment though when it happened? When we first got there, I don't know why I didn't uh, I wasn't upset about this when he was revealed, but I was like, I know Marvel did not do this again. I don't know why it took me to that moment to say, why the hell did Marvel do this again? Our, another doppelganger fight. Yep. Again, from Iron Man the hero 1 versus to the, evil version the of themselves. hero to Black Panther to the Incredible Hulk to I'm like, we cannot be here again. But we were. We were here. Yeah. We were back here again. I don't know why it took me to the end to, to realize it'd be like, oh, man, not again. Um, But yeah, man, Vision. Vision is uh, he's interesting, right? Because, again, in the comics, there was this thing where he he did have a lot of the memories um of of the original vision but he couldn't act on a lot of them right he literally said logically i am married to wanda so i will acknowledge our marriage but i don't technically love you and i'm not going to recognize our kids like that is what vision was about. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so here we are here it's like okay you got the memories back but will he have the feeling back i don't know right. even his look by itself is lifeless right the the you can call him uh, i'm even in my head i'm calling him ivory for some reason ivory vision <laughs> <laughs> ivory vision <laughs> um and it's like what are you going to be later down the line cuz they will meet right we see that um in, in in the final sequence for sure there's like no way that 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 wanda and vision won't meet again but the next time is really clear that it might be vision right Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I just, I'm just trying to figure out, um, you know, what version of vision are we going to see? And I think that that's part of what makes it interesting, I think. Um, and it's like, did, did Hex Vision just give Vision all his memories back or did he also implant the, the memories that he occurred even throughout the Hex into the, into mm. that vision? Okay. Um, and so... Yeah, and so and so, are, is Wizard gonna pull up on Wanda like, so uh, how are you? I've been dead, or is he gonna pull up on you like, hey, we had a good time in the hex? You know what right. I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I don't know where that's gonna go. And so I, I, I think that part of it can be interesting. Um, the next time they meet. Yeah, I, I guess I am. I, I hate to, I hate to really keep dumping on this episode because I will say at, at large, I think that this is a pretty good show. I think they did a a pretty good job. What, I mean, again, we knew why Vision was coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we knew, and we said, we literally said it last week. There were, I mean, again, that's why I said that there were no surprises. We said that they were somehow going to figure out how to transfer yep. the consciousness of Hex Vision mm-hmm. into White Vision. Wasn't exactly that, but he just basically rebooted his memories, so they they figured out how to you know how to keep him around. And for me, while I guess it's cool, we'll get to have White Vision exist in the MCU moving forward. I suppose. It took away from the final moments of the episode yep. where Wanda has to say goodbye mm-hmm. to her children and Vision, Hex Absolutely. Vision. You're supposed to be super emotional in that moment. If It's supposed to feel, there's supposed to be a, a level of finality to it, it, mm-hmm. it, it seems like. But as you stated earlier, at the post credit scene, Wanda is using the dark hole to learn dark magic to bring the kids back. That's why mm-hmm. she's doing it. Those yep. kids are coming back for sure. Mm-hmm. 
And Vision has found a way to restore his memories and to essentially live on. So that moment where she's saying goodbye to the kids and to Vision, for me, it doesn't hold the emotional weight that it should have Mm -hmm. because y'all coming back. Y'all not really gone. Mm -hmm. Now, if y'all were really leaving, if this was like done and over, I probably would have felt a lot there. But I just knew in the back of my head, like, yeah, they're going to be back, you know, so it's a sweet exchange for saying some really thoughtful and caring things to each other. Mm-hmm. It's just like a goodbye for now, like a see you later type of deal. Yeah. And you know, the Westview reverts back to normal and the house isn't there anymore. There's some nice symbolism there. I will say that there's some nice symbolism in the fact that Wanda, again, the story is about grief and loss and she has to confront that head on. She can't yeah. skirt around it. She can't create these false fake realities to try to, to try to make the experience easier for herself. She has to go through it head on. And so, Mm-hmm. There is something beautiful and nice about the fact that when it's all over, everything is gone. Like the house is gone, vision is gone, Tommy and Billy are gone, and she just has to accept it. And I like that message because yeah. that is that's real life. Like mm-hmm. you can't, you have to go through it. That's the only way, you know. But just from a story perspective, it's like they're coming back. So I didn't feel the emotional weight in that scene that I felt like I should have had. But uh, yeah, yeah, there's some interesting stuff stuff that they, I guess they can do there with vision. It's it, it remains to be seen what happens, but. You know, speaking of not killing people, um, really the way that this episode concludes, we get, you know, again, another face off between Wanda and Agatha. Wanda even does like a little mind control trick to take Agatha back to 1693, um, similar to how she did to Tony Stark and Thor and Captain America and Age of Ultron. It doesn't really work out for her, but, you know, they have a face off within the hex they're fighting. Wanda, unbeknownst to Agatha, uses a trick against her that she found out last episode. She casts mm-hmm. runes around the hex, yep. preventing Agatha from using any magic against Wanda. And in that moment, we see the birth, officially, of the Scarlet Witch. We see mm-hmm. the costume. We see it in all its glory. Agatha is like, you really don't know what you've just done. Um, so it's a real... I ain't gonna lie, it felt Dark Phoenix-like to me. It felt like... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it felt like a huge reveal like that. It, it kind of felt like... Kevin Feige was like, hey, Fox, I can do Dark Phoenix better than you without even using that character. Like, watch this. And so I, I dare say it was probably one of the best, if not the best, costume reveals we've ever gotten in the MCU. Absolutely. The costume itself looks Fire. fantastic. Fire. And the way that we got it was was a trem- tremendous, um, tremendous experience as well. And then ultimately, Wanda's punishment, I guess, for Agatha is to not kill her. You know, not arrest her. She's going to keep her in Westview. She's going to essentially enchant her with a spell and essentially, you know, restrain her from from living a regular life. She's going to have to continue playing the nosy neighbor, continue mm-hmm. being just this this role that was created within the hex. And so Agatha is just like this regular resident of Westview at this point, continuing to be the nosy neighbor. Um, and that kind of, you know, again, you know, and, and as I mentioned, she ultimately says goodbye to Wanda and the children. And then she meets up with um, Monica at the, the final moments of the episode. And Monica says to her, you know, they'll never know what you sacrificed for them. And Wanda says, you know, that won't change how they see me, which is true because mm-hmm. they don't give a f- fuck about any of that. You mm-hmm. messed up their lives for at least a week here. And then that was the end of the episode. So um, that kind of concluded all the things, you know, with, with with the show there. And we got the post credit scenes. We'll get into the second or the first one in a second here. But um, I guess just as a conclusion, as a way to just end this off, um, that that's kind of how it all how it all shaped out to be. What what I want to ask you is um, specifically, I guess, about 
what Agatha could be in the future, I guess, right? Because she doesn't mm-hmm. die. Like, what what could Agatha's role be moving ahead? Do you do you anticipate we'll see her in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Will they save her for maybe later on? Mm-hmm. Will she have a big role in the MCU? Be an ally? Be a foe? What do you what do you think that that looks like? Yeah, I, th- I definitely think they'll save her for later. Not not Multiverse of Madness because I, I for some reason it just feels too soon. You know, it's really not that far away of a movie. Um, But, you know, making her a regular resident of Westview is a good way for Marvel to put her in their pocket, (laughs) you know, Um, and especially if she's quote unquote married to Mr. Ralph Boner, Evan (laughs) Peters. That's like two characters in your pocket, kind of, you know, so I guess that's a way to do that. Um, In the comics, she does become a recurring character for Wanda as a babysitter. She babysits the kids like all the time. Um, So maybe... We could see her and like say let's say Wanda gets her kids back and it's she doesn't turn evil. I think we could we could even we could see her in like a, a, a post credit scene where Wanda has to drop off the kids for some reason. Or even the say the next big Avengers film that comes about. Um, we might see a, a nice three minute sequence of Wanda dropping off the kids before she has to go with the rest of the Avengers to save the world or something. You know, I think there will be a payoff at some point um for her yeah i I do and i I don't think she'll be bad or good necessarily but i think she'll just be a character that's cool to see kind of how uh the collector was right throughout the series we've seen the collector he was just there you know and i I think i think they might turn agatha into that same thing uh because i think once wanda is is done with her exploration not only will she be um, of course, she's already more uh, powerful than Agatha, but I think she'll have the knowledge to maybe not even seek, seek her assistance anymore. Um, sure. Or, or that could even be the next time we see her, right? She, maybe she does need to seek assistance for whatever reason, right? She says, "I know where to find you," or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. But I don't I don't think we'll see evil Agatha anymore. Um, I think we'll I think we're done there. So yeah. I agree. Um, not much more to add. I do think that the next time we see her, Wanda's probably going to need her in some capacity. So mm-hmm. she'll have to go back and relinquish the, the enchantment and bring Agatha back into the fold. And they'll probably work together somehow. And it'll it'll look that way. Um, but speaking of setting up other characters, let's talk about Monica. Because we know that she has an important role to play, obviously, in this show. But in the future, before we specifically talk about Agatha in that post credit scene... Uh, it, it is revealed... I, I mean, really, the true villain of the show has to be... Hayward. He tries to shoot oh children. God. He literally so that that's a part of the show that we didn't mention. Sword, they're able to enter the hex because at one point Wanda is, you know, sort of destroying it to, to free all of the residents of Westview and Sword is able to to to, to get into the hex and mm-hmm. at this point Hayward approaches the kids and tries to shoot them with a gun. But then yep. Monica intervenes and she's able to I guess alter and reconfigure her genetic makeup in order mm-hmm. to absorb the bullets. Um which is that's an incredible power that's like actually insane that she can do that but in the post credit scene the first one that we saw after the show um an an fbi agent approaches her and said you know they're waiting to speak to you inside the theater she walks into the theater nobody's there it's obviously it's not a not a real press conference it's just a setup uh this fbi agent turns out to be a scroll um and she says that a friend that was close with your mother you know is looking to you know sort of essentially connect with you he he hears you've been grounded he has some work for you and monica's like where and then the scroll points up into the air indicating that she means space we know that nick fury 
who is the friend that she's referencing. The last time we saw him was at the conclusion of Spider-Man Far From Home and in a post credit scene there where he is in space with scrolls on some sort of space station. So mm-hmm. it seems like clear setup for Captain Marvel 2, of course. Um, we'll obviously see a lot more of Monica from there, but I guess, you know, how did, how did you feel about that post credit scene? What do you think we'll see from Monica in the future? Obviously, it's still early to tell mm-hmm, there's still mm-hmm. so much to go from there but um it, it may be even a larger question were you were you even satisfied with just like her arc in the show this is the the first time we got monica this was her introduction into the mcu do you think it worked the way that they brought her into the story yeah i think i like the introduction i think i just don't like um the kind of kind of the ways they underutilized her in the later episodes for sure i i think i think it's a little bit my problem um i think here when the when the when the scroll comes to her, you know, we said, I think it's confirmed that WandaVision takes six takes place six months before Far From Home. Yeah, no, for some, sure, because th- this right. is this is immediately out. Yeah, it's immediately after Endgame. Like immediately at least, after Endgame. Okay, at least at least probably like a couple of weeks. Because I remember in the last episode when Wanda enters the Sword Headquarters, you can see mm-hmm. on the TV screens. Like families reunite and happen, yeah. so people have just come back from the snap, and we know exactly. yeah, far from home. Far from home is like seven months after in game. Yeah, so it's interesting that this is again potentially like six months before far from home, right? And now here, um, the, 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 this uh, the scroll is asking her to be beamed up, right? Or you know, go to the 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 sword ship that we see at the end of Far From Home with Talos, um, and and uh, uh, Nick Fury, and it's like. I think what if what if we were watching that you know that post credit scene and she was already there, <laughs> you know like she was already mm. in the building, um, mm-hmm. you know at that time as we we're watching that post credit scene. I think I thought that was a really cool thought, um, you know that she could have already been there because I don't in my mind Talos is the person she's talking about. I mean it could be somebody else, you know that's that's uh, re- requesting her, um, but that's like the first thing I thought about. It has to be Talos. Talos is the one who was looking for Monica. Um, maybe because maybe Nick Fury asked or Talos himself uh, wanted to know. Um, my problems with, with, with Monica not be, being underutilized in the uh, in the in the in WandaVision are, are bittersweet. One, because we know we're going to get more of her. Right. That's like a thing that we know Marvel is doing. We, we are going right. to withhold some information so we can use all this information for later on. But at the same time, it's like at whose expense in some ways, right? Because we know it's Captain Marvel, too. We know Miss Marvel's going to be there, confirmed. How mu- Even then, how much are we really going to see um, this evolution of Monica Rambeau, right? Um, it, will, her, will her name reveal be as cool if it's alongside Captain Marvel, you know, Carol Danvers and Kamala Khan? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know how, how much they can highlight um, the ways we we want to see Monica Rambeau highlighted, you know, as black people, as 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 black men and women, like we want to see Monica Rambeau get the light, all the light. Um, and it is yeah. So I don't I don't know how to feel there a hundred percent. Um, because it's almost like we need Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel two to be her movie, <laughs> but yeah. we know we're not going to get that, you know. And and it's it's a it's a really like bittersweet thing. Um. Yeah, a lot of these upcoming projects feel somewhat crowded. Like, how are you going to be able to service all these characters? Like, 
Captain Marvel 2 and Doctor Strange mm-hmm. and Spider-Man 3 or Spider-Man no, no Way Home. Now we have a title like they're mm-hmm. they're including lots of characters. There's a, there's definitely a question there of like are we going to be satisfied with the I guess the amount of screen time, the amount of story that's that's crafted for these specific characters, how can you service all of them in a meaningful way that, yeah. that leaves everybody satisfied? Um uh, it's a good question to, to to ponder, you know, over these next few few films and TV series that they have coming out because the MCU's only getting bigger. It's the biggest it's ever been, and it's only getting bigger. Um, I think that's a great transition to, you know, talk about just like some concluding thoughts. You know, I'll go and you know if you have anything to add, feel free. But what I want to say overall about WandaVision, first, I think that this is a good show. I did like the vast majority of it. I thought that they executed it really, really well. The sitcom stuff was extremely interesting. There was tons of mystery and intrigue there. And for it to be a story about grief and loss, with that being the story, with that being the idea, I think that they succeeded. I think that that completely worked. I think it makes 100% sense, the direction that they were trying to go in. And so as fans of the MCU, as we have been, as, as a lot of the world has been, and just the way that fan culture works now, this is the first MCU project that we've ever gotten that's operated on a week-to-week basis. This was a brand new thing for all of us. We're we're used to theorizing about a film for months at a time, and then we get the film, and it's all completed and done with in, in a one-shot experience. We get the beginning, middle, and end. However, this was a lot different for all of us, you know, a week-to-week experience. And so, of course, that brought new things that we hadn't been interested, you know, used to, such as a week-to-week discussion, you know, that we've done on this show that have, you know, many other outlets have done, all the theory and Easter egg videos that have come up, the countless amount of theories, you know, just everything from the, the MCU, um, or excuse me, the, the Fox X-Men Quix- Quicksilver, the Mephisto, the Cathan, the Doctor Strange, Benedict Cumberbatch, who's the Luke Skywalker-level cameo going to be? Like, all of these things that mm-hmm. have just snowballed, right? And so... What I want to think about, I guess, I don't know if I even have a question. It's just a thought that I've just been thinking about and pondering. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it sort of alludes to some of the things that I talked about earlier. That if you walked away disappointed because they didn't answer these questions that they never intended to answer in the first place, why are you watching the show? Mm-hmm. Why are you watching the MCU at all? Mm-hmm. What do you want out of a Marvel movie? Do you want a Marvel movie to tell its own story, to tell an isolated story that deals with a, a human theme, a human idea? Or do you just want to go to see a Marvel movie or TV show just so that it can set up the next thing? What do you want, right? Because I think if you just wanted to set up the next thing, you're probably going to be disappointed because they've never really done that. They do it in post credit scenes, yes, but the movie itself that they've always done has never just set up the next thing for the most part. And the times that they have done it, it hasn't really worked. That's why we don't really like Age of Ultron because they have all these different things that they try to set up for, you know, later down the line. And we look back on it now like, yeah, that was kind of clever, but people still don't really like that movie. So I guess I guess just on a large scale, like what mm-hmm. what do people really want from their Marvel movies? Like what what are you looking for? And for me, I always want you to tell just a good story. Yeah. Forget setting stuff up because mm-hmm. you have the next movie, you have the next TV show. Those things are always going to be around the corner. Mm-hmm. Tell me a really good story. And I think WandaVision absolutely accomplished that. I think for the most part, they told a really compelling story about a theme and an idea that they hadn't explored about grief and loss. Um, now, the way that it ended, I was disappointed by it because I mm-hmm. thought that there were going to be more game-changing stakes. I thought maybe... Mm-hmm. 
maybe by the end of WandaVision, I would have felt the way that I felt by the end of Captain America, the Winter Soldier Mm -hmm. or Captain America, Civil War. By the end of those projects, I felt like stuff's really going to change now. Stuff's going to be a lot different. Didn't feel that way here, but we don't know what's going to happen down the line. And I think that's the gift and the curse of of serialized storytelling. There's always going to be a next episode. So Mm -hmm. you might not be happy with how things shaped out here, but that's not to say that you won't feel differently down the line. So I guess just overall, man, we, 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 we shouldn't be disappointed by things that they never promised us. I don't think so. Um, but if, if that's your intention, if you only watch a Marvel project to see what's going to set up the next thing, then you're probably not watching it for the right reasons because mm-hmm. that's probably just your ego talking because you want, as a fan, you want to hear, and I'm talking just like theoretically on a general level, like you want as a fan for your comic book knowledge to be reaffirmed, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to, you want to, you want to have all your theories be proven because you want to feel like you know the most like you're ahead yeah. of the curve like oh mm-hmm. I, I i know what's going on here i know yeah. what storyline this is i know what references is and we all want to feel that i'm guilty of it i feel like we we all yeah. go through that sometimes because mm-hmm. it, it just feels natural as a fan of something if, if you feel passionately passionately about something you want you want your you want your knowledge to pay off like all those years we spent reading comics and and wikipedia articles and all this stuff like i want it to pay off i want it to mean something but it's not always going to pay off that's the beauty of it it's it's different it's new it's a new story the mcu it's its own thing it has adaptations and roots in the comics but it's its own thing and so i think we have to really analyze that for ourselves and just use it as maybe a cautionary tale for these shows moving forward because this is going to be the format that we're living with from now on falcon and the winter soldier is right around the corner. Loki's mm-hmm. right after that. Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, all these shows are going to be coming on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. Are we going to fall in this trap again? Are we going to do all these extravagant, intricate theories mm-hmm. and nine times out of ten they don't mean anything? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, it's a whole industry. People make their living off of that, so I can't tell you what to do. I said on the <laughs> show before that I feel, like, I feel like the MCU created this culture. I, yeah. I really feel like they did, you know? Mm-hmm. So... It's a part of it now. We, we, we kind of have to live with it and, and, and exist with it. And it's okay to theorize and have that fun because it is fun to do that stuff and to guess. But mm-hmm. don't be disappointed by it when they yeah. never said that this was going to be the thing to begin with. Right. I guess that's my yeah. big point. And, and mm-hmm. really analyze, like, what do you want out of your MCU? What do you want that experience to be for yourself? I'll get off my soapbox. What, I, I guess just in conclusion, like, overall, what are your thoughts about this whole show? Um, as a whole, did it work for you? Mm-hmm. And I guess just as the MCU with this direction, like how we're moving forward with like this week to week format, you know, what, what else you got to say about that stuff? Yeah, man. Um, I like WandaVision. I think um, it did what it came to do as a show. Um, I'll say that first and foremost. I think it had, I think they, they sat down and they said, this is what I want WandaVision to be about. And I think it, and at the end, I think it was about that. And that is, well, you already talked about it, the grief of Wanda um, and, and, and what it's like to process that grief. And that is literally what we got, I think, throughout the entire show from episode one to the last episode. I think we kind of see a a uh, a somewhat final um, final thoughts uh outpouring of love, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and a, a somewhat ex- expunge of that grief in, in a couple different ways where again, she realized um, that she, this is the way she needed to process. Right. Um, and 
And again, I think they checked that box. And for that, I think WandaVision accomplished things. Um, we talked about before, just simp- on the very base level of be- coming into loving the characters of both Wanda and Vision. And I think they checked those boxes. Um, everything around that that we theorize, it's all fun. It's all games. It's cool. You can be, of course, you can be a little disappointed, right? But it's, it's, it's in, this isn't like the last episode of Game of Thrones <laughs> where, like, oh, it's just no, like, yeah. what the hell was y'all doing? Um, this is just, yeah, it's, it's just easy to say that um, it's easy to be disappointed if you, if you set your expectations in weird ways. Um, right. You know, and, and I think a lot of people did that. I don't think. I don't think I was disappointed by any of my theories not coming true, except for Pietro not being anybody. That was just a weird, a weird thing that we just got done talking about. Right, that shit was that, just yeah. weird. That like, was just it, weird and an odd choice. Like, why? Yeah, because it's like it's like you gave us half of something and then you just stopped. <laughs> that's what. That's kind of what they did. They were like, "Here's such a troll. Here's ice cream without the cone. I don't know. Yeah, what, here's ice cream without a cup. Eat it off the ground. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. like kind of kind of what it felt. It's like we got to the ground and that was it." And it was no sweet, you know, nothing sweet at the bottom. And so that that's different. But, you know, when I think I I agree that MCU did create a culture because we're so used to watching. Um, so we, that's what makes the first Iron Man so great is there's no expectation for anything. Mm. You don't think you don't know that 12 years down the line, Endgame is going to happen. Infinity War is going to happen. And all this is going to be where it is. You're just watching Iron Man. And that is why Iron Man is good. It is his own thing. And, but, but, you know, throughout the years, you know, we here, here comes, um, here comes all the post credit scenes, you know, that the MCU's created and people start theorizing. Um, and some people's theories come true. And I think that's part of what, what hurts a little bit about WandaVision, right? I think we're, we're, we've become impatient, uh, week to week, people cannot watch. We, I, I know so many people who was like, I have to binge WandaVision. I know people that didn't start WandaVision until yesterday because they <laughs> simply cannot, they cannot fathom. Trying to wait. Yeah, they can, simply cannot fathom watching an episode a week. Um, and, and, Although and, that was the way we watched television for 60 years. I, that was the it, way the television was it's, consumed. It's so wild to me, but I, that's just the nature of, I guess, the streaming age, right? We binge yeah. quite literally everything. A lot of people don't watch things week to week anymore, which, uh, I, again, but it still feels like an MCU thing, right? Because the first episode of WandaVision, whole timeline, I don't know where this is going. I don't know how I feel about this. Do you remember the first time you watched, I don't know, Snowfall? You're not like, oh, my God, I just don't know where they're going with this show. Mm-hmm. I, the first time you watch Game of Thrones, the first episode of Game of Thrones really much doesn't happen. Nigga, nigga Bran gets thrown out a window. It's great. It's a crazy ending, but it's not like, oh man, I just don't know where the show is going. Like, and it just it just feels like the the MCU has built up um, this this weird expectation for people to to figure out what's going on and guess what's going to happen, and then it doesn't happen, and they you know they 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 get a little angry. So yeah, I I agree with everything you said, man. I just hope that we. I hope that WandaVision actually helps create some of that patience um, and, and actually pay attention, paying more attention to what's in front of us. Right. Because, again, this was a love story. It's called WandaVision, not Wanda and the X-Men and the X-Men or Wanda blows up the world or Wanda is about to. It's escape. not even Wanda in the Multiverse of Madness. No, it's exactly. Just, it's literally it's just, just Wanda Vision, you know, and, it, and and it's clear that it's a double entendre, right? It's Wanda and Vision, and it's how 
Wanda views things right from her point of view, and that's what it is. We, I, I just said, Kevin Feige said, pay attention to the title of these movies because they really do tell you everything. And WandaVision is just that. It's Wanda and Vision. Um, and if you're looking at anything beyond that and you're disappointed about about it, that in, in a lot of ways it is on the person. You know, it is on you. So, um, yeah, man, I, I agree with a lot of those sentiments. And, uh, I again, I think WandaVision did accomplish a lot. It was the first MCU television show we got. Um, it was a cool love story. I appreciated it. I grew with Wanda Vision as I thought I would, you know, um, even more so Vision, because, again, I've I've been Wanda a long time um, coming from a, from an X-Men point of view. Vision was the one I like I was still learning about, you know, as as things progress. And so um, I appreciated it for that. And yeah, man, I, I think um, I think there's a lot more to come. For sure, for Wanda and Vision, but I, I will say Wanda Vision accomplished what it set out to accomplish, and for that, I have to appreciate it as a show. Great points made, man. Well, that's it for Wanda Vision, y'all. That that concludes all of our re- reactions and reviews of this of this series. It's it's definitely been a fun and interesting ride, um, and I, I'm appreciative of all the people that hit us up. You know, I know a lot of my friends, a lot of a lot of our friends in general texting us and hitting us up on social media to just talk about all the all the theories with the show. It's been definitely a fun ride and again a, a new and interesting experience um within the the confines of the MCU. So that concludes everything for WandaVision. But as we know, the MCU keeps moving forward. It continues on and so right around the corner the Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be coming up here very soon, which of course we will be talking about and we'll be right back here each and every week to break down those episodes. They dream believer.